All right, it's time for some questions. We've been running out of time on the show, but uh, what do you Let's got? Let's bring it on with Peyton, oh, first of all, today. Pat, Peyton says, recently I was looking through my daughter's phone and I found many pictures of a cartoon skeleton with one glowing blue eye and wearing a hoodie. When I asked my daughter why she had such demonic images on her phone, she told me there was nothing wrong with it because it was from a video game. How do I help my daughter not be attracted to such demonic things? <laughs> we'll give her something better. Uh, I think it's a fad. I, you know, the, these funny-looking things, I, I, I think I wouldn't make a big deal of it. I think if you do, you magnify the... You drive the, her to it. Yeah, you drive her to it. And uh, if you've got something more wholesome that she can enjoy, provide it for her. You must have something. There's got to be some video game that isn't so evil, but those, those things are filled with violence. I mean, you know, and... And brutality is unreal. And that's what the kids are playing. You say, oh, well, he's just playing a video game. Yeah, sure. Boom, boom, boom. Well, sometimes it's all about being cool with your friends because well, they exactly. all have it, I you know. know. <laughs> so, yeah, why okay. Not? Okay. Welcome to SoxCast episode 32.toriel. I am your host, Polly. And if you're listening to this episode and you somehow didn't read the episode's big old spoilery cast title, this is an Undertale spoiler cast. So, I mean, if you haven't played Undertale or experienced as much of Undertale as you want to, um, what are you doing? Like, dude, like, really? You should stop what you're doing now and just go do that it's cheap even moosey mcmahon played through it and moosey mcmahon doesn't play pc games at all <laughs> come on even i bought it even rhett bought it and when does I he buy never when... buy anything that's not on sale exactly so if, if that should tell you something all right end of end of end of podcast we did a great job nah. um, <laughs> so to my immediate virtual right all the way from germany it's rhett hi Hey, Red, are you ready to talk about some Undertale? We're going to have a good time. We are going to have a very good time. And wasting no time to my immediate virtual left, he's going to keep you up all night. It's John Party Butt Fire. Hi. Hey, John, are you ready? Oh, man. What? That's extra excited. You get, are you going to, is that butt ready to party? Butt's always ready to party. All right, all right. And we've got a special guest this episode. What? You might know her from Twitter. She is a green. Episodes. She is a green belt in booger flicking. It's Raquel. Hi. Would you stop flicking boogers at Rhett for just like twenty seconds so we can get through this introduction? He started it. He I believe did. it. The spitball was a little uncalled for, I think. Uh, but you did give him a wet willy. I wait, had to wait. get my revenge. Wet willy. Fumble not like Wet Willie. 
Bumbo's the greatest. We should just do this entire podcast. Bumbo just won't coin. We should do this entire podcast about why Bumbo is the greatest. But alas, <laughs> we cannot do that because we are gathered here to talk about one of the most recognizable games of the year. If you've ever like looked online, or if you are, you know, on the Twitter on box or, or on the Tumblr. The Tumblr. <laughs> If you're on the Tumblers or anything of the sort, you know of a little game called Undertale. Uh, and so I can be extra lazy this episode. Uh, and because he's the one that kind of brought the game to my attention, I guess, for the most. And guess when I think about this game, I think most of him. I'm going to throw it over to John Ooh. and let him drive this episode. Hi, y'all. Hey. Hi. Okay. Hello. <laughs> Undertale's really good, right? Well, is it really? Is it really? All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. right. I think you're underestimating it. Okay, okay. So how about we each talk about kind of our introductions to the game and kind of what got us interested and sort of like our general experience with it before we go into kind of the nitty-gritty inner depths of the Undertale experience? Because we we are going to spoil the shit out of this game. There will be no... Everything. There will be no stone left unturned. So if yeah. there's a route that you want to do, or if you haven't played it yet, like I said, this is your time to back out because we're everything's going to be laid bare. So exactly. I guess I guess I will start. Go for um, it. I just kept seeing these pictures of these skeleton dudes, <laughs> and I thought that they looked really awesome. And then like as the days went by, and I think this was probably maybe like the weekend it came out, I just kept seeing it. It's like, what is this game about? And I kept ever- hearing everybody say, Undertale, Undertale, this game is so gay. Undertale, Undertale, <laughs> gay, Undertale, gay. And I was like, you know, I probably need to get on that gay train. Um, and before I actually got a chance to buy it, our dear friend Taylor actually bought it for me out of the blue. Bless her little heart. Um, and it's like one of the most favorite things that I've received all year. Uh, thank you very much. Um, not to discount any other presents that I've received this year, obviously. Uh, they are all very important to me for various reasons. Thank you, Raquel. You're welcome. <laughs> um, Dingle's staring at her like, yeah, Dingle is, yeah, Dingle. How could I forget that, that happy little poo poo face? He is a happy little poop. But anyway, um, that's where it all started for me was I just sort of started seeing everybody talking about it. And it's just like the mm-hmm. things that the things that stood out to me most were the two skeleton dudes. And like they were like, I couldn't tell, like, if this was actually from the game or people were just making them say funny things with text boxes. And then, like, you know, I finally got to uh, enjoy that for myself. So that's sort of like where I got introduced to it. Cool. That makes a lot of sense. Um, how about you, Reed? Um, I was doing a little thing called re- recording a podcast, <laughs> and you were talking about how this was possibly your favorite game ever, and I'm like, I should probably get on that. So I purchased it during the podcast. <laughs> Brett, you should you should be on more podcasts, Brett. I think that you should. Yeah, be on more it's not a thing I do much. <laughs> but yeah, like Polly, literally the only thing I knew going in besides John and other people raving about it was that there were two skeletons and their names were based on fonts. <laughs> and I thought, this seems pretty stupid. God. But John really likes it. Yeah, yeah. The, the podcast where John actually started talking about it was just like, oh, whoa. Like, what? He, he, like, he made a tweet saying that he wanted to throw Mother 3 in the trash. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, John's favorite game ever is, like, Mother 3 and Chrono Trigger. And it was just like... 
Did you guys see the the picture that uh, our boy Jetstorm oh, yeah. did the other day? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was funny. He threw all of those top tier <laughs> RPGs in a garbage can and took a picture after he finished Undertale. People might be a little hyperbolic with this game. Just a bit. And I think that that's sort of like where I kind of want to see where the dust settles like when this yeah. podcast is over. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, this game is great, but uh, like – where will that what will we think in like four or five years later mm-hmm. you know that's so that's kind of that's a good that's a good discussion but i've been thinking a lot about kind of where this where this game lies in history a little bit from now sort of like sort of like mgs2 still has like had like there was a big arc to that game's reception right absolutely like, like when it came out line. yeah when it came out like that game was just kind of like head scratching it's not what people expected it's not what a lot of people wanted um mm-hmm. i didn't even really get all of the subtle nuance that it was trying to tell me at first but i still love the hell out of it mm-hmm. uh, and, and then I mean, all the websites still gave it like a 10 out of 10 anyway just because yeah even though they were expected. just like yeah yeah that's so that funny chrono cross too right yep and just to see kind of like years later how that game's kind of getting the props I think that it deserves for what it did narratively. And, you know, I kind of want to see how that pans out for Undertale as well. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, well, MGS2 is, I think Hideo Kojima <laughs> has stated that he um, was kind of inspired by Earthbound a couple of times. And there's at least one moment in that game where that feels very cert- that feels pretty true. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of how Undertale got sold to me was that just, yeah, this is a mothery RPG. You should go play it. Um, a little bit like Lisa, that game looks really good. Yeah. I've totally got to get on board with that soon. Yeah, I, I own it. So I'm going to get on board that with that, um, bunch of people comparing it with Lisa, a bunch of people comparing it with Steven universe mm. actually. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. You can see where you can see it. Sailor moon. <laughs> Very. <laughs> gay very gay very gay so i'm not even sure i was aware of the gay but that's definitely made it a lot better (laughs) um so then i played it and then i got um about halfway through and i was like so this is better than barkley shut up and jam gaiden and then i got to the end of the neutral end and i was like i think this is i like mother three more than this and (laughs) i played the whole game and i just and it just got pretty explosive there at the end. Um, so I just picked it up because of what people were saying. I, I kind of knew I wanted to play it for about two weeks before I actually played it. Cause I was really into nine 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 and metal gear solid. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, then it started exploding and I, and I just kind of like chided myself like, ah, I knew about this two weeks ago. I could have been on the ground floor here, but yeah, it definitely kept blowing up to the point where it's like, Oh, I can't ignore this. Can I? Uh, but I was, but I still got to be pretty on the ground floor. It seemed like so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Undertale's really special to me, and I'm really glad that I got to share it with all of y'all. What about Raquel? Yeah. What about you, Raquel? I saw someone on my Steam friends list, but I don't remember who I saw buy it. It might have been Ponchi, but um, something about the. Not really like interested me. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I'm curious about this. And, and I was, and it was will keep me occupied and hold me over until episode five comes out. And I think one night I was like, okay, my hair has to dry, so I started playing it. 
and I got uh-huh. from like Snowden mm-hmm. to Hotland, and I was like, I'm in love with this game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just fell in love with it. It is an easy game to fall in love with. Absolutely. It, it's so charming. God, once you get through Snowden, and then once you get through, <laughs> uh, can we the talk Hot a bit? Uh, can we talk a bit about the uh, the, the actual like uh, mechanics of it for just a yeah. moment? Um, yeah. Because you know, at its heart, it's a, basically a JRPG. Uh, yeah. But the way you but interact, the game with... is described as you don't have to hurt anything. Yeah, and and to get through it. And, like, the way battles play out, like, they're sort of just, like, WarioWare-style kind of mini-games that are very bullet-hell-based. As somebody who doesn't play a lot of bullet-hell shooters, Raquel, how did that part of the game hold up for you? Because there are a lot of moments in that game, because I I watched Anna do uh, True End uh, earlier today. Uh, and and uh, she managed to make it through, and she's definitely not a, a, a shmup player herself, but she managed fairly well. But how did those moments hold up for you? Was there at any point where you were just, like, frustrated with how you interact with this game at all? Or did it just, like, come natural after a while? After a while, like, once I got you, once you get used to this battle system, mm-hmm. it's pr- it's easy. You know what to expect, and you learn, okay, hey, I'm here, so... This this fight will go this way. This will do that. You learn how the enemies fight you, and you yeah. learn how their attacks work. Um, and as long as you keep pay attention to what they say, hey, blue means this, you know, purple means that. I think you're in the clear. Yeah. I think the only like real part where I had difficulty was with the flowy fight. Mm. <laughs> Don't mm-hmm. go into the blue if you touch the orange, because then the piranhas will eat you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And then there's that elusive pink tile. Mm-hmm. But you can't go into the water if you've touched the orange tile, because then you smell like oranges. Mm-hmm. This is a gag from earlier. This is a gag from uh, when Will But started. of course you should know that, because you've yeah, played the game, obviously. Played yeah. fair, listen, fair listener. Jumping yeah. around a bit here. Yeah, it's right. just I just kind of wanted to get, like, sort of like a baseline of, like, mm-hmm. how we approach that part of the game. Because I think that, like, yeah. what we're going to be talking about most is going to be, like, the story beats and the narrative. And I'm sure that we'll touch on how a lot of the boss fights play out. But I just sort of wanted to take it from the mechanics from just a gameplay perspective of, like, how you approach that part of the game. Like, was exactly. it... Yeah. yeah. So Because mm-hmm. that's the how thing- the game got started, was he had the... Toby Fox, the creator of Undertale, had the idea for the battle system and made the battle system, and it was fun, and then started building a game around that. Which is really cool, right? Yeah, that's really rad. Hmm. Yeah, and I can say as someone who's never really played a bullet hell or a shmup, mm-hmm. once you get used to it, it's easy. That and you've got that Isaac experience behind you now. So dodging. Yeah, and I have the Isaac experience. <laughs> so but... you're pretty good at dodging now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the game gives a lot of opportunities for like healing items and stuff too oh, that yeah. kind of can give it's, you a leg up. It's very it gives generous. you a pretty good room for error. Mm-hmm. Plus you can skip the hardest boss if you um, bring a spider donut from... <laughs> Early on, <laughs> uh, Rhett, you were bringing up a point. Uh, oh, side one of the things, one of the things that really stood out to me is how when you're fighting multiple enemies at once and they go into their attack, like it's very obviously kind of half strength on both of them. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it doesn't really, overwhelm you. That's really cool, and I like how some of those, like, you know, they look like really cool patterns. I would want to see in like a Toho game or something, mm-hmm. where yeah. it's just like, oh, that would be really pretty with like a lot of like 
pretty flashy bullets and stuff, but they keep uh, it really simple. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a really clean interface. It's easy to always keep track of where you're at, you know? So. Yeah. I think one of the things that bugged me was that the light blue attacks that you have to be still for uh-huh. are, like, yeah. way too bright, and they kind of look a lot like white for me. Yeah, if you're colorblind, that's one of the things that Toby Fox mentioned that he would like to change about the game is that he wished he would have uh, taken some input on uh, how colorblindness works and how he could make those parts of the game easier um, yeah. for people to have that. And I think that he could probably still do that. Um, mm. But Actually, and now that I think about it, there was only other one fight that was kind of overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And that was Muffet's fight. Yeah, mm. that's with, that. With, the, with her pet. Oh, that's the only part that's really kind of overwhelming. And and, that, and at that point, that fight, yeah, everything else with that fight isn't bad. But when you're trying to dodge everything and you know that something is chasing you, it's just kind of yeah. like okay. And, and at that, <laughs> there's point, a lot going on. And at that point, they're playing with your play field in a way that you've not seen. So mm-hmm. because it's like it's like slowly rotating it back and forth and stuff, and it's like oh Jesus Christ, yeah. what, do do? what do I do? Oh God. It's funny, the one fight I really struggled on, well, not struggled, but used, like, all my healing items on was actually Metaton at the end. Oh, oh yeah, wow. that, that fight can be really hard if you're, he, like, not getting good ratings. And he's the most shmup-based one, and he's the hardest for me. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't die once. I didn't die, but I was, like, out of healing items when I got to Asgore, and I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> I love that his end game is just, like, good ratings. Yeah, that's yeah. Really cool. nothing else. But again, we're ju- we're jumping ahead jumping. of ourselves. Yeah, we jumped yeah, quite we're... a bit ahead there. But like, <laughs> you know, but, but yeah, like like that's that's basically all the point that I wanted to make about sort of bringing up the mechanics and how that yeah. works. It's just to see how other p- people from various um, you know various game tastes and stuff or their own experience how they tackled that. So I, I was just genuinely curious about how Raquel handled that since I never knew her to be like. You know, shmup player shmup or anything. Or... Yeah, yeah. So uh, we can uh, move on. I think, yeah, yeah, I think the battle system is really, really clever and yeah. is a pretty big selling, cool, pretty cool and selling I, point. And I can't wait for Toho fan games to rip it off. Oh, they're going to. Please, oh, they need to. Please rip it off. Yeah, instead of like the Toho RPGs that just have that like the actually Dragon Quest for no reason. Mm-hmm. I like Labyrinth of Toho a lot. Like I got, <laughs> I got super into that game for about a month. Oh, wow. It was all I talked about, I think. That's fantastic. Yeah, that game was really good. Yeah, I think Toby Fox mentioned being inspired by Toho, too. So, Well, I mean, listen to the music. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a lot I of think... the music is very Toho-inspired. I'm pretty sure he's using a lot of the same instrument patches and mm-hmm. stuff. So... I definitely noticed it in the Undine song. Yeah. There was Undine? Just, just owning those trumpets. Undine, Undine, Undini. I I've say heard undying. It. Yeah, undi- I undying it. sounds like undying. So yeah, that's why I like using undying for her. I'll, sw- I'll switch. Dean. <laughs> Dean. Okay. So I, I set up the. <laughs> <laughs> I set up the um the outline for the episode, and I did it just kind of chronologically with a focus on characters. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I I thought about I thought about just doing a list of characters and just talking about each character in turn but I figure that the places are kind of important and it is kind of important how the arcs of some of the characters. Um, so I figured that there's a couple characters that really fill out near the end of their, st- of the game mm-hmm. um, that we can mention briefly. And then a couple that we can talk about kind of as a whole, like um, Toriel and Undyne and Papyrus when right. we get, yeah. get to them. Yeah. yeah. All right. So 
I kind of think of this game as being in three arcs um, where there's your first where you're running from the beginning of the game up to Asgore, who is like the big JRPG final boss, um, at which point the game kind of goes off the rails in a really cool way. And then things go off, go completely nuts until the climax with Azrael and um, the true end. And then there's sort of an optional third arc that is just really sad. <laughs> I think I'm the only one who went through most of it here, so I can kind of talk. You did it, you did it for research because you, you knew we were going to do a podcast. And not because you're a terrible person who, murders, who I had, murders everybody. I had academic interest in seeing how it played academic, as a that's, game that's, designer. That's the term we'll use. Yeah, tell that to the fire keepers. The type of person who just won't ever be happy. <laughs> when you go to the cops and you say academic research, oh, let's see God. how they respond. <laughs> so let's just start with the neutral end proper. Um, there's basically four areas and then the climax. So the first area is the, are the ruins. And this was the area that was the encompassing entirety of the original Undertale demo, which was provided with the original Kickstarter pitch, which wound up making about 10 times as much money as it asked for. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! But yeah. it wasn't actually in the grand scheme of Kickstarter stuff. How much was it? I think it, it was fifty k. It was asking for five thousand dollars, and that, which yeah. is ridiculous. It's also kind of ridiculous that this game is only ten dollars. Yeah, but it's clearly but working it, out. It sold like three hundred thousand copies now. <laughs> so I guess the pricing worked out fine. It's <laughs> it's well and worth the money. Yeah, it's it's weird just to see again this kind of. Um, rich just go for that uh, that sum of money it's like oh um but uh the the, so the ruins begins the very first character introduced is flowey the flower who seems like a really cute tutorial boss tutorial creature who's just gonna help you Mm -hmm. (laughs) and he's happy and he's this happy flower he teaches you all about love (laughs) oh and the music do 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 he just wants to be your friend. Yeah, yeah. His so theme nice. is his theme is your best friend. Yeah, um, and then he turns out to just be an asshole and wants to kill you. Um, <laughs> and like, I feel uh, like hey, I've had some friends like that. So <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's safe to say that in many, many other games, Flowey would just be a complete one-off, right? I thought he was. Yeah, yeah I like... did not. I did not think he was going to have as big an impact in the story as he did. Because yeah. like. Half an hour into the game, I just messaged, messaged John. I said, that flower is dead next time. <laughs> <laughs> and I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, he shows up one more time at the very end of the ruins. Um, I, I think sometimes. I think it's a weird. Yeah, um, I've had him not show lost, up. Branches a lot. Um, yeah. Story-wise, it's very dense with those kind of branches. Like... Not like stick quite Stanley Parable levels, but like there's a lot of scenes that approach that kind of density. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's not a one-off character, and I think that fits with kind of an overarching thing about Undertale is that really nothing is just kind of there. It's there's a whole bunch of things that feel what that feel inessential that wind up coming back around and being really important. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you meet, like you meet a ghost in the ruins um, named Napstabluk, who's just like, oh, <laughs> it was really cute. If I could, I would give a ghost a hug. 
I would even smooch a ghost. I, I would <laughs> okay. smooch him. I'd smooch a ghost. And he turns out to be important later, and he turns out to have a, a relationship with one of the recurring antagonists, and it's really interesting. Yeah. Uh, um, for the record, um, when Polly asked me if I wanted to be the guest for this episode, my response was, would I smooch a ghost? <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, everybody. And then I was like, yeah. heck yeah. Heck yeah. <laughs> so... There's a, yeah, the ruins introduce a number of things that feel one off, and the game feels very humble at this point because mm-hmm. it's just kind of a sequence of puzzles that are cute. Um, we're introduced to the character Toriel, who is kind of, yeah, re- sorry. It doesn't really react if you kill stuff yet, kind of on purpose. Yeah. yeah. They're kind of lulling you, I think, into just kind of oh, yeah. it's an RPG. And just so for when we mention it later, and the. Another one-off thing that you think is just completely meaningless is the training dummy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And every single thing you can do to end that fight comes back later. Yep. <laughs> like, I ran away from it my second time. Mm-hmm. And was scolded for that. Yep. I think both times I just did what Toriel said. Yeah. <laughs> because she's she's so motherly and sweet. It's it's like you like, I, I was like, I just want to make her happy. I want her to be proud of me. You instantly, like, I don't know what it is about that character. She's so instantly, like, the sweetest person. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And My first time, I accidentally hit fight on the terrain dummy and just punched it. And I'm like, oh, no, no. I, I, I <laughs> almost please, restarted. Daryl, please. She's I so saw- sweet. Like, you want to make her happy. <laughs> I almost restarted just from that, but I didn't. Wow. <laughs> so yeah the ruins are just this cute purple little area with a lot of puzzles and Toriel's joke is that she takes you up to these kind of simple puzzles and then is just like oh never mind this is too hard let me help you um like Anna the the spike maze puzzle like she saw the left thing and then was like oh I get it it's a map of the um it's a map through the spikes yeah and then she walks up yeah. to the spikes and then Toriel is like wait no um let me just walk you through this is a little bit this is a little scary <laughs> a little and then if you walk you. you walk back through it and you can't walk on any of the spikes that hurt you yeah <laughs> yeah so it's not even hard in that sense it's it it's such a lot of little funny meta humor like that exactly. in the game. The, fun, the first you um, run up to a sign and it says "Press Z to read signs." If you press Z I to read the one. sign, yeah. Um, one of my favorite gags is in the whole game actually is the candy bowl. Um, oh yeah, take yeah. one, take one, please, just take one, <laughs> and then you can take one, and then you can off to take another. I, I, okay, uh, truth time. Who took more it, than one? Um, I did when I did my third playthrough i never did good for you my first playthrough i took one and then after that i just take them all <laughs> yeah i think I'll i just t- took one both times well I'll, I'll go ahead and spoil it the gag if you if you take a second one it says you take a second candy how disgusting <laughs> wow <laughs> <laughs> so judgmental and then you take if you take a third one the candy bowl falls over and it says you knocked over and ruined all of the candy <laughs> Look at what you've done. <laughs> That's really fucking good. <laughs> so the game maintains this mostly non-judgmental tone throughout yeah. most, um, which I. But 
it is ultimately like a very judgmental game, right? Is that Absolutely. fair? To say? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. It it has a very clear moral statement it's making about not just like whether or not it's okay to murder monsters about <laughs> how people play video games. Yeah. yeah how yeah. you play video games as the player and how we make video games. And so by having that one kind of gag at the beginning, that's sort of making fun of judgmental game design. That's like, you took a second candy. How disgusting. You've immediately switched to renegade path. <laughs> <laughs> it, um, I feel like that sets up in a way. For when it finally starts, you know, bringing up, um, like, when you get into the Sansa's Hall and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and when it really starts judging you for what you do. Exactly. It's this, kind of... Or punishing that, you, maybe, I should say. Yeah, <laughs> sticking that nugget in your head, basically. This this, the, the, this is a part of the game where um, I happened to be watching somebody uh, stream it a bit uh, because it was just like what is this game? I need to find out. So I, a streamer that I watched was streaming it and they got to one point and uh, I can't remember if it's before or after the candy bowl, but there are three blocks and you have to push them onto switches to get through. So, and the third, oh, right. and the third block is just very stubborn and very taking everything you say very literal. It's just like, I need you to get on the switch and then he'll get on the switch. And then he steps back <laughs> off. He's like, well, you didn't say how long. And it's just like that. He stasses you. Like, come on. That is the point where I closed the stream window and said, I have to play this myself. <laughs> like, I couldn't watch anymore. Cute. It's even better because in the previous room where there's two more blocks, mm-hmm. it says, um, or one more block, it says, three out of four blocks love being love pushed. Being pushed. Yeah. And, then just, yeah. and then the fourth one you get to is the one that's like, fuck you. <laughs> he says something like, say. geez, kid, you're really working me out here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That sign about three out of four blocks, it's definitely one of those jokes that only makes t- sense like your second yeah, playthrough. Yeah, you don't, you're are... not quite thinking about it yet. Well, I had it in my head going up to the blocks, so when I got to the fourth block, I was like, ah! <laughs> well, John so, Byer is better than all of us, of course. So There's definitely a lot of jokes in the game that you could catch your first time like that, Oh, because yeah. but they're so delayed. Yeah. Like, yeah. a single one-off line about papyrus talking to a flower. And it's just ends like up the coming back is ten way hours later. later. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, the whole game is full of little moments like that that you notice as it progresses. Yeah. Isn't there also a line about like frogs in a room? Yeah. There, yeah. The, oh, there's oh. a whole thing with the frogs there where you can change the color of the, the color, spare button. Yeah. And you oh can my. like change it pink, and then if you do that, you find the yellow one in the trash later. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I've never done that. I've just read about it because I yeah. couldn't find the last frog. I'm just like, God. what is this game? God. I think the um, – and uh, one other thing is that it's very, very, very hard to get on the evil route, I think, accidentally. Yeah. Um, because the very first enemy you run into is a frog, and after one turn, Toriel comes in and interrupts the fight. Yeah. So if you don't nail the – if you don't pick fight – and basically get a perfect hit on the frog and kill it the first turn, then you're completely locked out of the evil route for the rest of the game. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh. It's very smart because that is not a good time um, for any new player <laughs> who isn't familiar with the rest of the, That wasn't even intentional. Um, who isn't familiar with the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's kind of weird that Toriel doesn't say anything, though, if you kill we- it. 
Yeah, she's just... I think she's kind of in denial a little bit. Um, Because it takes her a while to realize if, like, even if you're on full evil route, she doesn't really realize what's... that you're kind of terrifying until um, the very end of the boss. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Even the music has changed at that point. Um, So the Toria... So you get through this area and you get to Toriel's home, which is just, like, the nicest house in maybe any RPG I've ever seen. (laughs) Why would I want to leave? It feels cozy. It's so cozy. It's so cozy. It it, the song um, wouldn't be out of place in Chrono Cross, I think. Mm. Like one of the really nice places in Chrono Cross. Yeah, I think Uh, the music there stuck out to me because it was like, oh, this is an all chiptune music. Yeah, like it's just Mm -hmm. the soothing guitar. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's definitely one of my favorite tracks. And it includes the main theme of the game that's introduced in the title screen. Mm -hmm. So, do um, we know if the music is like MIDI based? Because, like, the game's only, like, 120 megs in Steam, and it has, like, 100 songs in it. Yeah, that's true. It's like they have to be have using to some be, right? sort of compression. They've got them compressed really well or something. I mean, the game was made in Game Maker, so I don't think it Yeah, Fugitive was, like, 70 megs or something. Yeah. Yeah. Polyflicker was... was 50 megs. <laughs> so how how does that even work? God. Um, so you can't stay in Toriel's house forever. That is not a, that is not a choice that you're provided. I, um, I well, write uh, everything. Mm-hmm. With the music, have you looked at like the recommended like requirements? Oh, yeah. Requirements. Oh god, that's funny. There's so many from- meta gags around on the Steam page, even. Yeah. Yeah. I think my favorite was the um, the Steam reviews where he picks like glowing reviews and then picks the one like negative excerpt out of the review <laughs> yeah. and puts that as the highlight quote. <laughs> um, yeah, the, the everything about the marketing for the game, as minimal as it is, just oozes personality. I think yeah. the um, Toriel, the Unity Toriel in the trailer. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> um, is really funny. And you can't pick to stay there. I guess you can save and then turn the game off. <laughs> um, I think Reed and I have some theories for that, why that's not really a choice we're offered that we can maybe bring up later. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to move forward and disobey Toriel and leave the ruins. And she gets really, really peeved at you um, for oh, wanting yeah. to leave her house. Yeah. And she tries to force, to very much force you to stay there. Yeah. Uh, which is kind of the start of her arc, I think. It's the start of her arc and where everybody oh. fucks up the first time. <laughs> Not yeah. me. I did. I fucked I it fucked up. up the first I time. fucked it I felt up. I really bad. I, I fucked it up and then I tried to scum it out. Uh-huh. <laughs> because like you, you get so into a fight perfect. you get into a fight with her. And um, you know, obviously the point of the game is to spare, you know, everybody if you mm-hmm. can or if that's what you want to do. Mm-hmm. And uh I think at this point of the game, like that this is a fight that could have used a little more finessing to kind of guide the player because all it you know, she just stops talking at some point, even if you're trying to spare her. <laughs> and it's just like you keep thinking, well, I mean, if that's the you know, all I'm gonna do, I'm just gonna like maybe if I hit her once or twice, she'll get the point. And then, like, you go and hit her, and it's like, oh, whoops. Um, so I killed her the first time. And then I came back, and she's like, so you look like you've seen a ghost. And I was like, uh, oh, what? God. Oh, what? Yeah, the, the game is really interesting when it comes to, like, 
your save state. Save is coming as yeah. canon. Yeah, if you um if you talk to her during that second time, you it says you think about telling Toriel you saw her die. Ugh. Ugh. Then decide that would be too creepy. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. and then uh and then I, I was just like I still couldn't figure it out, so I just like I guess I just have to kill her. So I did. Mm. Mm. God. Yeah, that's a really brutal I I I killed her my first time and then I killed every other boss. <laughs> Wait, really? Yeah, actually. You fucking monster. I, I killed her my first time, and I was like, oh, I don't like this feeling. Yeah. <laughs> it hurts. If there's even a red herring earlier where a frog is like, maybe after um, you beat up on a monster, it's more um, willing to be spared. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, But then if you try to like Pokemon it out with Toriel and get her to low HP... It the last, fucks you anyway. It fucks you anyway because the last couple attacks do like three times as much damage. Yeah. She, like, so, she, yeah. It looks like she like just dies at half health. Yeah. No matter what. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when it's you are like, and when you are at two health or below, all of her attacks intentionally miss you. Oh. Yeah. Oh. I think you can run into. Reap showed me that you can run into them on purpose. Yeah. I tried. I, yeah, I tried doing that too, and it was just like, nope. <laughs> they kept curving away. God. Yeah. That might have been only in the demo. But she has a special face for Oh no, what have I done? Oh. Um So once I figure once I um if you go through the whole game, I feel like uh, for at least until the it became mega popular, I feel like maybe the intended arc for a lot of people going through the game was to play it through killing some folks and not killing some folks and then yeah. get to the end and um if you spare Flowey, he tells you, "Hey, um, try, try not killing anybody." So that yeah. lets that that is what gives you the ultimate hint that hey, you you don't you can get through this. Um, but no, it's not very telegraphed, and it and it does in that sense it does feel a little bit like this is the first boss fight that was yeah. put together. And I've read a handful of critiques of the game that kind of all hedge on them having conflicts with how that fight works and that hurting the rest of the game for them. And I, I get that. Um, it makes a lot more sense than most of the other criticisms. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just think that that, that fight needs more feedback really is all you'd have to do is add a few more text. It could balloons. be telegraphed a little better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They could add some text. I, I don't know. I think they could have just added more text. Um, I'm kind of like, I'm kind of like with Reed where I'm like, I don't know. What? But it, it's like Polly said; it's where everyone kind of makes that first mistake. Mm-hmm. But again, I, like that mistake is maybe helpful because if you get to the when you get to like the near the end of the game on a complete pacifist playthrough, it's actually really really hard and a lot harder than a neutral run. That's true. Like the, having those extra thirty hit points because you like level up to five if you accidentally kill her. Oh, having those extra having those extra thirty hit points through my first playthrough helped a lot. Yeah. So that makes a big difference, and a lot of people who are complaining about the Toriel fight were also complaining about the game being really hard later, and it's just like, uh... <laughs> just, if you can relinquish... I feel like when people... When True End becomes part of the conversation around the game, even for people who haven't played it, then people will go into it and be like, okay, how can I get through this in one go? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and that's that, what I did. Yeah, but also you're 
you know, you played a lot of shmups, so that you're in a better position for that. And mm-hmm. that's what Anna did, but she, she was just willing to kind of persevere when things got rough near the end. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's kind of like Dark Souls, where people go into Dark Souls thinking, oh, it's so hard. Mm-hmm. And now, like, the Steam... Like, when you see somebody buy Undertale on Steam, it says, it's the RPG where you don't have to destroy anyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, the marketing is saying you can do a full pacifist run on this game yeah. right from the start. Mm-hmm. So I went into that with that mindset, and I never killed Toriel. Mm-hmm. And then you still had a fine experience with the game, but it's just that yeah. maybe the climactic beats with Asgore are a little funkier. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, so yeah. I, I've been watching a lot of streamers. I saw one girl, like start crying when she said or asgore said i want to see my wife oh, oh my god, god. just yeah. rips your heart out rips your heart out Ugh. god um so i feel like if we can set the a lot of meaningful criticism centered around how the toriel fight works um and the game just maybe judging you for something it doesn't provide a lot of feedback on but just it's like if a person didn't go into this game knowing about that then they would play it just like an RPG and kill some folks and that would be fine and they yeah. wouldn't feel bad about it at all. So you're saying that the game shouldn't judge you um, for playing it like because it's talking about how it's also criticizing all these other RPGs. So Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's a weird, weird it's little a, thing that... It's I, a really I, weird conversation. Yeah. I think you can go either way on it. I think, you know... Like, I still love the game, even though I consider that a flaw, but I don't really have a problem with anybody who doesn't consider that a flaw. Yeah. For me personally, like, my first time I just tried talking to her, tried talking to her, mm-hmm. and then says, like, perhaps the solution isn't talking. So then I tried sparing, and then I tried sparing again, and, like, when you do it the second time, like, there's two lines of dots. And so mm-hmm. it's, like, just enough, and I think the third time there's three lines of dots. Mm-hmm. That's what I noticed, too. So I did like, not oh. notice that. Yeah, it's very oh. subtle, but I'm like, okay, there seems to be something here, but then I actually died. I had to start <laughs> over. Then I got it the second time. You died? Oh, whoops. Yeah, because I, I was talking to her for like five minutes. I'm like, okay, this really isn't the solution, is it? Gotcha. It's it's like just obtuse enough, I think. Mm-hmm. It's sort of and, like the fight with the Asylum Demon, like talking about Dark Souls, um, where I thought that that solution to that fight was also really obtuse. Yeah, like, uh, just fucking run! Mm-hmm. And and speaking of fights where you just fucking run, there's one later on in this. Yeah. Which is another stopping point for people that I don't really have any sympathy for. I, I, I thought that was so that smart when yeah. I found that. I thought that was a clever, legit puzzle. And not only yeah. that, they, 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 they signify it, like, mm-hmm. way before that fight, too. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's the Toriel and the Asgore fights that are, like, complicated and revolve around, like, how the game uh, is just the moral judgments and just a lot of really... It's a discussion I think is going to go on for a long time. And it sort of also involves just the discussions about games making judgments of the player anyway, like in the Spec Ops type deal. Yeah, yeah. Um, So at the very least, like, most of the criticisms I saw that um, tore down the game based on that... Um, would mean that all that entire shame play deal, like Spec Ops and Toby Fox's earlier work with under with the Earthbound Halloween hack, mm-hmm. that's all does not function by any of that logic. Absolutely. So I, I don't know if I'm willing to make that statement or not. Um, so Toriel's complicated. Are we ready to move on to the next chunk? Yeah, yeah. Can yeah. I just mention one thing? Sure. There's a crossword 
or it's the crossword, right? That says, oh, well, the, this game's weird where like things that seem like totally nonsensical or just random end up having mm-hmm. meaning. So there's the crossword in the next area that says, also happens to say, uh, what's the first one? Monster, skeletons, mermaid, robot <laughs> on it. Mm. It names out the bosses. That's but then really on, the, on the left yeah. column, it says fall, winter, summer, or spring, summer. Mm-hmm. So each of the four areas, I feel. Yeah, they're very representative. Like, yeah. So the ruins is the fall because there's leaves everywhere. Yeah. And you fall into the ruins. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and, and one other thing I want to mention. Mm-hmm. Go for it. The very start of the game, like that intro is so classy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, the, so classy. Like and the it's... sepia toned and the NES-ish music. Like, yep. I'm like, this feels like a classic and I haven't even pressed start yet. <laughs> because it it knows the exact just nostalgic hit to yeah. go for. Mm-hmm. And it recur- and that intro recurs twice yep. um, with more detail yeah. later on. God. Also, next to robot and summer in the word search is hot. Yeah. So, hot yeah. robot. <laughs> huh. All right. So, the next area is Snowden, which is the winter area, and it's where you meet Sans and Papyrus, who this are... This is where I fell in love with the game. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, Sans and Papyrus are exactly why I fell in love with this game. Like when those two like got on screen and I was interacting with them and just like every little nuance of the way they interacted with one another and the way they're so charming. And yeah, to see the way Sans is with Papyrus and Uh it's so cute. It's just oh, like he loves his brother. He's like, okay, just just play along with just, all of just, this. Just you know? Play along, it'll be fine. Like, just humor him. I, you're good. I promise. Yeah. God, that's I where I it... fell in love with the game, though. <laughs> Absolutely. What are you gonna say, Reed? I think if I had to pick a least favorite area, it's this one by a mile. <laughs> wow. I Art. just Papyrus yeah. does does very little for me. Oh, that's a bummer. Huh. Like, I compared to everyone perfect. else. Like, He's very enthusiastic about yes, his, sure his life, though. So. I think Papy- Anna's, Papyrus, Papyrus is Anna's favorite. Yeah. I think, for me, like, this area was almost too transparent with the whole, like, you're going to fight a few enemies, then you're going to have a conversation with the skeletons, then you're going to do a puzzle, and, it's, and then you're going to fight a dog. Like, it kind of just repeats that pattern, like, three times. Mm-hmm. I feel like, yeah. so many I, dog bosses. Yeah. It's longer than the um. It's a lot longer than the ruins. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, that's definitely salvaged by the actual town of Snowden. Yeah. Um, because that that town is so dense and lovely. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's only a hand, there's only a couple towns in the whole game, but they're just really full of personality. Every single NPC sprite is unique. I think. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, before you go into uh, and and I only just discovered this uh, last week. Before you go into Snowden, you know, when you're like, so when you're traipsing along, playing around with uh, Sans and Papyrus, yeah. you're, you're going through these little deluge of puzzles and, you know, it's, it's a pretty lengthy little uh, set piece. And at the end, you get to this bridge and it's like, now for my final puzzle, it's like axes and spears and fire <laughs> and, a, and a dog and a puppy. <laughs> and then he's just like, you know, that wouldn't be very fair. And then like he calls that attack off and then they walk off. If you walk back across the bridge, you can catch Flowey and he'll disappear. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. I only just caught that last week. Yeah, Flowey is actually in a lot of places. Yeah, he's the fucking G-Man. For like two frames. Yeah, he's the G-Man. He is G-Man. G-Man... G-Man always fucked with my head. Any anything that works from that template just get, really gets under my skin in an in an uncomfortable way. Um yeah. the Final Fantasy Legend 1 actually does that. Um the final boss who is god mm-hmm. um <laughs> follows you is is present in every major location and then right and then he has a unique sprite. So but you know there's a lot of characters with it that have the same sprites that are repeated and he just has fairly innocuous conversation and then right before the final climb you talk to him and um it's he says something kind of ominous and your character replies dot 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 who are you and it's just like <laughs> and then megalophania starts playing yeah. <laughs> and you get to the top and that's the final boss um got to work in some saga in the, somewhere oh, of course <laughs> Of course you do. But yeah, I noticed Flowey in the room that Toriel asks you to wait for, the really long one. Yep. If you walk back, mm-hmm. you see Flowey for like a frame. Yep. And yeah, I, think I did co- that. The cooking show with Metaton, if you walk left, yep. he'll be there. Mm. But it's so fast, and I'm like, I think I saw something yellow. What the fuck was yeah, that? Yeah, I think it is literally like two frames of animation, and he's gone. Oof. So yeah, that... um, th- can't you see one of the cameras, a camera hidden in a bush too early on? Yeah, there's one yeah, like yeah. right hidden in like a bank of snow. I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. Th- those are all over the game, actually. Yeah, Jesus. So people okay. like some people started thinking that Snowden was actually an Edward Snowden joke because they found cameras everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's yeah. just snowed in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But if you see the cameras, you're like, "What the hell is this?" Yeah, yeah that makes sense. And if sense. you don't notice that they're everywhere in the game, and then. You find then out you get to the very end, and oh, yeah, God. it's weird though. I noticed. I was t- telling John about this. How like three characters watch you the entire game, basically. Yeah, like you've got Flowey following you, Sans is eyeing you, and then Alphys has cameras on you. Yeah, it's like a and game that is watching you and judging you mm-hmm. the whole time. And then you find out that you're watching the character <laughs> separately or distinct from the character. Yeah, that's so. God, it's very good. It's very well done. Morality Simulator 2015. It's kind of like a, it's kind of like a Nabokov novel. <laughs> I just remember reading a couple of books by him and where there's weird trickery like that, like one that's just a whole book that's a poem and then the entire novel is contained in a commentary of the poem. Oh wow. Yeah. It <laughs> just that kind of fuckery with the head and whatnot. Um so Papyrus is great. Papyrus's <laughs> Papyrus's arc basically is that he projects all of his feelings and has this show of being extremely like confident and sure of himself and is actually just really wants to make friends and is wants to be popular and feels kind of insecure. Yeah. 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 He's, he's adorable. Yeah, mm-hmm. I saw a thing that said like if you picture him as a teenager, he makes way more sense. Yeah. And that's something I did, definitely didn't catch my first time because he's so much taller than San. So yeah. he's the older one and he's the one with motivation and wants to be on the guard. Mm-hmm. Well, really, Sans... he just wants to make friends. Oh, my God. And also, and then, and also conversation you... before his boss fight is what really set that up for me. Absolutely. Guys yeah. Oh, he... That the whole friendship thing with him is really funny. If you just ch- keep saying no. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's set to it's set to play out every time. Like no matter what you choose, he's going to be your friend. Yeah. It's very adorable. The way like and you keep insulting him. He says, There's no need to disgrace yourself in front of me. <laughs> he's so great. He's so great. And also like this is the part of the game where they do the like the, the rim shot close up. Uh, yes, joke on sound yes. and I love it every time. It's so good. <laughs> yeah, Sans is Sans isn't given a lot of texture for most of the game, and he gets a, a little bit near the very end, and then a little bit during the true end, and then a whole lot during the yeah route. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. From what I've seen on Tumblr, yeah, he's it, it completely changes his character basically. Yeah, mm, but it, my Sans is my favorite. Character. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, the best. <laughs> Another thing, one thing I do really, really like in this area is the whole setup with blue attacks. Yes! Uh, oh, that's and, such a yeah. good joke! And the whole thing, like, with the dog, that motion detector, doggo. Yeah. Which apparently is, yeah. Which apparently is a word that means to remain motionless. Yeah. <laughs> there's, so many, there's so many good puns. God. So Sans is just like, Make sure you know how to deal with blue attacks. And I'm like, yeah, I got this. I got you, dude. <laughs> Don't worry. And he gets a papyrus. And, and he then... uses a few light blue attacks. And you're like, yeah, I got this. And then you don't. And then he's like, bam, now you're blue. And then the music That's kicks in. That's my attack. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's my attack. <laughs> and then it's an actual, like, kind of tough boss fight. Yeah. Oh. But he's, he still doesn't kill you. But unlike, um... Toriel, if you um, if he gets you down to one HP, he captures you and then puts you in a prison puts with two you. large bars. Yeah, and then you can escape, but then you still have to be, do the whole fight in one go. Yeah. So yeah. It's and if he captures less- you more times, he like changes everything. He like leaves a note like, "Please don't leave." <laughs> he gives you a, it, like there's a food bowl like dog kibble, <laughs> and then, like if you look at it like other times, it's like now there's bacon in it. <laughs> <laughs> I, if you lose to him like three times he'll just be like I'm tired of this yeah Whoa. so you actually have to choose to fight him there or you can just skip the entire thing and then be friends Whoa. papyrus so it's weird like the game gives you a lot of outs to be if you're like not a skilled player like Toriel actively tries not to kill you and then papyrus <laughs> actually can't kill you period yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Which and then it gives you, but then there's a handful of outs where you, um, and then you're yeah. you're given an out out of the muffin fight, but you it's kind of hard to yeah get. Another yeah. out is that uh, if you if you use the stick item on any dog, they'll run after it. They yeah they instant spare. Yep, that's amazing. Um, and I, I think that was for Anna's first death was against a greater tog. Oh, I died to could... him on my third playthrough. I'm like, oh my god, this guy's not too easy. <laughs> god, there's so many great animations too with the dog, like the dog that builds the snowman. The best, the, the best, the best dog animation is oh, papi- is Papyrus's final attack. Yes, he's just swinging back and forth. He's like, yeah, I'm here. Just like, hey, give me, give me the, give me, stop eating my special attack. <laughs> so then he says papyrus prepares a completely normal attack yeah <laughs> and, and then, then it's, it's 
It's all oh. so cute. I like the very end of that where you just have to keep holding up and you like go <laughs> off the stop yeah. screen almost. Yeah. Yep. That one that one took me so long to figure out. I'm like, how do you get over that? What if yeah, I just keep like, oh I never thought to hold up until um my second playthrough. It was like, there's gotta be a way to avoid this. This is like, wait a minute. Game, are you shitting me? <laughs> the box just gets bigger. Yeah. I, I think I just noticed it was getting bigger, so I was like, okay. This is what we're going with. And then you've got that whole scene under it that you can easily miss if you keep getting hit by it. Oh, where it says, like, cool dude? Yeah. I thought, it's... when you said best animation, though, I thought you were going to say lesser dog. Nah, nah. Lesser dog <laughs> That's is awesome. But... That's pretty good. Oh. The, um, that, that, the game keeps setting up your expectations in, like, a really traditional game design-y sort of way. And then, like, with make sure you understand blue attacks and yeah. then pulls the rug out from under you and it's it's really funny it's just how you do comedy in games and it's really funny yeah 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 that one is so good oh um i really love papyrus and i guess is there what else i love the um dog, the wolf that throws ice that floats through the river that follows you the whole game yeah yeah I think if you have Undyne on your phone, she'll explain that to you. What? Is really? he cool? What's he doing? Cooling down the core? Yeah, he's cooling down the core. God. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, you I mean, see that, that it flows that's kind of implied, game. I guess. But yeah. wow. You yeah. do see it in the core, like, mm-hmm. kind of evaporate. This, this game. <laughs> <laughs> really cool shit. Oh, really cool and shit. there's the fishing I, pole. The fishing pole. Yep. And you actually run into the owner of that fishing pole. Wait, yeah. I didn't know that. Wait, yeah. wait, wait. You do? Yeah. Where? Um, shit. It's in Hotland, is isn't Grilby's? it? Pardon? No. I thought he was at Grillby's, maybe. Oh, yeah, he's at Grillby's. There's plenty of fish in the sea. <laughs> yeah, there's plenty of fish in the sea. And he's just like, and I've got, you know, and I've got it set out. I love that, like, you go check the note and it's like, you think about calling the number. You decide not you decide. to. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I hate that guy. Oh, my God. Groby's design and the schoolgirl green fire Groby. Yeah. Those are some of the favorites <laughs> on Tumblr, I think. Just total... NPCs that yeah. just completely capture people's imaginations. Uh, the my favorite, date, yeah. My favorite NPC is the comedian bird's dad. Oh god! <laughs> my wife left me. Ha ha ha! <laughs> that's, that's not funny. That's not funny. <sighs> the date with Papyrus. Oh my oh, god! So god, it's so good. <laughs> It's so cute. It is adorable. It's, it's so it's, anime. It it's, is. When all God, the little bars and graphs impress me this entire time. <laughs> You're wearing clothes right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then when and then at the very end when he's like, you know, I'm I'm not actually interested in you romantically. I just wanted to make you feel better. <laughs> so nice. Oh my, God. my second time when doing the fight with him i didn't i never clicked flirt mm-hmm. so that just changes to hangout session yeah so there's not the awkward but i'm not into at the end yeah because that... he never flirted oh my god yeah 
wonder. I thought that I kind of figured that the fight wouldn't start until you picked Flirt because that was so <laughs> ingrained. But nope. Nope. You can do it without flirting with him at all. The flow chart. I keep imagining the flow chart of this game. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. The logic. I really yeah. wonder if it exists like that, if there is a chart somewhere in like encompassing a whole room of Toby Fox's house. <laughs> <laughs> home as just everywhere, just beautiful mind style lines everywhere. Okay. Okay. Really important question. Okay. Can you make spaghetti or do you have zero redeeming qualities? <laughs> I have zero redeeming qualities. I can make spaghetti. I can make spaghetti. I can make spaghetti. I can make spaghetti, but I just I loved I have zero redeeming qualities. Yes. <laughs> it's so, You're so humble. You're meeting all of my standards. <laughs> <laughs> and then if you pick I can make spaghetti, it's like, oh no, you're meeting all my standards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. It's all so good. Uh, Papyrus's house, just everything in there. The the um the pile of socks. Oh, the, that note chain. Oh. Good. So good. Oh, and I love and that Papyrus is taking you to his house. Yes. Yes, you walk you you walk a bit back to the left, and then you walk back to the right, back to in front of his house. Because <laughs> there's a part where your, your character just stops, and you just watch Papyrus, like, going to loop-de-loop. Yep. <laughs> you go into, you, if you look in the house... Um, there's one book that's a book of bad joke of puns, and then yeah. inside it is a book of quantum mechanics, and oh. inside that is a book of puns, and inside that is a book of quantum mechanics. You decide mm-hmm. to stop looking. Yeah, and that actually, yeah. <laughs> Fucking sons. Oh and there's God. a pet rock. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and Virus always ends up taking care of it. <laughs> Sansa gets defeated. <gasps> one more joke that i love sure in the fight when you hit check it says papyrus and then his stats likes to say yeah <laughs> and then he says yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> we didn't even talk about the inside of papyrus's room <laughs> which is so great i like the the, the uh the research he's doing on skeletons, he suspects there may be skeletons, like, inside you. <laughs> or that humans are descendants from skeletons. Yeah, humans are descended oh. from skeletons. Uh, and his race car his bed. His race car bed, which has a cute What's payoff. It? Was it the <laughs> animal figurines? What's the payoff for the race car bed? I forgot. He's, like, in the true ending, he's driving a car around, just like he said oh. he would. God! Yeah, it's oh really God. cute. That's the weird believe. thing about... That's the weird thing about this game is that every time I have a conversation about it, I learn new things. But what'd you say? He's like, oh, I'm cruising in the dream. Yeah. What'd you say? <laughs> he says something so great. I love that line. Mm-hmm. So because of the way I played it, I didn't see any of this because I killed Papyrus. Oh. And then I never saw Sans for most Dirty of Dirty brother killer. Yeah. Oh, does Sans so, disappear? Until the end, yeah. Until the oh, judgment wow. hall. Yeah. I didn't see Sans at all. So when this mysterious specter appeared and then it was revealed that it was sans and i was like yay and then oh oh no no i've made mistakes oh no you done goof son so that also um meant that for my whole second go around everything was different and i saw all this new material yeah because there's three straight up like basically visual novel segments that are about 10 minutes long 
where you go on dates that are yeah. really nice. Mm-hmm. He knows a shortcut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and again, that's a kind of a reference to the quantum stuff. Yeah. Yeah, because he teleports around and you think it's just like lazy animation, but like, no. no. there's but, an actual, yeah. yeah, there's an actual explanation for it. Uh. And it's so weird because in Snowden, like he always walks to the left and then just shows up on and the right. And shows up on the right, yeah. <laughs> God. This game, man. It's so I've it's so dense. Yeah. Yeah. Like I've it's never seen that. something that is so like thematically and kind of mechanically dense. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Like how every little thing, like San's walking to the left has meaning. And even mm-hmm. like the the eye he winks at you determines which route you're on. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. Oh my god. Um, Sans also just means kind of without, right? Yeah. 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 So, (laughs) hug. Um, His name's also, he also is, his name is always spelled in lowercase, right? Yep. Yep. And then Papyrus says everything in upper, in caps lock. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Jesus. Yeah. Sans doesn't, uh, like none of his dialogue is capitalized unless there is a very specific purpose for it. And it's only like a few very choice lines that he uses uppercase uh, dialogue. Mm. Which actually informs his character. Yeah. So this is Reed's least favorite area. Yeah. <laughs> so. This I is mean, the... it's not an area I dislike. I do think maybe the stuff before the town is a bit long. I get that. But... Yeah. I feel that. It's the I most... can see how you think it'd be a slog. Mm-hmm. It's the most puzzling. Did you guys? Did you guys play that golf game? Yeah. Turns out to be important. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't believe that. Uh, There's a meaning behind the the flag color. Yep. Yeah, yeah I, I know that. I, when I, I, just, uh, I, just, I just meant when this I is like, pictures please. of all the um like souls, mm-hmm. the jarred souls that I did. I uh, put the quote of what, like, that color heart means. Yep. Oh so. My oh, my God. The, um, oh. but, yeah, the, the, when I me- meant least, Reed's least favorite ever, I didn't mean it as, like, calling out Reed. I meant it as, this is. That is how much we've like, talked about, yeah. This is, <laughs> this is, like, not even, like, the densest area of the game, probably. Yeah. Ugh. So, that's Snowden, I guess. That's Snowden. Undertale is really good, y'all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Covered about, we've talked for about an hour, fifteen minutes on. I think two hours of game, hour and a half, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Should have just made this an yeah. let's play. Yeah. If, this, so yeah. if we were progressing at the same pace through Dark Souls, then our podcast would have been fifty hours long. <laughs> <laughs> so, next area is waterfall, and I think this is. One of the nicest areas, one of the most peaceful and interesting areas. Um, yeah, yeah, it's very. It, it has a very Miyazaki. soothing feel. I think. Uh huh. Yeah. Walking through the rain like, with uh, monsters. This feels nice. I I thought this area was tenser though because it has those kind of ominous. Yeah. Moments. Yeah, you've got yeah. ominous moments that 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 are starting to happen. You start seeing machinations yeah. behind mm-hmm. the scenes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's right after. It's right after you walk into Waterfall that you actually have a date with Sans. Yeah. yeah. And that's when it brings up Flowey again. Yeah. Um, they bring up right after you see the Echo Flower, though. So there's a moment there. Of, and Sans is like, there's a flower. 
Yeah, that's right. An echo flower. Somebody must be tricking my brother. That's got to be it. Oof. Yeah. Also, also how Sansa's dates are, like, just actually really nice and chill. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, he has the easily, like, the most, the nicest actual dates in the game. He buys, you, he buys you fries and then ruins them. Whoops. No, uh, I went for a <laughs> double order of Berg. But then he gives you your his burger. Yeah, he's, he's nice. Oh, my God. Um, he's a sensitive one. He is. Mm-hmm. So oh, there's, there's some horrible line. Not horrible, but this, like, dark kind of. In if you second. walk in and don't talk to the guy next to the flower. Mm-hmm. Like, if you talk to the flower first, it says something like, my only purpose in life is to inform people about this flower. Yeah. Um, So Waterfall um, switches between um, tense um, preparations where you're getting introduced to Undine, who is just a really scary hunter at this point, who, you know, is trying to hunt you down. Um, you're getting introduced to a lot of the history of the underground and the monsters, which is very sad. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then you're having peaceful walks through areas that are just really nice. Like um, when you go into the area that's just a straight 2D walk mm. um, and oh, with, with, with the, the castle, castle background. And it's yeah, that really cool looking little it's area. It's very there. nice to look at. Mm-hmm. It was very just framed really interestingly. Like I got to that scene and it was like I didn't know where I was until I fiddled around with the buttons for a bit. And I was like, oh. Was, yes. Oh. Um, the, all of the fights leading up to all of the Undine encounters are really tense and cool, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. They're really Just really awesome. simple little mechanics that speak a lot and that make you afraid of this character. Yeah, it's these cool little chases that... Like they're very simple. Like you don't, you can't really fuck it up that bad. Mm-hmm. But this is also setting up the mechanic of you probably need to run away. Yeah, yeah right. Oh God, you're right. Hmm. Um, that's a good point. Yeah, just really going through this area as a pacifist. My first time, it's just like, okay, this character really wants to kill me. I don't know how. How does this resolve itself? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what Flowey even taunts you with after you, you get through Toriel is. Oh, if you go there, if you go through a neutral run first, then you don't see Flowey until the very end of the game. He disappears after you fight him as Omega Flowey. Yeah. Um, but if you don't, then Flowey just taunts you as like, what are you going to do when you meet a killer? Mm. Are you going to give up in frustration or just lash out? I am the prince of this world or something. <laughs> yeah. Straight but up, I am looks- the prince of this world. Huh. Yeah. So he... Even for even that's a little bit of foreshadowing. It's a very very good bit of foreshadowing there. Uh-huh. There's there's another one with Toriel's bed. Yeah, it says like slightly bigger than a twin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I think in like if you're in the walkthrough at the end of the game, it says something like definitely smaller than a king size bed or something. Yeah. Oh, gosh, really cute. And um. So, oh, the monster kid is introduced. He's adorable. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He's a this, dupe. <laughs> he, he really is. This um, waterfall and then right before Asgore is also where the most um, striking changes in the evil route are. Mm. Uh, so we can bring that up at, when we get to that part of 
cool. Just did you guys off. do the um, piano puzzle? Yeah. Oh my god. That, no, that's, I, I just kept that's, walking back. That's a funny moment. I kept walking back past the uh, the octopus who was really cute <laughs> and going in and listening to the background music and trying to use that song. And then I didn't ever think to give the umbrella to the statue. Yeah. Which is yeah. the first time I think um, Asriel's theme is played, right? Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, specifically the umbrella song is the one you're supposed to do because I did just look up the answer yes. to that. Yeah, it's the umbrella song. Because I kept yeah. trying to do the background music like you. Yeah. But I think but, it's going all the way back from that room. And then you feel bad because it's the octopus. And they're like, oh, <laughs> you're gone. And then you have to keep keep shutting them down, basically. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's like, oh. I'm that sorry, room is, uh, I want to be funny. your friend, but. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to say? That room like felt like a fake out boss fight to me. Yeah, I kept yeah. thinking like, wait, yeah. when's it gonna happen? When's the shoe dropping? Oh, okay. And it never does. Yeah. He's just this happy dude who's like, yeah. It's this happy dude who's actually really sad. Really, really sad. <laughs> it, yeah, just gets sadder. He's like, all my friends are here except for me. <laughs> I didn't want to be there anyway. I didn't want to be there anyway. It's not that uh, they have room for me. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, oh. <laughs> You see but, them in the true end. <laughs> but can we talk about the joke that happens in the piano room? Oh my <laughs> god. The relic. Oh, that's good. You found an ancient relic. And oh, then, that's good. And then the dog steals it. <laughs> that that room's in the green light trailer where um you walk in. It's in the trailer and they walk in and it goes... Um, I haven't finished the collision detection for this room yet, as the overlay text. Oh, weird. And then you walk out of the room, and you, and Sa- Papyrus is there, and they're talking, and they're like, stop ruining the green light trailer. <laughs> <laughs> and it cuts back to Toriel and, and um, the main character, and then Papyrus walks in, am I the mom? <laughs> and, what? There's a character who's kind of like a mom, and it shows Toriel, and then Papyrus runs in, is it me? <laughs> <laughs> and then the narrator goes, no! Well, maybe. <laughs> so, so there's three trailers, I think, for this game that are all really cute. Yeah, yeah. They're pretty ridiculous. But, uh, like, that room has a secret that is ridiculous. What's the secret? When you call... So, um, backing up a bit, there's a room where Toriel asks you to wait. And uh-huh. you wait there and wait there and wait there. She actually does call you back eventually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you wait there for like an hour, she eventually stops calling you because she loses her phone because the dog took it. Oh, what? So, and, and if you call the phone, it's just like a breathing. Yeah. I think, right? So yeah. when you leave the ruins, if she's still alive, she never answers the phone, anyways. Yeah. And the reason is because the dog took her phone again. <laughs> so if you're in the room with the relic. And call Toriel. Oh my god. It says the call is coming from inside your inventory. <laughs> and you have That's to, so good. You have to do that before examining the dog. Because then he <laughs> runs off and takes the relic with him. And just leaves his residue. Dog residue. Oh my god. Which Apparently, is so, it yeah. it's, can be so useful. Yeah, see, I just thought it was a joke and threw it out. I didn't I did know it was too. useful. And then I used it. It was like, oh, wait, your inventory filled up with a bunch of other stuff. Like, oh, well, there's more residue. Oh, 
It's there's like an actual healing. healing. There's an yeah, it's an infinite healing item. Oh jeez, that's well, actually it, the, it actually like varies with the health. Oh. Or it can be like know. two. It, it says it'll be like oh, there's dog bones in it. Two health. Taste <laughs> yappy. Twelve health is regained. Oh, fright tennis ball. HP's maxed out. Yeah. <laughs> dog residue. Dog carapace. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also um, good for infinite money. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. that's how you get lots of money and let and get um, Demi to go to college. No, there's a bunch of ways to get infinite money. There's a money. bunch of exploits. Good. That's, think, that makes sense, I think. Yeah. The fastest one is to buy the cloudy glasses from the turtle. Yeah. I think he will sell them for 30 and then Temmie will buy them for 50 Uh-huh. So it's faster oh. than... Claude, and she calls them Claude glasses. Yeah. <laughs> so that's really nice because it um, gives an op- a way out for people who are having a really hard time with Muppet or Ascor. And yeah. it also lets grind up money to purchase the way out of the Muppet fight, right? Yeah. Or you oh, could God. just, or you could just like, you know, hopefully maybe save the spider donut from the start of the game. Mm-hmm. That's, that's straight up MGS3 shit yeah. going on there. Yeah. Shoot I totally- this. I mean, in this cutscene, and then... Oh, wait. Yeah, right. Oh, I just totally forgot what my items were, so I just used it. Even though it, you wouldn't know to use it later mm-hmm. on. But right. Then, like, I ate the snowman piece. Oh! <laughs> I did, too. I did, too. <laughs> I did too. God. God, and that comes back all the way at the end. Whew! I did that my second time, and Sans is like, you made a snowman very happy. And I'm like, oh! Yay! Sure! <laughs> yay! The... Well, he knew. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's watching. He said, you did it. Good job, hero. <laughs> so I guess um, the whole waterfall is just sort of this very slow buildup that's melancholically melancholically introducing you to all the monster history. It foreshadows the flowey fight at the end. Yeah. Uh, it foreshadows a whole lot of shit. Um, foreshadows the stuff with the true end. Um it foreshadows Alphys liking anime. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It does. The dummy, fight. The, marks. the dummy fight is so cute. Right? Mm-hmm. The dummy fight is fantastic. Like, when I, I, like, I didn't understand what was going on in that fight at first. And then uh, it was like, oh, are you shitting me? That's actually one of my favorite fights to just play because the, the it music just breaks the way it, the way it works is really cool. I think it completely breaks the convention of what you're thinking this game is, and then it's like, oh, I thought these were just static images up here for flavor, but no, there's actually a hitbox up there I need to hit. That's clever. God, which comes back, I think. Um, yeah, which comes back with Metaton and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but that fight, the the joke where you walk past it. And then it zooms in on the dummy, and that plays like, like it reminded me of like a dramatic chord in like the Mega Man Ruby Spears cartoon. Donna, yeah, <laughs> little angry eyes pop up on it, and then the fight itself has so much energy. Yeah, it's just because yeah. of, of the animations, it's so cute. Ooh, good um, shit. Good. And he's like shit. hopping around. Yeah, it's so good. Who needs friends? I've got knives. I've got knives. <laughs> Wait a minute. I've only got was... one knife. <laughs> I couldn't believe it, though, because the first time I punched the dummy at the start and I was like, oops. And then he scolded me for that. I'm like, oh, so next time I'll just run away from the dummy. And he's like, 
you ran away from my brother that you insulted him i'll fight you and i'm like is there just no way to win with this guy <laughs> nobody's happy with this nope. yeah. <laughs> that's so good <laughs> Oh my! And, and then, then you get in, and then shows. you see now you meet Napster Blue again. Yep. And he's, and he's so sad because nice. he thinks he ruined something. I know. Oh, he saves you. Yep. And I guess you can. Um, I'll just be my turn forever. We can't damage each other. You so it's a stalemate. Yeah. And that shadows something at the very end of another route. Yeah. Oof. Whoa! Wait! 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 Say that again. Well, I mean, at the end of the Sans fight. At I, the know, evil... I think I missed Naps to Blue saying something. Really no, um, that. the dummy fight I meant. Oh, yeah, the oh, dummy oh. says, like, had, oh, we're just stuck here forever. Yeah. Oh, wow, I didn't even realize that. Uh, that might not be intentional, but, it, you know, it's... I, it, I think with this game, everything is intentional. <laughs> There's just too much. Yeah. Ugh. I like just chilling with Naps to Blue in the background changes. Yes. That's so cool. I like the Gula Day music that's just jingle bells, but like, yeah. right? <laughs> and then like classic, classic ghouling music and then new wave ghoul music. And he just has like little things to say about each one of them. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Thunder snail. After a meal, I like to sit on the ground and feel like garbage. Oh. <laughs> it's a family tradition. He's my aesthetic. Yes. He's everyone's said it. Yeah, let's be honest. Just not feeling up to it right now, sorry. <laughs> That's such a cool moment, I think. Yep. Like, Thunder yeah, Snail. we've all been there, buddy. Yeah. So did, did you know you can actually win Thundersnail? No. You just have to be really restrained on your button presses. Yeah, yeah. Oh, like, wow. If you press it while the exclamation... So you press it once and an excla- exclamation pops up. And if you press it during again during that, like he stops permanently. Yeah. yeah. So you have to oh, wait okay. for it to go away. Mm-hmm. So every time you do that, his speed goes up like point one. Yeah. So you have to do that like twenty times at the start and then stop, and then he'll actually win. Because oh. if you do it too much, then every because you're stopping him for the exclamation too much, yeah. he won't win. Mm-hmm. Oh. It's like oh, you get put too much pressure on him or something yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> Thunder snail and the music's so dramatic. Oh, it's so good! It's so good. There's a couple of times where it uses the overly dramatic music. Do you get anything for winning Thunder Snail, or is it just like so? Again, done? because this game is nuts, the prize for winning is like less than you actually pay pay to play. But if you, <laughs> if, if you come in second, there's this whole dialogue where like, oh, you lost. Oh no, he's coming over here. He thinks he won. Oh, I'll just pretend. I'll just pretend like you won. Here's thirty gold. Oh. So you ac- so you actually get more money for coming in second. It's oh. ridiculous. Uh, the end in Snowden doesn't take your money either. But you have no, to have the money. But you pay. have to have the money. Yeah. Oh wow. That actually burned it's me. It's silly because the save the save point is I'll heal you. Yeah. But you get more. Yeah, I was just gonna say that. Yeah, you get ten extra hit points for. Uh, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it gives you extra health, and that's God. that's useful when you're running on twenty. Yeah. Yep. So I'm like, oh, I got thirty now. Mmm. Take that, I grinders. Didn't know that. God. So, the waterfall whole air waterfall area um, climaxes with the un- undine the undine fight. 
Yeah. It's really good. Which can go three different ways, and all of them are intensely meaningful and beautiful. Yeah. Or or at least really, really funny. Yeah. Uh, One of them is for the evil root. Um, I played like a neutral asshole the first time. Mm -hmm. So this is the first first time. I, I, I mentioned this the first podcast was like, this game pulls the trick where the HP of the character hits zero, but then through the power of will, they keep fighting yeah. and they do it like three times or something. And Undyne just keeping to continuing to fight as her body falls apart. Yeah. She, she yeah. does that on neutral too. She does it on neutral, except that she doesn't be, she's not like reborn. Yeah. She just dies. And it's really, I read like me a really good breakdown of her character. Um, and how, as the undying, she um, kind of reaches a climax of a, a kind of character arc. It's really lovely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, her she's so funny. The with the now, let me tell you the story of my people. And then <laughs> no, fuck that. And then the she's camera, like, hell no, you don't deserve to know. The the camera trick there, where it's a slanted angle zoomed in, really, really mm-hmm. good. Really effective and funny, as as in time with her theme music. Yep. God, it's, she takes off her helmet. A, it's super dramatic. Yeah. It's a great subversion of just kind of like the JRPG trope of like dumping backstory on you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's also it got in the whole backstory. Yeah. The area. Yeah, you didn't really need it again. And that the part where she takes her helmet off is interesting to me because it's like the first time you kind of see the real Undyne. Yeah. Like her yeah. character, her character changes so much by the end yeah. of neutral yeah. or pacifist. I mean, where yeah. she's cooking Cause... and throwing. <laughs> I, I think another cool thing is because um, you see like Monster Kid fawning over her the entire time. Yeah, and he just accepts like, oh, she's a badass because she's a badass. Yeah, Not, she's yeah. a badass, <laughs> and all you know, even though she's a girl, or oh, also a girl. It's like. She's a badass who just happens to be female. He's not focusing on that she's a girl. It's just like, look at this badass. She is my idol because or, she's a badass. I, I like when Monster Kid like tries to force himself to hate you. Yes. And yeah. it's just like, he's like, ah, I'm just not good at this. And it stands <laughs> up to un- I'm That's so adorable. For you. And, then she just, oh and then she just picks him up by the head and walks him off screen. He's like, you're not going to tell my mom, are you? <laughs> <laughs> that's my that's favorite. If, that's yeah. if you run to get him on the bridge, right? Yeah, because the second time I ran you, away, don't just do to that. so I think there's at least three outcomes there. You can run to catch him, which is a good act. Yeah. You can run away, which he justifies as, "Oh, they were going to get help." Yeah, and I think if you just stand there, then it flags that as a bad action because you're just watching, waiting to watch them fall. Yeah. And you might not be able to get past Fist if you do that. Yeah. Oh. That makes... Pretty justifiably, that's really messed up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then, like, there's a part when he's, like, talking about how, like, Asgore came to their school. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, oh, if Undyne came, she could beat up all the teachers. And he's like, no, she wouldn't beat up anyone who's innocent. Yeah. <laughs> She is so... I love Undying. He is so cute. He has no arms, so every time he falls over, he falls <laughs> it's by It's hilarious. Place. I'm just like, they really 
put some time into that sprite animation, so they're going to use it as much as they can. Yeah. When you have to get up onto the ledge, he's like, okay, stand on my head. Yeah. He's like, I'll find another yep. way. Oh, he's so cool. Mm-hmm. So then you finally get to the Undyne fight, and the, the dram- dramatics there, the wind is howling. So um, good. It's so yeah. good. It's sort of like the Magus moment. Oh, absolutely. It's yeah. definitely like the midpoint of the game. Yeah. And mm-hmm. kind of like the most threatening enemy to that point. Mm-hmm. The first definitely. one will just, the first boss that is just going to fucking kill you if they can. Oh, that's true, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. After oh, she suplexes a boulder bosses. just because she can. Yes, <laughs> she suplexes a boulder just because she can. She pl- suplexes herself just to prove nothing is impossible. Yeah. What? Oh. I don't remember that. I, I never saw that in the game itself. I'm not sure if it is in there or not, but it was a funny post if it wasn't. Yeah, I saw uh, a post with, with that. Uh-huh. Um, the fight is really good. I think really she would try. <laughs> the fight's really good, right? The green gimmick? Yeah. Absolutely. I, yeah. I think that's great. Definitely. Did any of y'all get the handle on the yellow arrows? Oh, yeah. God, those are... Yeah. They're so mean. They're so but mean. I, but I also played I, a lot of one-fingered. I think I messed finger. up, like, the first time, and then I was like, okay, that's how they work. Yeah, I played a lot of one-finger death punch, so I was kind of used to that. Gotcha. Yeah, so for me, I'm just, like, trying to just do this, like, the papyrus fight, where it's just, like, spare, 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 just wait for it to end, and then she runs out of dialogue. No dialogue. Yeah. Yep. What, what am I going to do now? And I'm just, like, I'm not, obviously, I'm not going to I'm not gonna punch her. No. We don't, we don't do that. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like... <laughs> was the run option always there? And, I think and it I'm took just, me a while, and then I yeah. was like, "Oh, my heart is a different color again." So maybe I can try this now. Yeah, Mine was just like, "Oh, they they like I've been running away from her this whole time." There's a run option, Durr. Mm. Yeah, because I think <laughs> I had tried running from Toriel, and it just restarts the fight if you do that. Yeah. So I'm like, well, running hasn't worked in the past. But is it going to work this time? And then it totally does. Yep. <laughs> because, but the the thing is with Undyne, like, it hits a point where, like, she doesn't even try and change your heart color. Yeah, there's no... So yeah, it's like, okay, it. so I guess it's kind of like they want me to do this now. Yeah. Yeah. So when I replayed the game, I did notice that at the very start of the fight, she just says, while you're green, you won't be able to run away. And that's a very mm-hmm. literal yeah. dialogue yeah. That, that you might not catch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So my first time playing... I just ran away from her once and was able to make it to Hot Zone. Nice. So nice. then when I replayed it, I ran away as soon as possible, but she's way faster and catches up to you. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I had to fight her like three times, but it was only like four turns each. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it kind of pay- is paced so that the You're going to have to do a good length. deal of it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Which is smart. Yeah. God. <laughs> Um, oh, and then you get to the water cooler. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. That's so cute. When she, she's she collapses because her armor is really hot and heavy, and yeah. she's a fish. <laughs> so you can there's a water cooler there that serves no purpose for that I didn't that didn't serve any purpose for me because I killed her. So well, I got uh, water, and then the water cup evaporates. The next <laughs> screen, the water evaporated from the cup. The cup evaporated. The cup evaporated too. too. Yeah. Oh, so it just seems like a joke. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But no, no. Um, so and, and you have to do that for Best Fist. Yeah. It's yeah. so cute. Yeah, I imagine if you walk away at that point, it probably just locks you out of becoming her friend. Yeah, I believe it does. Uh, like if you go back to her house, it's like she's too exhausted to do anything. Yeah. 
Aww. So should we talk about her whole friendship thing? Because you can do it like right away. Sure. Yeah. After that fight. Yeah, totally. That's what I did the second time through. It was really fun. Every cookie. It's like, I want, I want cooking lessons like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. So extreme. Just like the also, most extreme <laughs> cooking ever. The one part where like she asks you to pick something and you try to step out of the chair and she throws the spear. Yeah. Like, that gets me <laughs> every time. It's like, so oh, funny. Wait, did I... mm. And then you're looking through the choices. Wait, you, can point the, you can point the spear at Undyne. Point oh the spear at what you want. Are you hitting on me? <laughs> and then just question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. Oh, it's, and it's just her like date. It, it's also, her battle. Her, her her entire date is I'm going to be a better friend than you are. <laughs> she only agrees because because Papyrus says, "Huh, I guess I thought that you could be the human's friend. I guess I underestimated. I overestimated you." Yep. Now wait, just here. Undyne and he's like, an oh, I have to go to the bathroom. And he just hops out the window. He just, like, backs <laughs> out the window. It's so great. And it's in, like, slow motion. It's so good. Oh. That, that line is great. And then the, the follow-up, if you examine the window, is like, man, I can't believe he did that. Normally, he nails the landing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, during Undyne, Undyne's fight, she's everything she does is anime. Yeah, yeah, and she every she is just like we're talking about Undertale, just kind of valuing these anime tropes, or maybe not during the podcast. It might have been earlier, um, where Undertale is in a lot of ways um, examining like these Sailor Moon, this Sailor Moon shit, yeah, of <laughs> hopes and dreams and all that jazz, saving the day and friendship mm-hmm. and love. Yours is the drill, though, pierce the heavens and whatnot. <laughs> um. And Undyne just has all that dialogue, like with the Undyne points her finger heroically into the sky. Yeah, everything she does is ridiculously anime, and it's so good. Which turns out to have a reason for that. And then the the game is just... But then when it comes down to it, like in the evil route, they really... Undyne is an anime, and it, it... says that is the just the most meaningful and beautiful thing possible. <laughs> and then uh, in Pacifist, you are the anime. Yeah. And, and then her her whole date is so cute. Just the the mashing tomatoes and then you pet the tomato. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's just disgusted. Pathetic. <laughs> Hotter. Like- Hotter so good like you practically destroy her house cooking and it's just like this is exactly the intended thing and she's like proud of you yes like you're improving (laughs) i love the the dialogue at the end on the house only fire lives here only fire lives here now (laughs) that's perfect and again it's like the papyrus state where nothing you can say will screw it up like if you don't turn the heat up she just grabs it for you yeah <laughs> I think you can try clicking left, and she's just like, "What?" Everything. Ooh. What was it? Tea, yeah, obviously. Like ten minutes. Tea, yeah, it's like gold leaf tea, the obviously superior choice, or something like that. Obviously correct obviously choice. Blat- blatantly correct choice. That's it. And there's so many other choices. Oh man, so good. 
yeah, the spear, the spear on the table is maybe the best gag there. Yeah. That yeah. or, I don't know, Papyrus jumping out the window. Is Papyrus, Papyrus, Papyrus jumping, Papyrus out, jumping the out the window is, is great. But that spear just through the table. Papyrus, like, Papyrus can be the dark horse candidate. Yeah. <laughs> dark thunder snail. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. And then you leave um, Waterfall after that. And any other thoughts on the Undyne dating sim? I like the climax where she's like, nope, let's fight again. I don't even care if you're my house guest. Yeah. I really you fake I- hit. Oh, yeah, you fake hair. Yeah, you just like... Yeah. Whoop. What are you oh. going to say? Well, just relate to Waterfall in general. If you have Papyrus as a friend by that point, you can call him on every screen and he'll say something. God, that's, that's so great. crazy. And then on screens where he doesn't have anything, like there's one scene where he talks to Undyne, if he's still alive. Well, I guess... He would be. But, but if you go yeah. back there and call him he'll be like oh man i just had an interesting experience right here good thing you weren't there because <laughs> you, you were hiding in the bushes yeah so there's like a ton of dialogue in this game and then it's like i never thought to use the cell phone as much as i could have when i was doing my past yeah run. so many codec run con- codec conversations it's it is definitely like that yeah so then if you have papyrus and undyne you can call them on every screen for for Hotland. And it's just even better. Yeah, so next time I'm actually not going to friend Undyne right away and see if I can and call see. only Papyrus and if he <laughs> has different stuff. Because he probably does. That's so crazy, this fucking game, dog. What was yeah. it, 120 megs? 100 <laughs> megs? Dialogue I feel small. like there's more text than that in this game. God. Yeah. Being able to call them on every screen in Hotland, like really changes the mood of that area. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you don't feel as alone and kind of isolated. Mm-hmm. And that's definitely kind of a theme of Pacifist Drew in general. Yeah. And feeling just less alone. Yeah. All right. So I know that we mentioned um, a bit earlier, and that we've, and I know that I said it in my opening statement about the game. Gay, gay, gay. Gay, gay, gay. John, you want to tell gay. us how gay this game is? <laughs> gay. Okay. So you know how I said this game um, was really inspired by Earthbound probably more than anything else? Yeah. Earthbound is super straight and boring and white and male. Um, You play as Ness. You get to play, you get individual chapters with Jeff and Pooh, but not Paula. Yeah. Paula herself is really Fucking sexist bullshit. Yeah. Basically play as John. (laughs) <laughs> like the the whitest straightest guy I know. Yeah, it's like his avatar is Ness. Yeah, weird. It's weird. <laughs> John, if you ever get around to like using avatars and stuff on your Twitter profile, so you should use Ness. Oh. I have I've had it as me in a suit for a while, and I like that. I like it. It's a very winning smile. It's a very right. winning smile. You're super adorable. Speaking I know. Of, right? Speaking was of that, how gay Undertale my, is. I was at my grandmother's wedding, so I felt really very nice. I thought that was your wedding. Um, there's my super. I thought my you had wedding. butt problems we had, the day we, that picture was taken. I think there are either three – no, there are four weddings in the span of about two or three months in my family. This Undertale discussion got real weird, didn't it, folks? Yeah. So, yeah. John, how gay is Undertale? Undertale's very gay. It's very, it's much gay. This, it is fixes the primary problem probably with Earthbound mm-hmm. is it's relentless heteronormativity mm-hmm. um, and is just really gay. It's great. There's a lot of gay. I think they direct, I think Undine directly references Utena. Utena. 
He's never gonna get it right. He's never. Yeah, gonna but say, I'm, I'm never gonna say Rhett's name re- right ever. <laughs> you, you can always get him like a like a shock collar. Every time he says Utna. Just a little. Just, just every time he gets. Oh, wait, it wrong. but he has that, to hold it. That might have the opposite of. Okay. <clears throat> oh. Um, holds that collar. Okay. Hold anyway. that collar. <clears throat> um. So Hotland and Core. The Hotland is where you meet the Alphas and the Metaton. Um, and, and the and the dogs. Someone else. Someone else. Pull this up. I'm a little flustered. Okay. No, uh, all right. So you meet Alphas in her lab, and she's really sweet. She is. She is a nerd. She is such a nerd. She's a nerd of the highest caliber, but you instantly know she's just like so adorable and so like just so withdrawn to the point of like I want to help you so much. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Anna came out of Undertale and was like, I see myself the most in Papyrus and Napsluke and Alphys and definitely <laughs> Alphys. Um, she just right away um, is really endearing and sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, and right away you're also introduced to Metaton and you're also introduced to the idea that you find out that Alphys has been watching you the whole game via her TV. And that's just like, so strange at first like that kind of weirded yeah. me out i was yeah. just like what because mm-hmm. you step into the room and you don't really know what you're getting into it's just like oh my head's on a monitor what is going on it's mm-hmm. so weird how like the save point outside just says you see a laboratory before you actually see the laboratory <laughs> yeah it's kind of weird the save points kind of spoil stuff some- sometimes yeah that's true i'm like what laboratory oh hey <laughs> Um, so then you, the, it's the first, you have the first little boss with Metaton, um, and you have like, there's like three or four unique encounters with that, with Metaton, which is unique, I think, in the game. They're all so good. They're all very unique. They're really fun. The first one's the quiz. Yeah. Yeah. First, the quiz is so good. Um, that's when you get, would you smooch a ghost? Yeah. Yeah. Heck All yeah! Are heck yeah! <laughs> heck yeah! Which is foreshadowing, as it turns out. Yes, <laughs> I can't believe that game. <gasps> oh my god! And um, who does Doctor Alphys have a crush on? And all the answers are right. Yeah, the human. <laughs> what are the other Undyne. two answers? Undyne, Osgore, and no one. And if you click no what or you don't know. It's like you're right. Alphys has a crush on the concept of of the unknown. <laughs> it has a big long spiel on it. Oh, weird! I love what it says. If you pick you, you're like, right. All the answers are right. No, no but, but it's like, you. oh, you're so narcissistic to think it's you. Mm-hmm. But I like that. Yeah, you're so you're completely wrong. But I'm giving you the point anyway for your confidence. <laughs> so the only one that I, that Alphys doesn't actually have a crush on is you. Yeah. Which but is it's kind really of mean if you do pick Undyne. Yes, it's perfect. Like, he's really mean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She and really per- starts blushing. And it's perfect because um, he also is hosting a TV show, right? Mm-hmm. Ostensibly. So mm-hmm. Undyne could be watching. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was a premise of a comic. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there was a, that was another one that got pointed out was the echo flower that says behind you. And then you look behind you and it's Undyne. Yeah, and a comic pointed out that Undyne would have had to walk yeah. up to the flower and say behind, behind you, you, and then run back and be like, "Oh, this is going to be so cool, <laughs> so good," and it's totally befitting of the character. Yes, yeah, 
And then Alphys, um, after the fight, um, signs you up for a social network on your and gives you a new phone. <laughs> and then the whole rest of the Hotland area, she's yeah. like updating her social media. It's so good. It's so good. And one of them is like post glittery picture of a trash can with several glittery photos, <laughs> several glittery yeah. photos. Selfie. <laughs> I, wa- I wanted to actually make of like a what's that thing called? Like the glitter thing that people like put Snoop Dogg images on. Oh, a blingy. Blingy. Yeah, I wanted to make one of a trash can, but like the, the website wasn't working for me, so I'm like, oh. Yeah, blingy's oh. gone, unfortunately. Oh, it is. Shit. Oh. Fuck. One other thing I really love in the quiz part is that Alphys is kind of like, kind of feels like she's being bullied by Metaton where she's just kind of sulking in the corner until he asks the question about Mew Mew Kissy or whatever it's called. And she goes off like, I know this one. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that's just kind of a personality thing I really relate to where it's like, I'll just be totally dead quiet until somebody says something I can relate to. And so like, oh. On Switch, I can go for days on this subject. Somebody, somebody <laughs> said PSO2. Uh-oh. <laughs> or just anime. He, he is really mean, though. Like, if you do pick Undyne, he's like, see, yeah. it's so obvious. Everyone knows it. Even the human knows it. Like, yeah. And it's like, okay, dude. Like, dude, that's so... chill the fuck out. You don't have to be a dick. <laughs> he's just trying to help her in his own unique way. Oh my god. Well, because the whole setup of that area is actually that they're in cahoots. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. he, won't, he won't actually kill you in until the very last fight, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because that that's when he realizes he can get to the surface with your soul and that he's sick of yeah. kind of enabling Alphys' weirdness. Yeah. Um, oh man. the All of the little... Te- all, her building up to send you a telephone call. That's so awesome. Mm-hmm. Also, yeah. that has like maybe the she keeps giving you puzzle hints that are worthless. Like when she, the timing puzzle, and then right before the last <laughs> switch, she goes, "Hit the switch now!" And a text box pops yeah. up. <laughs> hit the switch, and you really can't hit it because because she calls I, you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was like the second time I played the game, I was like mashing at that part, and you really just can't get it. God. Um, and then. She stops. Say, she's like, "I'm sorry. I'm just worthless here." And then you get to the next room, and it's a, a legit, really hard puzzle. Yeah, the one with the all the tiles that swap back yeah. and forth, arrows. I had a lot of trouble with that one <laughs> until I figured out the little trick. Um, there's like like three or four puzzles that are actually like, "Whoa, that was that was really cool." Yeah, they're actually. like they're like there are only probably three or four actual puzzles in the game. Mm-hmm. The other ones are either you can either just bypass <laughs> them. Or, or it's some joking thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The second four flower that you in waterfall puzzle, <laughs> you send them across the water and then they all sprout. That was a legit puzzle. And it was like, when you figure it out, it's like, oh. I like it when you build the path to the sign. <laughs> and he's and like, like, you I failed have... the puzzle. <laughs> <laughs> I thought some of the papyrus puzzles were actually okay. Like the one where oh, yeah. he says he reshaped it to look like him. Yeah, Ooh, that one you kind of have yeah. to walk outside the yeah, puzzle to solve that it. That one's me. clever. Yeah, yeah, I really dug that. that I that thought the was... um, puzzle where you're sliding across the ice was pretty cool. I didn't yeah. think it was hard, but I yeah, think it was like, it, really it, like it cool thing good. to see. Like, mm, it yeah, felt good. the ones in Hot Zone are definitely way harder oh, yeah, than they're, anything else. They're puzzle puzzles. Like, like oh, those... and a couple, a couple of the um, shooty things. Oh yeah, the yeah, those ones. The last couple of those are brutal. Yeah, because you only get the one try. 
and then you have to like reset it. Oh man. Um, I think the first time I did it, I actually figured it out on accident. Yeah, like the first time, the first time <laughs> I, did those I was puzzles, playing it through a second time, I was like, "Okay, wait, what did I do?" Yeah, the first How time did I, I did those. The first time I did those, I was just like moving it around. I was like, "Whatever, it'll happen eventually." Up oh, there's my shot. <laughs> and like you, the second time I played it, I was like, "Wait a minute, was there like a lot?" No, oh no, I just kind of fucked my way through this. And then I was like, "Okay, um, wait, wait, okay, I can do this. I can. What do I do?" <laughs> really funny another yeah, thing zone. in hotland or is it hotland or hot zone hotland <laughs> hotland the music is so good absolutely yes. yes is there anything that's going on oh yeah there's all the all the beats with metaton there's the um the cooking show <laughs> oh god which is funny mm-hmm. the cooking like, show mm-hmm. is when i thought is this frog fractions too <laughs> <laughs> Because, like Frog Fractions, all of a sudden it turns into a shoot 'em up where you're racing against. Is yeah. it the, it's the bomb thing, right? Yeah. And it yep. like shoots up into the sky and you're. Turns into a shoot 'em up. I'm just like, what is this what? game all of a sudden? And then it's like, oh, we don't actually need it. We already prepared the cake ahead of time. Don't you yeah. watch shows? <laughs> yeah. And the, um, oh. the opera scene. No, well, it, there's the newsroom first where you have to newsroom. defuse all the bombs. So good. A, and a dog. A dog is doing something. A dog exists. A dog somewhere. exists somewhere. <laughs> I think like the second time I just like reported on the most mundane thing I could find. I can't remember what it was. Off Probably the, the dog. No, I don't think it was a dog. I think it was just like a piece of paper or something. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of like really mundane ones. Like there's like a basketball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, then and he's got a report the for them all. Mm-hmm. That dog's a bomb. That basketball's a bomb. <laughs> Those bombs are bombs. Those bombs are bombs. <laughs> <laughs> if little... you don't defuse all these bombs, then this bomb will go off. <laughs> Doesn't I, the I... dog's tail like light a fuse as well? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and the way the um the news backdrop falls away. Yeah. yeah I really yeah. like that too. Um. Also, I got through that like with not too much difficulty. But when I watched Anna play it, I realized just as the timer approaches zero, it like does all these really cute things. Yeah, it yeah, slows it, it, down. It slows. Yeah, there's no way to lose that. I don't believe. Mm-hmm. But no, it, meta- it was just enough that it felt like she was still about to lose. Yeah, yeah. I remember feeling that time pressure the first time I played. I was like, oh god, no! Mm-hmm. I suck at timers. Please, no. Yeah, at the end, it's like. Five seconds left through a long scroll at the bottom. Then it's like four seconds left. Yeah. Long scroll. Yeah. Three four seconds left. Seconds and yeah. Left. But then even if you just wait it out, which I did my second time, like he doesn't actually kill you. Yeah. That's funny. I think the opera scene was really great. Oh god. Yes. So what the. F- I think that was my. I think that's my favorite part because the title of the game changes too. Undertale. It changes to Undertale the musical. Yep. Is that the most explicit reference? I think so. Yeah. It's because that is like really check it out. Final Fantasy VI. I like that game a lot. Mm -hmm. It's weird. It's like doesn't it kind of start off doing its own sound sample and then like halfway through it just goes into SNES sounds. It just goes straight (laughs) into that that like sampled vocal. Yeah. It's so explicit. Yeah. I think the second one is maybe the Temi Village, which is yeah. over somehow. Uh, oh, we have to go back to the, for that. <laughs> second playthrough. Um, 
So the uh, the opera scene is really cute, but then really I think what sells it is bringing back the colored tile maze. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, that was so funny. It's like so the best funny. callback possible. Yeah, it's like oh god, and now they're not going to explain the rules <laughs> and make you go yeah. through it. It's like wait a minute, was but, I supposed to remember but, this shit? It's also like the fire is going towards you. Yeah, and Alphys uh, goes, "I've disabled the firewall." <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. And then at the then you fight um you fight the Metaton, and then Alpha saves you by teaching you how to turn yellow, which turns it into a shmup. Yeah. And then Metaton goes away from the fight, like, yeah, oh, you defeated me, whatever, and just walks off. <laughs> just slinks off. So it's <laughs> funny in all the in all the sections with him, he won't actually kill you. And then the color tile puzzle is obviously the one you're kind of supposed to fail. You can get through it though. Yeah. It's just like, they just accounted for everything. And I think, like, if you don't move and don't step on a green tile, there's special dialogue because there's supposed to be an enemy if you step on a green tile. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, what? So many different variations. And he only shows up. God. No, I think he will still fight. He'll just be Yeah, like, yeah. But he says, like, you stepped on a green tile, and when you st- step on a green tile, you find an enemy, and that enemy is me. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So, so that will change to something else. Cheapers, creepers. After that, I think you fight um, Muffet, right? Muffet, yeah. Muffet's fight is really good. I... The build-up to that fight is really cool, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Where, like, you see like... the spiders slink up, and they're like, <laughs> Oh, God. You it's do funny that really cause... good. That was too good. Did I, actually? <laughs> yeah, that was too good. <laughs> <laughs> that was... Okay, <laughs> now, now all of your laughs sound ominous. Yeah. <laughs> Muffet, oh, stop it! <laughs> how how about spiders. that music? Oh, God. Said it's what like, a theme. It's like a dance party in Castlevania. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Muffet does a synchronized dance with the spiders. Yep. I feel spiders bad because I... Time. I feel yeah. bad because I skipped that fight my second time just testing the spider donut thing. Yeah. I accidentally got the spider donut thing the oh, second wow. time. I was just like, I needed to heal. I had a spider donut. I was like, <laughs> well, I bought this at the first of the game, so it's probably going to heal me for the least. You know, you're trying to value what you have. So I just used it. I was like, oh, what, the fight's over? <laughs> well, shit. Yeah, you can just use it first turn, and it yep. just ends. She's just like, oh, okay. That's the most Kojima thing, is to have, like, one of the best boss fights and just be able to skip it. Yeah. Totally optional. I think. I think for some reason that um, in the Final Fantasy se- in Final Fantasy Seven you can you have there's a fight with um, Rufus and the Turks. I think that's pretty good. That's really good that you can skip. Mm-hmm. I don't remember actually. I just read about it. Um, that's just the Muffet's fight is really clever and it's really funny because it's the only major boss fight that isn't actually like an important character. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's just kind of, you know, a, an obstacle you meet along the way. She's not really a part of the story for any big reason. Sort of like the and, dump. And like I said earlier, um, she's the one that, like, first has, like, what feels like a really overwhelming attack. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that's feeding the dog. Yeah. Because okay. she already does, like, something to try and weaken you a bit. hmm And that, like, moves back and forth. Yeah. And then it's, like, going up, and it's going back and forth, and something is, like, chasing you, and it's just, like, so much is going on. Yeah. You just kind of had to tank through that shit. It's so good. Yeah. It's so good. 
It's so scary. It's so good. And, and then she just gets to know. It's like, oh, you've never killed a spider. Okay. <laughs> it's funny. That happens even on No Mercy. Like, because there's yep. no spiders in the game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But just I think. Yeah. I think the reason I've heard she doesn't have a major story role is because it was a Kickstarter kind of uh, boss. Uh, That's just, why she's listed as a guest um, oh, enemy. Yeah. Then. Yeah, it's, I didn't um, know that. It makes perfect sense. It's integrated really well. Yeah. yeah. It's so funny. Because well, all the I, could, areas... I, I think I saw something on Tumblr where it's like, all these bosses, when you don't, when you do this or do that, it's like you help them overcome something and like deal with their fears and their emotions. Yeah, most it's just like, where's my fucking money? Where's my fucking <laughs> money, bitch? You can pay Muffet. Yep. To mm-hmm. attack you less hard. I did that a lot on my first playthrough as well. I gave her a shit ton of my money. <laughs> she's, she's kind of an evil character though. Like some of the stuff I've seen in the no mercy route she's like i should have murdered alphas that's that nerd yeah. like wow <gasps> what's something yeah. like a shapeshifter was hi- hired her to kill you or something oh, yeah she yeah. does she mentions that in the um in other playthroughs too i've heard oh, i know she mentioned weird. that in neutral pacifist where she's like oh a shapeshifter mm-hmm. paid me oh weird and you know what else what although you know what if mm-hmm. you do kill her a little spider comes up with a flower and puts it where Aww. she died. Aww. So. I, I wish on No Mercy you killed that little spider too. <laughs> it should be an option. I mean, you can kill the fucking snowman. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> God. So just just like even this, even this character, it's like there are still people who depend on this person. Yeah. Who, yeah. who she loves and who love her back. And it's just Aww. even killing the spider boss i was like kind of a little punch in the gut at the end yeah that's perfectly punctuated right there at the end mm-hmm. God. um is there anything else of note in hot there's tons of stuff of note that we've uh, over probably but is there any big moment in hotland left until you reach the hotel i just there's, do you fight no. the uh royal Guards? Yes, there's the gay oh, guards. The gay guards. Yeah. The gay guards. It's so good. The gay guards. Just polish up that armor. <laughs> oh, is it hot in here? Is it just me? <laughs> oh my god, it's so it's great. Armor. Yeah, the one starts sweating <laughs> and attacks get attacks get. Oh them. yeah, they sh- start shaking around. <laughs> yeah, it's it's hilarious. It's so cute. And then they go and he- have ice cream. Yeah. And then they say that we're gonna not kill you. And then if don't tell Undyne. And then if you call Undyne, she calls <laughs> out on it. <laughs> oh, another thing in Hotland is the f- guy who asks you to remember his name. Oh, I love that guy. Yeah. So you just say yes, and he goes, you remembered. You remembered. His name reminds me of Styles Rockman. Yeah, that's immediately what I thought of. Oh, that's funny. But, like, it's a, just a funny game subversion where it doesn't actually ask you to confirm yeah. that you know his name. He just, just goes, I believe you. Yeah. Uh-huh. Why would you lie? God. And that's also where you meet Green um, Sailor Suit Girl. Yeah. yeah. Green Fire. <laughs> Who's just hanging out because of the barrier. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. And then you reach the hotel and you reach Braddy and Caddy, right? Yeah. yeah. Just yeah. more incidental side characters who are just perfect. 
what's it say? Like, go down to Shady Alley if you want some good deals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I like, like it's going so on. psyched about the destruction of humanity. Oh, so totally psyched. Oh, yeah. And then he can go talk to them in the true end, and they'll be like, sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're a human? Whoops. Oh. There's, like, a whole bunch of dialogue. Like, if you go to the burger guy, and then back to them, and then back to the burger guy, like, they fucking gossip about each other the whole time. Oh, That's wow. really funny. I oh, didn't burger know that. pants? Yeah. <laughs> I kind of hate him. Oh, yeah. He's kind of like, somebody compared him to Lars in Steven Universe. Yeah. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah, somebody goes, I drew human burger pants, and it's just Lars. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm 19, and I've wasted my whole life. Take it from me, little buddy. (laughs) (laughs) This is where you get your second date with Sans, too, right? Yeah. Yeah. This is the moment where, like, I think that Sans... First, you start getting an idea that Sans... There's more to him than you know. Yeah. No. He um he it also establishes his relationship with Toriel, um, which indirectly. is adorable. It's so oh. it's so sweet. Oh my god! Just, yeah, I love I, that I, line I, though. When I don't they... think I've really intensely had an OTP. Um. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, Sans and Toriel, I think, are just too adorable, and it's just yep. like there's one thing I wanted to believe out of my end. It's like you know what? Those two, they're perfect. Yep. What's he say? He's like, oh, there's some a certain type of integrity that comes with someone who laughs at a bad joke or oh, something. Oh yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. That one made me think of Polly definitely. Uh, right here. Yeah, <laughs> I made me think of Polly too. I was like, oh, Polly. Integrity. See, I've got integrity. Um, this, but yeah, this we is like the moment. He give, he threatens you. Yeah, he's just like you know, if I wanted to, you'd be dead right now. And like the music drops out, and this is the first time he actually speaks like in all caps. Yeah. And he does his um blank stare. Yeah. For the first time, which gets a lot of use later. Oh yeah. There's another. There's a line in that I think maybe only if you're doing pass fist where he's like, and it's been working out for you. You haven't died once. What's Wait. that look? What's that look on your face? Am I wrong? Yeah, it's this weird meta thing. And then if you've done No Mercy, you realize he's really good at reading faces. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is weird, creepy. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I just wonder what happens if you install, do a fresh install of the game, never kill anybody, never save, never die, and get there. Like, what would he say? He, I can't imagine there would be. A special case for that. But they've made special cases for everything. Like John said, the flowchart for this game is nuts. Yeah. The Genesis, There's got to be like the, a dialogue there. No Mercy Root ending has different dialogue if you do it twice. Oh, yeah. Which I guess is, makes sense. But or if you know is... Mercy, then Pacifist, there's changes. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Um, oh, I just <laughs> oh, want to go on shiver. the record and say really quick, um, Toby Fox has said that he doesn't like it when it's called a genocide run. Yeah, yeah. it was coined by a Let's Player making fucking Holocaust jokes. I, so yeah. he, great. he prefers it to be called No Mercy. Yeah, that's why All we've right, been using that term. So Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah I or thought... I guess you can say, like, the evil route. Yeah, that's like, true. Evil route is but so just... simple. It's just two syllables. Yeah, if... yeah just don't say genocide. Yeah. In cool. regards to under Did anybody say it before you? I don't think no, so. No, I don't think so. Way to go, That's Raquel. Way to go. Because <laughs> nice. well, wow. I'm, I'm pointing out why we're using that term. Do I have to bleep oh, you okay. out now? <laughs> I think... No. I'll censor you. 
<laughs> I know you're gonna censor me. <laughs> you censor. You threatened to censor me many a time. I'll censor everybody. Oh, censorship. Oh, it's everywhere. The, it, it's just three hours of bleep. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Another name for no. Nope. Really nice. Another Where name. Was... Another name for No Mercy is Hogwild. Hogwild. He said that. Toby said that on Twitter. Like, <laughs> well, you decide to go hog wild. <laughs> I like that. That's really cute. It strikes the same absurdity oh, that this game has. It's cute, but not for that route. <laughs> there was one funny joke that came out of the evil, the bad name, um, with the Crypt of the Necrodancer mm-hmm. trailer for the mod that Reed linked me. There was an Undertale mod, and I called it the Groove Aside Route. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. As you're just dancing through the thing. Pill, kill, kill. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. So there's this great hotel. Everyone loves Metaton. We meet Dad Comedian. Oh um, yes. <laughs> you can the hotel the elevator's busted, which is a running theme. Yeah. And um Is there a way to give stuff to the the under the doors in the hotel? They're like I want room service. Room service never came. Yes. I think you can bring their items. I forget what happens if you do, though. Bring uh-huh. the items they want. It's something. Um, yes. I, over there, though, is my, one of my favorite NPCs is the janitor who's made of slime. And is constantly cleaning <laughs> up his own slime. Joke. It's a great, like, tragic joke. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the Sisyphean complex. Exactly. <laughs> Thinking of Sisyphus. And then you walk out of this hotel, and it's just straight into the Ocean Palace. Yeah. I really like that one room, the transition. Yeah. Where, like, the yeah. music kind of is muffled. Oh, yes. so that that sells it. Because yeah. imagine without that room, it would just not work at all. Or just a silent room. Yeah. Uh-huh. And that beautiful artwork just as the core entrance. Yeah. God. I told Polly that reminded me of, like, Hyper Life Drifter. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely... Shades of Hyper Light Drifter. Mm-hmm. Hope that game comes out eventually. Um, oh, it's not out. <laughs> no, it's still not out. <laughs> um, so the core is really beautiful, and it's where suddenly Alphys is no longer protecting you and no longer is in control. So suddenly the enemies are really hard and the traps are like actual traps. Yep. Yeah. yeah. That was definitely something much more apparent on my second playthrough when I realized she was just fucking with you for Hot Zone. Yep. Yeah. So I, then she gets really sad and like, she starts freaking out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's interesting how like the ruins Snowden and the caves all kind of feel like one consistent area for their whole playthrough. But like hot zone and core are really connected. Absolutely. Because there's the whole Metaton thing. Yeah, exactly. When he talked about the game on his Kickstarter, um, updates. It was all area one, area two, area three, area four, hidden area, um, with the hidden area probably being the true laboratory. Yeah. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So he considered area four as just being really, really big, and one big thing with hot landing <laughs> core. Yeah. Yeah. Very apparent. But and, and core itself isn't that long. I thought. But it Although, just. Yeah. It's like there's definitely much more going on there because there's the whole town intermission, which is kind of unique assets. And then core has its own music theme and enemies. Yeah. Like it kind of feels like an area five, but like in hindsight, it's four part two. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. It plays the music. It, the music keeps playing even during the random encounters. Yeah. It does the Ocean Palace thing. Oh, God. I, that's so good. And then it's final, so good. final Frog It. Final, final Frog, frog it. it. Frog It, yeah. Um, I like Night Night. And they Nighty use, Night. They use um, night, the Night Night and, or Nighty Night and um, this big intimidating critter. And um, they use she and her for pronouns. Yeah. Mm-hmm. commented on which is just really, really cool hmm. oh man um yeah that area goes by pretty briefly because it's also um one of the more intensely structurally dense areas because most of the levels are really linear oh yeah 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 not definitely. So much the core the core is like confusing and the contrast is really apparent with the rest of the game i yeah. still don't really understand how it's laid out like for a minute i thought that it was randomized like every playthrough <laughs> Yeah, I thought I was like, I was like, like I, I tried to like playing through it and trying to map it out of my head. It felt weird because it was like, am I, what am I doing? Is this like a like lost forest kind of thing? Where... Yeah, it feels weird how it like maps out, but you know it all connects in some way. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's a very weird one. There's some kind of magic going on there that I really respect, <laughs> impressed by. And the last area there is also there's a bridge there where you get a bunch of random encounters, which makes the um, No Mercy playthrough a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> if you're horrible, you yeah. um, I like how there's two ways to go through that part, though. Yeah, like, there's the like the virtue or patience or something, and then yeah. combat route, mm-hmm. which is really weird when you're doing pacifist. Yeah, just like I'm gonna spare the fuck out of all you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then Metaton. And then Metaton. The Metaton EX fight is it's so it's really good. It really, is. Yeah. God damn, what a fight. De- Can I sum up this hammer. fight in one thing? Sure. When he asks you to type an essay about him. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, if you type legs somewhere, yeah, you get it like gives 1500. you more points. Yeah. Oh, wow. And if you type curse words, it kills your rating. Wow. I typed face or like face and i got and he said something like yes i am quite beautiful or something oh, wow i think both times i just typed in gibberish like yeah, i just hit letters too. and it was this like beautiful essay <laughs> it, reminds me, it reminds me of one of the final bosses in house of the dead overkill where it's literally like oh yeah you can just like mash the keyboard and win <laughs> death by glamour though yeah holy shit so good. Ooh. And it's a shmup. Yep. And it's a shmup. Oh, yeah. Let's have another heart-to-heart. That's so good. I love the, that. I've shown you my, you've shown me your heart. Why don't I show you mine, darling? <laughs> so good. This one's kind of weird on pacifist, though, because it's like you're blowing him up. It's like, I'm, I'm not killing him, right? I, yeah, that one can But you're just so in it. the moment that yeah. I'm just like, I'm just going to go with this. I think the game trusts me at this point. Yeah, you got to trust the game. And for what it's worth, I didn't shoot the heart at all. When I did the pacifist roost and the game oh. did, did, did eventually work, the fights, yeah. the the um attack still ends eventually. Yeah, it, it, it that fight end once you get like ten thousand, I think something. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's once ten... it hits like past that number, mm-hmm. it, you, like you can't do anything. It's ten thousand if you blow off the legs and twenty twelve thousand no matter what it'll just end. Okay, so That's you can kind of pacifist it, but maybe he thought that was too difficult for people to figure out. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Very well thought out. Uh, that's really smart. That's a really. And good. then all his fans call. 
Oh, the ending is oh. so emotional. It's so sweet. And then, and they, and then they play like, the opera theme. The theme from the opera earlier is played, only now it's unironic. Yeah. Sort and of fitting that, in the theme of everything ironic becoming unironic. Yeah. Hmm. And then it's just like, say, oh, well, it, it's just his battery. <laughs> Naps to well, Blue calls. Naps to Blue. Naps to Blue. He's so sweet. Mm-hmm. And there turns out to be a connection with them. So y'all didn't experience this. I don't know. I did the neutral playthrough first and killed everybody. Uh-huh. Um, so I shot the shot the hell out of Metaton. Oh wow! And then at the end, Alphys comes up, and is like Metaton. And then there's just silence. And then he talked to her again, and it's like it, it's okay. I can I can. I can just build another. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. Oh. Yeah. So my my Metaton fucking died. Oh and no. Then, and then when I did the pacifist route, the dialogue is exactly the same. Right yeah. up until she says, "Oh, thank God, it's just his battery." Yeah. Oh. Huh. So it's there's a really. Uh, good well, thing. I did neutral, and she said that. Oh, it's just his battery. Gotcha. Well, I I depleted Metaton. But you like killing everything, so. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't <laughs> see this thing with. Naps to Blue and all that because I just depleted his health bar, and then he died, and it felt really bad. And then there's a really good fake out in the because you think maybe he'll just die anyway because of his body, and it's just really sad. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. What Man, a game. What a so game. Do we want to talk about the connection between him and Naps to Blue? Yeah. Can you can you tell me how that is actually communicated in the game? I don't think I came across it. So if you buy the mystery key from Braddy and Caddy, whatever their names are, mm-hmm. and then go back to the waterfall and the house next to his, or the house next to Naps to Blukes mm-hmm. belongs to Metaton, and you can get in there. And there's a bunch of journal en- entries saying how he met someone at, like, an anime club, mm-hmm. and it was oh. Alphys. And then Alphys showed him drawings of a body she wants to make, and he's like, oh, this is the body it was made for me. I'll be the true me now. And then all the other characters for the whole game are like, what happened to Naps to Book's cousin? Where'd they go? Oh my god. That's that's the Naps to Book really cares because they're even related and ah That's adorable. Mm Mm-hmm. Would you smooch a ghost? Heck yeah. And also that that ties in more to Alphys feeling like she's lying to everyone because it's like, hey, I built oh, a robot yeah. with a soul. Yeah. 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 But in reality, yeah. she just put another soul creature into a robot. Yeah. And then when she says, haha, I can just build another one. Like, nope. Just oh, lying out of her. Like, it, fuck. Yeah, it's hurts much more. Yeah. Yeah. So that the line, the the oh my god, it's just the battery thing hits a lot harder. Hit really hard for me because it's like it was really a relief. Yeah. Ugh. If you call uh, Papyrus in the room of Napstablook's cousin, he's like, oh yeah, the the happy ghost. I think we called him Hapstablook. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then Undyne is like, that wasn't their name. <laughs> god. I really love Manathon. I really love. I really love the. Oh yes, yes. <laughs> and 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 how you can skip the cutscene leading into oh, the yeah. Manathon EX fight. Yeah, if you've already seen it, I noticed that yeah. my second time because I died. That's really really nice and clever. Yeah, and that you, you can also skip the um, the uh, opera scene. Yep. 
God. I love that scene, though. Yeah, yeah. I love just watching him sing, and it's like, you will, what did it say? It's like, you will die. Yeah. It will suck a lot. It's so great. Yeah. Yeah, when you're doing the colored tile part, he starts singing again. There's dialogue up there, like, and now it's so sad because they're going to die. die. Yeah. 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 Oh, fire. That's coming right at you. And it's like sped up. Yeah. Because I was just looking at the tile maze. I didn't even notice that my first time that there was more dialogue. Jeez. Yeah, oh. Meta- I guess Metaton is the penultimate boss fight, right? Yeah, there's, yeah. there's nothing. Yeah. There's nothing between, unless Sans. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I guess yeah. Sans is the final boss, though. Mm-hmm. Oh no, God! No, wait, yeah, no. Let's, as, talk, let's talk about Metaton Neo when we get to that. Actually, uh, Asgore's the penultimate final boss, and then Flowey. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I kind of, I kind of think of Asgore as a final boss, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I well, kind of think boss monster. Yeah. I basically kind of think of Undertale as just having four final boss fights. Yeah, I mean, pretty much does. Yeah, because yeah. Asgore is the final boss of Undertale as it exists as, as a video game. As a video game, before it just reaches outside of itself and flips everything inside out. Yeah. Oh, it's Flowey Tail. Flowey Tail. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> so, New Home is. Gut wrenching. Absolutely. I love the music that they Ugh. play for New Home. That's, yeah. Yeah. I absolutely love it. It's refo- bringing the focus back to the main theme that we mm-hmm. heard all the way back with um, in Home. And then also it incorporates um, Azrael's theme near yeah. the end. Yeah. Oof. Ooh. It's a oh, very, it's a... very chilling walk towards that final corridor. It's just really, really good. Giving the. Um, whole backstory of the game of these characters through monster encounters where they just talk. Yeah. That's really, really well done. Yeah. Yeah. What are you going to say, Raquel? Um, I don't think I was going to say anything. Oh, okay. Um, so just, and then you get, and then you get to the end and it's like, um, why are you so sad? Asgore will save us all. Mm. And it's like three different lines of we can have hope because of this. Yeah. And it's just like you're marching toward that final room and it's just like they're doing everything they can to rip your heart out of your chest. Mm -hmm. It's just like maybe my death is worth these people's freedom. (laughs) And I was like and I like when I was going into that final stretch, I was like, you know what? I'm okay with that. Jeez. Like, yes, the dentist. Yeah. It's really hard because they had to do a whole lot to establish um they the whole game they've kind of been working to make Asgore terrifying and really sympathetic. Yeah, like everybody... and they're telling you this story like they tell you it in the beginning. Mm-hmm. They tell you it during in the waterfall section mm-hmm. and they're telling you it again. You know. Yeah. And yeah. each time just it's, each time it's elaborating on the story and you're learning more about what happened and what's going on. Mm-hmm. That's the first time you really learn about Azrael, even yeah. though he's been a part of the stories before that. Yeah. Yeah. And the first human as well, I think. And the first human. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who turns Another... out to, like, even before the first human is really a character, the first human is a really important aspect of the true yes. end's meta conceit. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Another thing in that area with the music, like, mm-hmm. on the soundtrack, it's just, like, this big seven-minute piece. Mm-hmm. But when playing the game, I noticed that, like, the music kind of shifts a bit right mm-hmm. when you go into the underground tunnel and it feels like it's really deliberately timed so that if you're just holding to walk and then you're going to monster- hit that one part. Yeah. Cause yeah. the monster dialogue is all set time. So if yeah. you're just walking, 
like it ends right when you get to the end and it's just yep. like oh that's so good mm-hmm. and it doesn't loop i found oh, yeah. out yep it just stops that's so that means a lot i think because i think while you're upstairs it'll loop but once you go down mm-hmm. oh i see Jeez, that's a that and that's the that song in this ost is just called undertale yeah yeah because the story is really about just kind of the relationship between the dreamers and the two humans, right? Basically, yeah. Yeah. In a lot of ways. Ugh. Oh. So by incorporating just because the the main theme of the game mostly plays in c- scenarios that have to do with one of the dreamers, um, and then Azrael's theme is very unique to him, and all comes together in the hopes and dreams yeah. song. So. Yeah, that you can say that this little stretch of um, new home is kind of like the keystone to Undertale's story. Yeah, definitely. It's a beautiful moment. It's mm-hmm. one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. And then my, my another favorite is right after that when you come across the mysterious man in the Judgment Hall. That's just yeah, mm-hmm. that's so good. Mm-hmm. They play it out so well. Absolutely. It would be really easy to make the term to drop the term execution points on the player and have it just be really eye rolly. Yeah. That would, I think the game earns it earns execution points. It earns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, but and I think the other one's even better. Love. <laughs> this, love too is an acronym is an acronym. That's it's short for level of violence. Level of violence. Yes. Like that's oh the one that got me. God. The way they turn it around on you. It's so good. Ooh, it really and course, is. And of course, I was leveling up the whole game up to that point when I oh, got really it dropped like, on me. I really yeah. like his explanation for it, though. Like, as you distance yourself from other people, it becomes easier to hurt them. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. that's yeah, so, it's explained so well. That's so fucking mm-hmm. important. It's, it's so not even. Fun. It's not even that you're getting stronger. It's just that you're. It's you're able to. It's like you're getting more heartless. Yeah, it's like I keep killing people, and the more I do it, the easier it gets. Mm-hmm. Just like that's so because it said it, and I was like, and that kind of feels so, uh, you know, applicable to other games. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, so. my friend Eric John talked about his te- getting his little girl, his little daughter, to play Dragon Quest, and all she wanted to do was talk to the monsters. Aww. Mm-hmm. And then they played it for a little while longer, and. Kind of got the hang of it, and she was like, "Fight, fight, fight!" <laughs> <laughs> and then Eric John had this parenting moment. Where he was like, "Shit, what am I? What did I just daughter? teach my daughter? What have I created here?" <gasps> so that's always. I'll say though, um, yeah. In my first playthrough, I got to level nine mm-hmm. because, like, if I encountered a new enemy, I'd be like, "Okay, I'm gonna just kill him the first time," and mm-hmm. then after that, I didn't kill them. Mm-hmm. I think my only exception was Aaron, which is like the flexing <laughs> one. The flexing one. It's like oh, the God. boy of the game. <laughs> yeah. So you killed him every time. I didn't kill him in the in uh, my second playthrough, but in the first playthrough, every time I encountered him, I was like, you know what, fuck boy. <laughs> <laughs> because that's exactly what it is. Like he winks at you. He, he can't and stop I, I, thinking. I think he even goes like, and then what? <laughs> yeah, it's so good. Oh um, we didn't talk about it, but there's the thing if you turn the naps to blue music on and then walk out. 
mm-hmm. you get into an encounter with two enemies and they're like, what is that music? Yeah. And one of them's Aaron and he keeps winking and the other enemy's like, why are you winking? Why are you winking? <laughs> I love it. I love it that like, there's another enemy. Uh, I can't remember what zone this shows up. But the, the, the enemy's name is Jared. And he always shows up, and he's just there to be that guy that is annoying that won't stop following other people around. And, like, yeah. you have to ignore him enough, you know, and then he's just like, well, okay. you know. I, th- I think he's in the, like, later areas. Yeah. I think he might be in the core. You know about Jerry? The thing about Jerry or Jared? Mm. He, it takes, like, three or so moves to get him to leave. Yeah. If you're, him. If you're attacking Jerry... It takes a million! It takes... Like oh, 20 really? or 50, 25 hits. Yeah. <laughs> so I was, you know, I'm trying to, ex- I'm busy trying to exterminate everyone. You're trying to exterminate the flame, the, the flame of life from these innocent little <laughs> creatures. And... and then fucking Jerry keeps showing up. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Jerry. God damn it, Fresno. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Fresno, why that did you do this? That wasn't very nice of me. That wasn't very nice of me at all. Good. Damn it, Seinfeld. <laughs> so, back so back, back to Sons. So back to Sons. When I first got there, the Sons only was thing, not nice to me when I got there. When I got there, the only person that I had killed was Toriel, and he just didn't have a lot to say to me. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, he didn't have a lot to say to me at all. It was just kind of like, you know, it's, it's, something, it's something along the lines of, You've probably made mistakes getting here, but probably nothing that most people won't look pa- won't bother looking past. You're probably gonna do fine. And then he just probably. left. Huh. Doesn't I have think a lot. Mine, he said, like, oh, I guess it, you know, like what you think you did best matters. And, yeah, you know, yeah. Like if you came to terms with it, I guess that's you know. Then I guess all is fine. Like, mm-hmm. how you felt about it in the end is what matters, and you probably made the best choice. And I didn't. I, it's like. It's, but it's like I was sitting there. It's like I didn't make the right choice. I feel bad. I feel mm-hmm. terrible that I killed Toriel. I wonder how much of it is based on which people you killed, and how much is just based on your level. Yeah. yeah John, so, John, what did yeah. he say to you? So I did many paths in Undertale, and honestly, probably there's a big delay after you kill Papyrus in a neutral run where you don't see Sands again. And you're just kind of waiting because you feel like shit <laughs> about yeah, it. Yeah, obviously. Unless you're a heartless, evil person. Yeah. <laughs> Who kills firekeepers, but we don't know anyone like that. This, was, the first, like this that. was my first run through, so I still had a soul going on. Um, you still had and, a soul. Sure you did, John. <laughs> of course. I got to Sands, and then I got to the Judgment Hall, and then this really emotional-ass speech about execution points comes up. And then it's revealed to be Sands. And then he just kind of talks and is like, okay, so how, how do you feel about your decisions up to this point? Um, and then he asked about my special power and if it, I, that power gave me a responsibility. And I said, yeah, it does. And then he said, so why'd you kill my brother? And then disappears. And That's so goddamn, like, how did you, like, you had to have felt like the biggest piece of shit in that moment. <laughs> And can I just say that, like, that hall is so visually striking. Yep. Yeah. And I love that they only used that effect once in the game. Because yep. if they would have used it at any other point or there would have been any other kind of sound during that scene, mm-hmm. it, it, it just would not have had the impact that it does. Mm-hmm. Jesus. 
So, so why did you kill his that... brother, John? <laughs> I disappeared. Sorry, I was actually thinking, and I don't. I'm, I'm sorry. Did you not enjoy that date? No, I, I didn't. You don't get to the, see the date if you kill him because he's dead. You flirt with him and then murder him. Wow. Did you flirt hey, with fire hey, I've too? done that many a time with men as well, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've never been called a boner. brother killer. He's a praying mantis after all. Mm. And then the scene with Undine oh. is like really, is at least like really cool and emotional when you kill her because she like does the whole, I won't lose to you. I'll never give up. I'll never give up as her body just melts. Um, that's really sad, actually. Mm. All right. So then in the, in the evil route, he just, um, you don't get any punishment or resolution with Sans in the neutral route. You just, you're just asked, why did you kill my brother? And that's it. That's all you, that's all you get from Sans until the very, very end of the game. Um, when he calls you up. So it's just. There's no sense of resolution where you get your just desserts or anything like you get in the evil route, kind of. It's like, you just hope he'd call you up and be like, hey, dickbag. Yeah. No, he doesn't. He leaves. There's no real punishment. You just kind of have to think about it. So I feel like that is very striking for a lot of players of probably doing the neutral route is just that sense of that unresolved question. Mm. Which, but in again. a way, is its own punishment. Yeah. But, yeah. like, the neutral route can play out a lot of ways. Like, yeah, that was my experience. Because you had killed, like, every boss. It kind of is an evil or neutral route than just him being like, well, you probably did what you have to if you've only killed a few mm-hmm. characters. Yeah, geez. So then after that, you go and see your own coffin. Mm. Which is so crazy. Unsettling. But. Very, but it's... And then, but, yeah, you're right. It's genius because it's not your coffin. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But the way they delay the name the, reveal... The way it's presented... Is so genius, yeah. Because yeah. it's this yeah. empty coffee with what you think is your name on it. Like, can you imagine, like, in any normal JRPG, like, that would be just an insanely effective moment. Because you know he's killed all these other kids and that you are next for their plan there that makes sense. So seeing your own coffin before a final boss fight is pretty foreboding. Yeah, it's Which really good. Which actually uh, reminds me, there's a part, like, when you fall into the um, garbage dump, isn't that the part where they're like, oh, what's your name? Like, oh, human yeah. is fallen, what's your name? Mm-hmm. That's the first and then you say the that... name, and then you say, and then it says the name you put in. And it's um, like, oh, that's a nice name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God. So... And also the game over screen is a flashback to um, uh, Asgore's last words to the fallen human. Yep. Mm-hmm. Which we find out in the true lab. Um, it reminds the, – the coffin thing reminds me of a scene at the end of Sword and Sorcery where you're climbing up a mountain um, that you get the sense that many, many people have done this before and it's just littered with these tombstones. Mm-hmm. So not only are you in this kind of big repetitious quest, it's everybody leading up to this point has failed. Mm. and it's really foreboding that kind of stuff works really well yeah yeah for sure i think journey yeah. does something similar Whew. and then asgore is just <laughs> he's really nice yeah. oh yeah he's a... howdy that's that's howdy. Like, like, 
okay, let me just finish watering my plants, and then we can move on. He's such a an oafish kind of bumbling leader, I suppose. He's such but... a dad. Yeah, he's a dad. <laughs> Quite literally. Definitely. God. And um, just in the flower room and offering the tea. Mm-hmm. And then the just think of it as a trip to the dentist. That's such a good line. And when you're yep. in the throne... And when you're in the throne room, there's another throne that's covered by a sheet. Ugh. Ooh. Mm-hmm. And the the walk to the barrier is very spread out, just a little, just mm-hmm. enough, you know? Just quiet, ominous, like, you really do feel like you're marching toward what could very likely be your end. Mm-hmm. And if you have a happy, pretty happy neutral playthrough, mm-hmm. um... Then you get to the end. Then when you have Sans's co- conversation, he's like, "You're faced with an impossible choice: you kill Asgore or die, um, or be trapped here forever. How are you going to get through it? Hell if I know. Yeah, <laughs> I'm it's rooting like for you. you. It's just you really get the sense of something kind of impossible is yeah. being presented to you. That moment is just built up so well, mm-hmm. and. There's also when you're at the um, restaurant with Sands, he's like, you know, couldn't you be happy here? Yeah. You got friends, you got food, you know, Mm -hmm. you have all these places to explore. Do you need to go back? Mm -hmm. But I guess it's up to you. I think I think the moments where you can't choose to leave are are to stay are um, Kara's. Kara's will kind of manifesting itself and also the will of the player to continue playing this video game. Yeah, I think that's definitely what they were going for. Yeah, you can't choose to stay with Toriel because that's then the game would end. Because as the player, you don't really want to. You kind of, Mm -hmm. you've got this game and you want to play it more, so your will is obviously influencing Frisk. Mm -hmm. What are you going to say, Reed? Uh, One thing I really like in the walk-up to the Asgore fight is how many damn save points there are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, like, there's one right before Sans, which when you walk into that room, you think that might be the final room because it's so unique, ominous. decorative, yeah, and ominous. And then there's, like, one in the flower garden. Then there's one in the throne room, I think. And then there's the last one that just says, the end. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, like, there's three save points, like, a room away in a place where there's never any fights. Mm-hmm. It's just, like... Save, just save, just so they could have that. Just so you could have that the end moment. I think yeah. when, you, when you make mm-hmm. that final save and it's just the end, Ugh. which is funny because it's such a lie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's also fun. It, Silent Hill Two does something like that where they have um, nine save points <laughs> on you know, on one wall right before the end <laughs> wow. of the game. It's just like, oh yeah, I know what this means. It's so silly too for me because it's like. Oh, it's been 20 seconds since I sh- saved. I better do it again. Save. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, okay. This <laughs> looks like the real end. Save. The end. Uh-oh. <laughs> just just those into... little fake-outs, I think, that would yeah. make you like, oh, then no, the next room's definitely the one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's played out really well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, then and then you get to the barrier room, and that and effect. It's crazy looking. Really oh. nice effect. It's a really simple effect, but it's really nice. It's really effective, though, because up until this point, it's been a very pixelated game, and then seeing that is like, whoa. The really cool, smooth gradient thing going yeah. on, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the um, the 
intro to the fight um, after he talks and is just like, okay, and these, then it goes into the battle screen and it well, plays the also, intro. Well, it's also right before that, he's like, oh, if you want to, you can go back and get this or do this. Because he really doesn't want to do this. Yeah, he's, he's giving like, you every opportunity to he's delay like, it. I don't want, uh, you know, I want to delay this as much as I can, too. Yeah. Mm. And the, oh, God, I forgot that then the soul jars rise up out of the ground. Yeah. Holding the yeah. six other souls and then an empty jar for yours. <laughs> just That's an extension of the coffin from earlier. Yeah, just, it's really, really, uh, really cool uh, little moment. Uh, I think a really powerful moment, too. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So up until this point, every save point, um, something fills you with determination. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's really... There's a little, there's a lot of arc to that, um, in good and bad ways throughout the game, but there's a little climax when you op- when you begin the um, Asgore fight, and it's twilight is shining through the barrier. You're filled with determination, and they time the text to the music. Yep. Like, yep. Mm-hmm. Determination. Ooh. And then he um, smashes the mercy button. And that's then he so smashes. Which is so, it's such a good moment. So fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's weird on the one hand for to force a player who's been pacifist for their whole first playthrough to fight yeah. at this point. But also, the game makes it pretty clear that that's the only option. That After you try a whole lot, it's pretty clear that you don't really have any other way forward. Um, they literally smashed the mercy button, I think. <laughs> yep. He yeah. is busted up with um, his spear, and then it's just like, it's gone. Mm-hmm. With his trident. Yeah. trident. Which, is, oh. yeah. which is, I think, the only enemy where that has a colored aspect of their sprite. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they use that to good effect, actually. Yeah. With oh, the I, orange I and think Sans has a little color. Yeah, well. Oh, God. Yeah. So, two two moments of that in the whole game. Um, used to very good effect and it's really hard it's a really hard moment for players just structurally because the whole game has asked you to just kind of trust that there is a way out no matter what yeah um and now they you just have to accept that there isn't for now yep. and i definitely pushed against this like Talking, talking, talking. Yeah, I kept trying, and then it was just like, nope, nothing's going to work now. There's nothing to say. He doesn't want to hear it. (laughs) And then it's just, you tell Asgore that he's killed you three times already. He nods nods solemnly. He nods solemnly. (laughs) God. Something like that. Yeah, something like that. really, really cool. Again, the game using those little things, those little meta points. It's just like that it ties into the narrative really well. Mm -hmm. For me, that was the first time where it referenced previous... Me too. Mm. Lives. Jeez. I, I actually do think it is worth talking to him, though, because eventually it lowers his attack. He'll also mm. lower your attack if you eat the butterscotch uh, pie. Oh. Yeah. Um, because it remember it reminds him of Toriel. Yeah, so like if you eat it at the start of the fight, his attack power will be <laughs> diminished for the rest of the fight. Because if you're in the new home, if you look around, there's like, I think there's like wrapped up papers with the butterscotch pie recipes. Mm-hmm. And it's like he's trying to replicate it. He just can't. Yeah. There's the one new home. The, there's one room in the original home that's under construction. And there's another room in new. In, and then in a um, new home, that room is open. And the other room is closed. And Toriel's room is closed. And yeah. his room is open. Mm-hmm. 
this is a random aside, but is there one healing item that like takes a million years to activate? I um, think it's like noodles or something. Yeah, yeah noodles. Scene. You actually cook them. That's I, so funny. I used that for the first time during the Asgore fight. <laughs> it's really funny. It's, it's really funny, too, because it's like you eat the noodles. They taste bad. You put in the seasoning. They taste better. Not good. Just better. But like the whole waiting for the water you to boil. You boil some water. This will take a minute. <laughs> I'm doing this in the middle of the The water's boiling. You put in the noodles. It'll take four minutes. Just Yeah, like right in the middle of the Asgore fight. That's so perfect. The most I, I almost kind of wish that it was actually like played out so it's actually like a whole minute. Yeah. <laughs> I think that would have been... Well, I mean, it, would, it would fit because Earthbound has a point in the game where you actually have to wait three minutes. You have to wait three minutes, yeah, before you so can enter funny. a place. It's so funny. But with oh. that, you like stay still that entire three minutes in yeah. Earthbound. You have to stay yep. still. Yeah. Jeez. There's several times where the game reacts instantly to you. It do, it waits to react until you move or doesn't react. Only makes a certain reaction if you don't move, like in the Naps to Bloop room. Mm-hmm. And um, um, Doggo. Uh, Undyne doesn't throw the spear at you until you move to go pick a choice. Yep. Oh, yeah. Um, so the thing that made the Asgore fight just, like, make me just collapse was um when they start playing toriel's song heartache oh yeah at the climax yep Mm. so good and his 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 attacks are some of like the most fun to dodge in the game yeah it's it's great because all the almost all the other bosses have like a gimmick to them like they change your heart color and tweak things run turn things around in interesting ways that are obviously really fun and then but then asgore's fight is just straight bullets and and I really like the trident swipes where you I got re- to like yeah. follow the eyes and it's like, oh, that's really cool. That's such a yeah, good one. that's really done well. Mm-hmm. A lot of it is like he's just a harder version of Toriel. Toriel. Mm-hmm. Like they're it's both a bookend. Very similar fire kind of attacks. Mm-hmm. It's just like bookending the game with these same types of encounters. Mm-hmm. It's just really smart and really helps close out the game story. You know, really yeah. well since this is the end. Yes, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> But it even says twilight, the light of the end of the day. You're filled with determination, the end. Everything is just making you feel like it's this is the conclusion. It's a pretty huge fake out. Yeah. It's a really huge fake out. It's bad. This is so why I really, so I really well. do think... Even when that fight is over, they play it up so well. Like, yep, this is the end. God. I really... Um... I really think of this game as having four final boss fights. Oh, yeah. Because of that. Yeah. So what happens if you fight him once he's defeated? Do you just kill him? Ask John. He's the only person I know I that actually killed that. him. I went the whole game killing everybody, and then I got to the end, and he was like, and it, you, had, you had to choose fight or mercy. And I was like, I'm sorry. I've made so many wrong choices. And then I make the one right choice. And then he just is like, you're right. We can be a family. Da, 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 da. <laughs> and he says all these things, and then Flowey comes in. You idiot! <laughs> and kills him. And that was the first time Kill I killed Kill or be Flowey. killed. And I didn't get the dinner with Sans, because I killed Papyrus. So I didn't oh. even get a little bit of foreshadowing about Papyrus hearing Flowey. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen Flowey since the beginning of the game. Oh, man. He comes in here. 
Yeah, so, Sans makes that reference to Papyrus talking to a flower. Like, where did he get such a strange idea? I don't know. Probably heard it from a flower somewhere. And Flowey comes in, and the game crashes. <laughs> and it's so good! It, was, got me yeah. the first, it got me the first time. It got me. I was like, what? Oh, come on. Not this. Not now. So, the game crashed for me, and John played it, like, several weeks before I did. So... The game crashes for me, and then I see his Skype message because he had messaged me while I was playing, and I didn't see it till then. And he says, "Where did? Where are you at?" And I just go, "The fucking game crashed," <laughs> and not knowing that that tells him exactly where I am. <laughs> so I'm like, "Well, I'm gonna go keep going and see if that was a bug or not." And then I'm just like, "Oh, oh, <laughs> because it." And it's another thing, it's played out so well because you don't expect that. Absolutely, like, you just, like, the only way you expect the game to crash is just because it's a bug. Mm-hmm. And they don't pull that trick before, either. Not at all. Yeah. Oh, they could not have it work if they had done it earlier. Mm-hmm. No, it wouldn't have worked well. They, the only small hint is the Undertale, the musical thing. Yeah. <laughs> Which I never noticed because I play full screen. Mm-hmm. So then, that that's really special. And then all Flowey has a really long speech here. It's maybe four or five minutes, I think. Yeah, oh no, but before that, they do yeah. the thing that literally gave me nightmares as a kid is an NES intro freezing and just stuttering on one <laughs> note. It's so goddamn yeah. terrifying. I it, love that. it was very creepy. I love that. I, I love the effect and but I was also like, this is unsettling. Yeah. Unsettling. Mm. It's just, and then the title screen pops up, and it's just flowy nine 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 nine. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. try to access the save file, and then boom, it, and then just, it just shatters. File erased. But before that, if you try to hit reset on the title screen, it just puts you into continue anyways. It doesn't let you delete your save at that point. <laughs> That's really cool. And then. <clears throat> Yeah, I don't think you can. I don't think you can change the name when you reset. Um, you can do it when you true reset. When you just do a reset, you like change name, and then it just clicks you back to the main screen. Yeah. Hmm. <sighs> Which Anna wasn't very happy about since I named the first human Anna. <laughs> <laughs> so then Flowey has a really long um, speech here, that's really effective. Really um, creepy. Yeah. So lots of faces. Lots of faces. So, Toby Fox, like, previous work was um, Homestuck, which is, which is, can be intense, which has um, a lot of intense imagery that I've noticed, at least. Um, and his Earthbound Halloween hack, mm-hmm. um, which is really um, uh, abrasive. There's a lot of strong noises and curse words, and yeah. it's scary. Um there's one point in the game where you are given a choice to either kill the person or turn the game off and you can and but if you press B then the remaining two thirds of the game opens up. Oh <laughs> wow. So this is all heady shit. Yeah. Uh, and this feels so it, he it feels like there's a whole lot aspect of kind of Toby Fox's personality here that's been kind of hidden. Mm-hmm. Up to this point. Um, yeah. 
because it's and, been such if you've been playing neutral or pacifist it's been such a sweet game like snowden is such a cute little town and everybody's mm-hmm. happy and friends yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so lighthearted and you have these goofy moments like walking to Papyrus's house with them or, you know. Mm-hmm. And even if you are Dirty Brother Killer, um, the game, I don't think it ever drops a swear word in, the, in that chunk of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not, there's no like blood running out of eyes or or, or anything, any kind of creepypasta stuff or yeah. <laughs> anything like that. It's all just a sad, mothery type game yeah even papyrus's death and neutral is kind of lighthearted and it's kind of cute yeah his head falls off and he goes at least i still got my head and his head (laughs) head blows up and his head falls apart so it's like uh, that was cute so there's a whole the whole kind of creepy pasta aesthetic thing has not really been a part of undertale up to that point which makes this jump really affecting um and you could say the same thing about gygus and earthbound obviously obviously yeah yeah yeah. except it's probably a more intense jump because of the crashing and whatnot yeah yeah because it puts you on edge already with the crash and then the black screen and the save file and you're like what is coming up you're already like what happened Mm -hmm. and i think they only fuck with your um game over screen twice in the game and the next time isn't available isn't before this Mm-hmm. Um, so in the upcoming fight, when they mess with the game over screen, it's really it's another just brand new awful feeling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really fucking scary. It's really effective. <laughs> um, that that thing is nightmarish looking. Uh, oh my god! Definitely. And then, then there's the boss fight itself. Yeah, it is like I've seen some pretty ugly monstrosities in Contra games. And this really puts that to the test. It's just like, wow, this thing is absolutely just horrifying. There's really something about how it's kind of photorealistic, but the way it moves. It's like like unnatural. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's like got the static effect going on. There's so much going on to it on the TV. Yeah. The TV with the faces like screaming out is so scary. Like there's a face that looks like it's just screaming in terror. Mm hmm. It, it, aesthetically, it's a little bit like Dance Party. <laughs> In a way, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> Just like the collage look, you know? Yeah, that's the word that, I was looking for. Yeah. Collage. It's a collage. Um, it's like weird stuff that shouldn't be scary, like the Venus flytraps, but yeah. it's presented in a way that's just so unsettling. Because it's, it's moving very creepily, and it's like, mm-hmm. mm, it, yeah, it's just scary the way it's everything, presented. Everything has like a slight aspect of being unnerving um on its own like uh, an eyeball mm-hmm. a venus flytrap a fly a bomb um it's yeah, all the, violent. those fucking bombs with the flowy face on them are That's hilarious so though good. they're just nukes <laughs> yeah just dropping little flowy nukes all over the place the weird plants with mouths on them those are weird the the mouth that is just rotated so yeah. it's vertical instead of horizontal yeah Oh yeah, and those eyes just kind of looking everywhere. Yeah, uh-huh. it's really unsettling. <laughs> just like a deity of complete insanity, mm. and it's just the game has a pixel look the entire time until mm-hmm. this moment, and only yeah. the barrier and this. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's never like, it's uh, it's never ever hinted at that this would be in there. No, mm-hmm. 
it's it doesn't just shatter everything aesthetically because you do have enough breaks like with the like how it plays the nice guitar music in some areas and mm-hmm. um, the sprite rotations where the pixels are rotated. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so, but then this is just so much further than any of that, and the intro to the fight where it's all floating, um, and a, in silhouette. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it mm-hmm. delays it as long as possible. Because when it fades in, you're just like, wait, what? What am I looking at? The laugh sound effect that plays when it does fade in. Yeah. It's it's a, the name of the song. That, the name of the song that plays is Your Best Nightmare. Yeah, your Best Nightmare. Oh, wow. It's, That's good. It's not available on the Bandcamp page where um, all the soundtrack up to this point is available. Yeah, it's there's oh, only yeah. 77 tracks on the Bandcamp. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, it's and amazing also, how well they hide the whole end of the game because like track 77 is Asgorn. He's the final boss. So that's yeah. the end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do think the music in this fight is a huge part of what sells it because it's just so it's fucking crazy, but it's also completely timed to everything that happens. Yep. Like, cause it breaks for the souls, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like matching it up that well, whether mm-hmm. you fail or succeed in those parts, like really is important. Mm hmm. Because then it's yeah. like back to the nightmare, dun, dun, dun. and then but then all during all the soul segments, it's the, just the flowy theme that dun da dun 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 dun. dun. <laughs> and the the soul segments are really great mm-hmm. because they're they're basically like the the weapons that uh, yeah, it's those weapons the other people had uh, the other six souls had had used, mm-hmm. and that's yeah. really really nice effect. It's really strange because it's basically. A five-minute fight or so where in order to sell the end of the fight, they have to completely establish a relationship between you and the six previous humans. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. without that relationship, it doesn't really work. And they just sell it through how the fight plays out. Mm-hmm. And when- it's also great how you, you can't really lose this fight. I mean, no. you you do die, mm-hmm. and the game will game over. It'll laugh at you very loudly, and then crash. <laughs> but when you load back in, you will be at the same uh, checkpoint that you started at. Mm-hmm. Almost once you once you start attacking his health bar, mm-hmm. um, that's a pretty lo- lengthy little segment. Um, and it when you die, it, it boots you back. Yeah, it starts you back mm-hmm. at that phase. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty forgiving in that sense. Yeah. So, yeah. I, which is important because you know, are you going to say? Re- I've seen some streamers have a really bad time on this fight, though. Like, dying five times before even the first soul shows up. Oh, and gotcha. So then they have to repeat the whole fade in, and they're just like, I don't like this. God. And again, I know we said it earlier, but the hearts, the color of the hearts do have, like, their own, like, meaning. And, yeah. yeah. Like, Eve, that meaning does have a bit of a correlation with the weapons. Mm-hmm. Which is nuts. Um, also that the fight is total bullshit, but to yeah. like intense artistic but it's effect. It's so funny because it's, it's like so funny. It's like save scums. It's like it's like Flowey scums. is yeah. so sick of you. He is. He's just like he doesn't give a fuck if it's fair. Mm-hmm. That's not the point. He is actively loading the save to trap you. He pulls <laughs> your sprite back to where it was. So he he's like, now nah, we're going to keep doing this. I hate you that much. I'm going to put you through this as many times as I want. Oh, it's not even that, though. There are moments where you'll see, like, file saved, file saved, file yeah. loaded, and you'll move back to where you were previously <sighs> so he can take actually damage. hit you. That's yeah, I really fucking think good. 
Like, if you're moving left, it actually waits for you to hit right and then load the save so you smash into bullets. Yep. Like, it really seems like deliberately watching your inputs like that. That's really, really smart and really, really good. It's really evil. I love it. Again, I, I know I've said it a few times. The way the game works in terms of memory and saving is so great. Absolutely. It's so hilarious it, it, that these aspects and the fight aspect and, you know, talking with Toriel in a new playthrough, everything. Right. It's played mm-hmm. so well. Mm-hmm. It's so funny, though, because the whole theme of the game or a huge theme of the game is saving and loading. Mm-hmm. But the game itself is actually always saving without your consent. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> there's mo- there are moments like in even in Pacifist where things change if you just close the game, but without saving. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. It still re- and it still remembers. Yep. Yeah, I didn't even realize that. It's the whole fight, prog- the progression of that fight and the way it uses just kind of the language of shmups and whatnot in this new way. Or just is... emulators in general to save yeah. them. Just yeah. Just against you. I'm just kind of... What I'm if just the boss kind of, can of... save scum your ass? <laughs> <laughs> and also, at this point, we don't know much about Flowey, so Flowey is basically just a reflection of... Evil. Yeah. Well, it, yeah. it's it's a reflection of the pl- of a specific kind of e- of way of playing video games and way video games are made. Yeah. Kind of the killer be killed thing and yeah. happiness. And how we said earlier, the higher your level, not just it's easier, you're stronger to kill things, but you're a bit more heartless. Mm-hmm. So you don't care as much. Mm-hmm. So for me at this point. Um, maybe not so much for Rhett, but, <laughs> um, but, you know, certainly for some other games, um, this was Flowey just being my reflection. Mm-hmm. Um, Gygus isn't a reflection. Gygus exists outside of everything. Gygus is literally an alien, yeah. it, like an yeah. outside force that needs to be purged in order to save the day and return things to normalcy where everything is happy and good. Right. But Flowey's, Flowey's not that. Flowey is... A way games are made and a way games are played that is there's something a little bit gross at the center of like I told you about Eric John's daughter. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. yeah. The Dragon Quest thing. And then being oh. like, all right, fight them all, kill them, kill them. <laughs> After a little while. Yeah. Um, and at this point, Flowey is just right is just right back at the player. This is a very internal kind of battle. Yeah. So, what did you do after the fight was over? <laughs> oh, man. Anna and I both went, kill, 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 kill! <laughs> the, the, course, internal, the internal psych... What? Of course you did. The internal <laughs> psychology of the fight hadn't really hit yet. So, yeah. really, I was like, this is a most, the most mind-bogglingly awful thing. Purge it from the planet. <laughs> forever. And then we paid for it. Oh, really? At the end of the second playthrough. Um, but oh, what really? Worthy? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, there are consequences. Um, <laughs> but if you... Um, also, a really cool moment is when you get the power and he lower, his defense is lowered to zero and you fight him a bunch. Mm-hmm. And Oh, and the troll face pops up. He, yes. I think I <laughs> tweeted... I think I might have tweeted, like, that was the most literary... That li- literary and poetic use of a troll face. Yeah. <laughs> I hate those things, but yeah, that's... That was really, moment. really good. <laughs> like, okay, you you earned that. <laughs> Ding! Ooh. 
it keeps like getting to like at that end in the um pacifist at the true end it keeps giving you like the moment when things would work out in like a mother game mm-hmm. when you've sung the song enough or you've um prayed enough or your brother loves you now yeah. mm-hmm. and then and then that's not enough and it rips it away it rips it away mm. Oof. and even then in, in the neutral ending it's like you called out for help but nobody, nobody came, came. Mm-hmm. yeah the place where that happens in Earthbound is when you come um, mm-hmm. to save everyone, but in but in Undertale, you're not really. It's not centered around you in the same way, right? Mm-hmm. So you coming to save the day doesn't make as much sense. You exist in another fashion in that game's story. Mm-hmm. It's really heavy. It really is, and like we'll be able to elaborate more on that when we start talking about the other ways that this can mm-hmm. go. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I guess for now, like, I guess you, that's the end you, of the neutral end. You basically. purged him. I I I saved him. I cool. saved him too. I showed mercy, and then at the end of the, you... that's like what the game is telling you to do mm-hmm. a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And it's like, can I really kill him? And he's just like, he's just straight up doesn't get it. He's just like, mm-hmm. you know, like, I'm going to come back and I'm just going to do this again. Do you think I really learned anything? <laughs> he's like, I'm going to stay evil. I have not had a character arc. Lesson, you know, and <laughs> he, he kind of tries to goad you into kill me, do it. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. that's the way you can stop me. But I was like, I just can't do it. But if I... you spare him, he ultimately gives you, like, the way... He, 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 he doesn't open the path for um, the pacifist end, but he gives you a lot of the clues for, like, look, like, if you really want to do things right, this is what you mm-hmm. probably need to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that actually carries through to follow playthroughs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, when you meet him on the next playthrough, he's like, okay, don't kill anybody, and then it just skips the total first fight where he fakes yep. you out. Yeah, whereas for me, he didn't show up on the first fight. That's so he doesn't so show up for the... So for the second game, the second my second playthrough, he didn't show up for the entire game until after Asgore. Oh, so wow. I didn't know if he was going to show up again. I thought I'd save, I'd fixed everything, and everything was going to be okay. Um, oh, wow. but, oh, I and, do want to say um, yeah. because I had some save issues because it was my old laptop got fixed. All that you know. Oh, if yeah. you follow me on Twitter, you know that whole story. Um, so when I did do my first like official playthrough that I finished, I already knew that Flowey was like the tutorial one. And so if you don't do anything, if you already know how that goes out and you, like, avoid his shots and everything, he's like, you already know what's going on, don't you? Oh, that's really cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I didn't and get that because I never had is, to. There is no, like, previous memory it had to go on with that. It was a completely new computer, new save. But it, there is a previous memory to go on, and it's that you already knew how to play the game. So in a way, the game's still meta-fucking with you. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Because you, as the player, like, you knew what to expect from that like, encounter. Like, yeah, knew. So but he knew he that you knew. You had either yeah, seen it okay. or you'd played it. And it's like, okay, you know what's going on, so... So it's cool that he programmed in a condition like that. That sort if you like... avoid all the attacks... Yeah, I did that like, on True Reset. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's true. I think I did that on my True reset. reset as well, with my uh, past run. Did we all do True Reset? I just did a reset after my neutral. Okay, so no, but no, so yeah. Reet and I were the ones who were like hovering over <laughs> Actually, the button. Actually, no, I just did a reset because uh, Toriel remembered. 
that I said uh, cinnamon, and then I tried to say butterscotch, and she was like, no, no I think you said not, this. No. And I was I like, Toriel, I'm trying to make you happy, because you were trying to say, oh, well, it's butterscotch, okay, and I thought you liked butterscotch, so I'm going to say butterscotch to make you happy. <laughs> the other day, I forget who it was on Twitter was saying, it was either Kaz or Boner, I'm sorry, I don't remember, was saying that morals, game, systems, and games always are kind of weightless because there's no true stakes. Mm-hmm. And when I got to the end of this game and it presented me with Flowey beaten down and it said fight or mercy, that felt like there were stakes for once. Yeah. Like, don't fuck mm-hmm. this up. Mm-hmm. And then I but... went over I went over to Mercy and he's like, What? What are you doing? Mm. And then he try he does he tries so hard. He tries to so get you scary. to just go for it. I'll kill you. I'll kill everyone. Yeah. I'll kill everyone you love. And you really <laughs> feel like you're doing the wrong thing by letting him live. Yeah. He's just get, he's you just getting progressively that. more just like sadistic toward you and his face contorts more yeah. and more. Yeah, I think but it's a I new also face too. I also got the feeling like it's been a long time since he was showed mercy or love. Yeah. And he doesn't know how to respond. And, like, for so long, his only response was violence and cruelty. Mm-hmm. So he can only respond with violence and cruelty to acts of love. Right. Mm-hmm. You know? And I love how, whichever way you do it, the ending of the game is just so kind of sharp. Where it's either he goes, I knew you had it in you when you kill him. <gasps> or, if you don't kill him, it's just... Flowey ran away. Yeah. And, that, and that's the last line before the credits. Yeah. It's so weird. Yeah, and the little sand speech. Mm. Yeah. And then yeah. The, well, there's like a million of those, though. Yeah, yep. uh, there are a lot. There's no way we could cover all of those various... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. There's I don't think there's any way we vari- can, like... Text-only variations of the neutral end. talk about all these various lines of text. Yeah, there's just no Like way. we said, Toby Fox probably just has a wall devoted <laughs> to these various walls of text. <laughs> and just, like, yeah. connect... I'd love to see a word oh, count. If you do this, it goes that. If you do this one, it goes over there. Like, just drink everywhere. I will say, though, I read through some of them, and there's one that's just fucking heartbreaking... Oh no! It's if you save Toriel and then kill Papyrus. Oh no! So Toriel comes back as queen, but then gets overthrown because the monsters are pissed that you killed people. So Sans goes to live with her in the ruins. Oh! But then he goes, "I don't have the heart to tell her what you did. That because that because she let you live, you went on to kill my brother." Oh my god! Oh wow! Don't come back here. You're not welcome. Click. There's also a line of text. If you kill Toriel and he Sand is talking about when telling knock knock jokes mm-hmm. and he's like, but she hasn't shown up for a while. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it's like, the one I got the first time. Ooh, I was like, oh, like, no, oh, that hurt. Cause you know exactly who he's talking about. And it's like, Mm. Yeah, the, the the neutral end that I got, Sam was, uh, or uh, it was, I don't think Sans is the one that told me. It might have been Papyrus that said, like, you know, like it's just like, you know, we're getting things going down here, and when we come up there, we're gonna kick your ass. <laughs> I've noticed Jeepers. most of the neutral routes are pretty negative. Yeah, if it's... you kill anybody, the game is pissed at you. Yeah, like you're just straight up not welcome here anymore. Mm. Yeah, Sans told me to go to hell. Which I think was the first time the game swore. Wow. I mean, you killed every boss except yeah. Nazgul. 
Oh yeah, I, I oh, you didn't that. kill Asgore, but then Flowey did, and people blame you for that. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> Good job, hero. <laughs> so are we do we have neutral end out of the way? I guess so. Did we cover Temi Village? We didn't. We didn't cover no. Temi Village. Hoi! Hoi! I want to go I to asked, Poleg. I asked Paul if we could start that, if that's how we could start the podcast. Just all of us going, hoi! But she never said yes or no. Well, <laughs> this place she just ignored my- message. Yeah, Temi, we- Village, Temi Village has my favorite joke in the game. I already told John this, but... When you walk in, there's just four of them standing there. And the first one says, Hoi, I'm Temmie. And this is my best friend, Temmie. <laughs> the next one is, Hoi, I'm Temmie. This is my best friend, Temmie. <laughs> and the next one says, Hoi, I'm Temmie. And don't forget about my best friend. And then the fourth one just goes, Hi, I'm Bob. Hi, I'm Bob. <laughs> <laughs> I did say this when I first went to Temmie Village and like dealt with everything. My first like tweet about it was, Temmie Village is a shit post. <laughs> <laughs> So you I can send like... the, the Timmy, the, the, the Timmy shopkeeper to Kolig. Kolig. <laughs> Please to... buy. Please buy. Oh yeah, the, the stupid Bob line made me laugh out loud. Out loud. <laughs> yeah. Like when you fight the Tem and Tem just floats away. Just floats away and they're just vibrating the whole time. <laughs> they're Tem so is allergic. Tem, Tem is allergic. Oh, God. <laughs> Tim is allergic to Tim. Hard boiled. It's hard boiled. There's a Tim watching the egg until it hatches, and you look at the egg, and it's it's hard boiled. Tim, proud parent. And there's a poster that talks about like the history of the Thames. Yeah. And it's, it's like, like a Tammy riding a dragon. <laughs> <laughs> so, a while ago when we were talking about Polyclicker, mm-hmm. John said something like. I think there's value in inside jokes, even for people who don't get it. Yeah. And I think <laughs> that's kind of this whole game, but especially Temmie Village. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It's one inside joke that we don't get, but it's still funny. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, Temmie is a person. Yeah. One of the side yeah. artists. Yeah. But yeah, Temmie Village is really great. Um, if you send the uh, the Temmie shopkeeper to, to Coleg... <laughs> um, He'll come back very quickly. <laughs> uh, and then he'll she's sell you... She's just graduated fast. She's very smart. And they'll sell you the Tem armor for an absurd amount of money, but every time you die, it goes down 1500 mm-hmm. So, oh. And it's the best armor in the game. Well, I, did, I had no idea. That's really cool. Yeah. God. And then when you try to sell her items, she's like, but I have to save for grad school. Yeah. <laughs> but I have to save for colleague. No, it's after you send her to college, it changes oh. to grad school. Grad school. <laughs> God. Because the flow chart, there's a case for everything. Yep. She couldn't keep saying, I have to save for college because you already went to college. Going to grad school. <laughs> All right. I guess um, we want to talk about for a minute just the process of reaching the true end because it took me a while to get to the part of the game where mm-hmm. things started being really different from what you can get in a neutral run. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, I saw everything being totally different since I saw the dates, all the dates for the first time. Yeah. Um, going in the, the second time, and I saved Undine and all that, and it was really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I told you how the Metaton fight was a lot, very impactful for me because the text. Yeah, because you got. Like yeah. 
Um, but so I got to I got to Asgore, and mind if I just share my experience here? Go for it. Quite where the game branches. Um, I got to Asgore and I fought the hell out of Asgore, um, and then I I did fight this time because last time I did Mercy <laughs> and mm. I was like that didn't work, so let's do Mer- fight this time. And then he, um, Flowey shows up for the first time in my whole run and kills him. And then he just is like, I'll always be here to take your happy ending. And he's about to morph into the, then instead of him morphing into um, the big flowey again, he just, it just um, cuts ahead and cuts ahead to the end of the neutral run. Huh? Oh, wow. So you can't, you can't fight Omega flowey twice in one save. Oh, actually. that's interesting. I think that's really interesting before true reset. Um, and which I think is smart because that just made that whole fight that much more impactful in my brain. Yeah. Because, oof. Um, so I try again, and this time I do show him mercy. And Flowey shows up and kills him, and Flowey has different dialogue. <laughs> and then I show up and try to spare, try to talk to him more and try a number of other things I can think of. And I equip his item, equip certain items, and... Um, Flowey shows up and kills him and just says dot dot dot. Um, and you idiot. So, guess what character I'm kind of feeling? I'm feeling like Homura from Madoka at this point. Yeah, just because there's no way for you to win. Which I think is an intended effect. Is yeah. that that sense of this is just an impassable wall here? Yeah, and it feels and it's really hurts. Um. And then it doesn't change anything until you walk back out. And because I didn't have Fla because I killed Fla this was my consequence, my punishment. Because mm-hmm. I fought killed Flowey. Mm-hmm. Um he didn't give me any hints. Oh Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so obviously so all that you have to do is just walk out of the dungeon and then Undine calls you and but if I hadn't known about, I knew about the Undine thing because of um, Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> so I did that earlier. But if I hadn't known about that, that it would have been really rough. Um, and I really respect that. I guess that's really cool. Yeah. Um, I guess what was y'all's experience there, getting to the that part of the game? Uh, I definitely did the whole fought Asgore again, and like, oh wait a minute, like why I thought I was supposed to move toward you know an ending like why does it look like i'm just here at the same end and then you know i didn't get that you had to like walk back out and get the call um yeah from undyne uh and then you know from there on like the 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 path towards the true end is pretty straightforward you've just got to do a couple more things uh they you know you go on another date which is fantastic (laughs) oh my oh sorry i unmuted (laughs) Anna, Anna came in to sh- share something. Um, but yeah, the alpha state is really perfect. Mm. Oh, the practice date? Yep. She's just going on a date, you know, to make you feel better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For me, uh, getting the pacifist ending was basically the complete opposite of John's experience. Where because I had spared everyone on mm-hmm. my first playthrough... I was going to restart the game, and then I think Mirai told me on Twitter that, hey, you can just get the pacifist ending now. And Flowey had even hinted at that. He was like, perhaps you could have been better f- friends with Undyne. Yeah. 
So mm-hmm. I didn't want to screw anything up. So I just kind of looked on the internet's like, hey, how do I get the true ending? And they kind of laid it out pretty simply. Be friends with Undyne. Be friends with Alphys. Mm-hmm. Then visit Alphys in the true lab, yeah. which is her bathroom. Oh, yeah. But like, <laughs> yeah. the way it was worded, go to the true lab in the bathroom. Yeah. Made me think it was going to be some gag. Yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> I can see that. Silly. I can see that. Oh, I get it. She's like in the laboratory. Huh. Yeah. But not even that, just but her I just kind of pictured her being a recluse just like sitting on a toilet with a laptop and like she gets her work done in the tiniest room cuz it's yeah. a little... And then when I found out what True Lab was, I was like, "Oh." Oh no, True the, Lab. Yeah. Holy crap. The True so, Lab is really interesting. Are we ready so... to go to True Lab? I, it was so weird for me, though, because I had expected it to be another funny moment right after that mm. date. And then, no. <laughs> yeah, because that date's so cute. That's where the anime is real, right? Yeah. Is. Mm-hmm. And she's wearing her dress and she's all she, like nervous. Oh, my God. She in the trash can. <laughs> and the moment, the moment, my, my, my favorite moment of that date is when um, Undyne is talking about training Alphys. And it's just like, I'm not going to train you. <laughs> and, then, and then just... Papyrus slides up from the background. He's just like, hey, how's it going? <laughs> I think the moment where she's like, shh, 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 shh. it'll be okay, Alphys. It'll be okay. Shh, shh, shh. And then, and then throws picks her in the trash can. Tunks her in the trash can. <laughs> and then. I love that a basketball the- rim appears over the trash can. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. <laughs> Undyne's theme starts playing, Spear of Justice. Also, I just, like, really love how Undyne is dressed. Yeah. Yes. Her wearing, like, wear is awesome. And, like, yeah, and she's, like, wearing a leather jacket, and I was like, Undyne, I love you. She is the best. Yeah, it's, like, for, I think she has kind of the most dramatic arc, besides maybe Flowey, obviously. Yeah. But, like, where she starts is this badass clang, clang, clang knight mm-hmm. that you're terrified of. To her being just kind of this punk girl in a leather jacket talking about anime. Yeah, it's so <laughs> good. She does have a, cute, a good speech when she's talking about Asgore, though, and how she like wants to be, how she wanted to be a badass fighter, mm-hmm. and how he's like, okay, I'll you know train you or whatever, and yeah, you know, how she, how he let her win, and so good. God, it's so nice. Yep, that that date is so adorable. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you and can then, tell her anime is real. That's the only choice. If you de- did, anybody if you, tell her? Did I everybody did, say that? I saw somebody like I watched uh, somebody do uh, a true end route. Uh, I was watching someone do it last night, and they told her that anime wasn't real, and it actually really upsets her. <gasps> it's no, really sad. I, think I, that, I have my Undyne like, brother uh, right there, and she's all smiley. No, Undyne anime is so real. <laughs> she doesn't like freak out. She's just like legit becomes like really sad yeah and it's, it's like, it's like oh, i'm gonna have to deal with this yeah and it's like i remember like at least once with anna jointly becoming really sad because we realized pokemon aren't real and they never will be real <laughs> oh god you dorks <laughs> and then Christ. and then realizing if someone believed that utena was real and <laughs> was based on historical events and then found out that it wasn't that would be pretty crushing. The crushing blow. Yeah. And she's legit just crushed. She's really bummed out about it. I'll try to be strong for Alphys, I think she says. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> God. So then you go to the true lab? Ooh. Oh, boy. 
Game where all of here. the game's secrets sort of start falling out. Jeepers. Yeah. Um, oh, they, oh, God, the way they pace out the reveal of um, Flowey's origin. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. one of the reveals. Yeah. Is really well paced out because there's two blank screens mm-hmm. um, that turn yeah, on as you walk you're out. You're reading all of Alphys's lab notes, and they're not in order, some mm-hmm. of them. It, like, jumps around a bit. Mm-hmm. So but you're basically finding out, like, you know, they, they understand that they need souls in order to break the barrier and that, like, w- with a human, when a human dies, their soul sort of sticks around and it's easy to contain. But when a monster dies, their soul dissipates immediately and their body turns to dust. So there's no way to contain the soul. Um, so basically, Alphys is doing this research um, and finds out that, like, injecting corpses with determination is the key to kind of like getting the soul to kind of stick around, but it has a lot of very adverse effects and isn't quite working as well as she had hoped. Mm-hmm. I think the most striking moment for me in that whole section is just the two terminals where it's like, everyone's going to get to go home tomorrow. Oh God. Yeah. And then and the it's next like, Oh one no, it's just, gone wrong. Oh, what do no, I tell no, them? No, 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 no. Because there's a part she's freaking out. She's like, what do I tell their families? What do I say? What do I do? I don't even answer the phone anymore. And then, speaking of callbacks, when when you first go to Alphys' lab, I think there's like a box full of letters or something. Mm -hmm. And they're all unopened. Yep. And then Mm. you finally find out why way later. Yeah. It's horrible. You you hear how Shiren stopped singing because of her dead sister. Yep. And then one oh, of the bosses geez. in the true lab. Mm. And just like the monstrosities that you end up like fighting while you're in here are just like these awful amalgamations. They're like horrible experiments that are just like, wow, everything here is awful and pain. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just like the, 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 the fight, like some enemies have attacks that just don't work or they're, they're completely busted <laughs> on purpose. And it's really yeah. cool. Um, and the music. The music is like does cool. an amazing job. Like I think every fight has a unique track here. I think or so. To it. Oh man. And like the dog one is just like distorted and it's very distorted. But there's like part of the Snowden theme is mixed in too. It's just mm-hmm. this mess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And but and you got to make them feel better by doing whatever you know made that enemy that specific enemy feel better. So you have to hum or you mm-hmm. know do this or that, mm-hmm. which is a really nice effect, I think. And one of them looks like Mini Gygus. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It's uh, it's the uh, memory head, I think it's called. Oh God, yeah. And you have to like use your cell phone to call it, and it's just like, "Welcome to my special hell." <laughs> Oh my god. This is more of the Earthbound Halloween hack yeah. personality yeah. coming through. I think is a good... There's, he let that run there. rampant in this area, I think. Mm-hmm. There's the one that's the dog, and you have to beat it kind of like Greater Dog, where you play with it for a while. Yeah. But the dialogue is just like it scampers up the wall happily. Like It's like, it's all just, weird. Yeah. Like, it, it, like, it comes over to you like dripping goo all over you and it's just like pet it sure and you have to remember you're like your frisk is a kid yeah so it's... or they give them the, the the appearance of a kid so you kind of mm-hmm. gotta assume like maybe they're like 10 
I guess. Somewhere around there, I would say. So, and I think if you were in that situation as a 10-year-old, you'd be like, oh. Oh, dear. <laughs> like, um, and I know most people don't really care for Skyward Sword, but you know that first meeting with Girahim in mm-hmm. the dungeon, and he's, like, behind you, and he, like, sticks his tongue out? Yeah, that's And Link weird. has that face, like, oh, God, if I move. <laughs> yeah, that's he's totally fucking wigged out. It's like, you're wigged out, you are uncomfortable, um... Like, I'm all 24 flavors of uncomfortable right now. Because <laughs> I can say, as an adult in that situation, I would be, like, uncomfortable and, you know... Yeah, anyway, well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> myself smaller. So I'd, like... like roller coaster. Hell yeah. I got the dollar. <laughs> Inside and, jokes. <laughs> the funny thing, I, though, is that the true lab... Oh, I, isn't really scary because nothing there is really malicious and like there's the ghost that puts the blanket on you oh that is so i didn't see that until yesterday oh i didn't see that until i was watching anna do the true ending and i was like Mm. wait a minute what something happens here i thought that was going because there's the message that says like under the blanket yeah Mm -hmm. so i thought it was that because i didn't see the other one Mm -hmm. first so it puts the blanket on me and i'm like okay now what yeah, and that's actually... it. It's just like it's just a cute little moment. Yeah, it just I, that was adorable. Uh, I think it like... like the ghost like pats your head too. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It, like, like I just... loved it when that scene first started though, because Anna was like, "Is that its penis?" Oh jeez. Because <laughs> <laughs> it looked re- It was coming from where it looked like a penis would come from. <laughs> so it's really unfortunate placement of that sprite. I think. <laughs> And what but is yeah. an otherwise sweet moment? Mm-hmm. Um, I remember John. Can... Yeah. I remember John telling me before I played the game that, like, it can be really scary. And then I got to Waterfall, and I'm like, this isn't scary. And then I got to Flowery, and I'm like, okay, this is pretty unsettling. And then I got to True Lab, and I'm just like, fucking nope, nope. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> one out, one out. Like, the goddamn shower thing. Oh, my uh, God. Just like, <clears throat> like, and then nothing happens. Nothing it's happens. Like, it's just weird, cute. silent yeah, nope. moments. Mm-hmm. I think I feel like the true love just had unsettling moments, but for me it was never like scary, scary. It was just kind of like a bit like mm, a really good I'm uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I um, do think it had uh, cool puzzles like turning on the fan yeah, to get like rid this, of the I like dust. Use of uh, I, I mm-hmm. Its use of puzzles I thought was really cool. Mm-hmm. And it was one of the only areas in the game that has a non-linear dungeon design. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it feels. Well, I think more like. like it feels more like a dungeon. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Not to mention, and like the Silent Hill puzzles and moments, basically. And like, the, what are you doing back here? The notes being kind of out of order, plus it being non-linear. Yeah. Yeah. The videotapes. Oh, oh god, oh. videotapes. That made no sense to me at this point. Still, I didn't. Um, ca- I didn't. Under- I didn't quite understand it until I got to the ending and uh, Toriel called Asgore Gory. It was like, oh, oh, that's who that was. Because he's calling her Tori, yeah. Yeah, he's call he calls her Tori, and like, and, I didn't and it's like kind of. I think it's like kind of obvious it's Toriel because it's the spelling in. Yeah, but I did not catch it like until I caught until I caught that moment. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. I thought it would have been when you find out your name is Frisk. That too. <laughs> ooh, ooh, just the um. Just, well, yeah, like I said, with, I feel like with the um with the TV 
um, it's one of those things that feels significant, even if you don't understand why yet. Yeah, it's like, I yeah. yeah. it's really important, but I didn't quite understand all of the implications of what it was trying to tell me until I had gotten through mm-hmm. it, you know, until I had finally arrived at the end. Yeah, and it's one of the things where they don't, a lot of the stuff with Kara, with the first human, um, yeah. they don't really spell out, because they spell out basically everything about Flowey, like, pretty explicitly. Yeah. But the stuff with Kara is a lot more mothery, I guess you could say, in the way that it's a lot more, leaves, demands a lot more um, poking around. And we, and, we- we keep saying Kara, it's a character named C-H-A-R-A, but this character is actually you. This character has your name, so just like, you know, when you put your name in, you are Kara. It, it's you naming the first human. Or your really, really sweet wife. Yes, <laughs> or your really sweet wife. Um, Way to go, John. <laughs> I, I named Chara Polly. Oh, did you really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great! I was I was an evil, terrible person in two worlds. Well, you weren't because you didn't kill anybody. Yeah, it worked out okay. It worked out okay for Reed's world. Oh my god! And then the True Lab doesn't have a climactic boss fight or anything. No, it, no. It has your moment with Alphys resolving herself to be like, you know, this is gonna be rough, but I need to be honest with people. You know, even if a lot of people hate me, I've still got people that love me. So whatever, we're gonna get through this. It, yeah, because um, because for me, kind like that part where she's like keeps messaging you, you keep getting interrupted by like her updates. Mm-hmm. I got kind of annoyed. Obviously, um, but like after that part, I was kind of like because I was never like out and out like oh I hate Alphys or you know it was just like this portion with Alphys annoyed me. Right. Um, but like after seeing that, I was like. No, I can see where Alphys is coming from. I I can see part of Alphys in me, definitely. I um, see a lot of Alphys in me, so... <laughs> yeah. And I'm not seeing... I'm not like, oh, I'm so much better than Alphys, but, like, I do, you know, like... I know where she's coming from. I think we've all been in that position. Mm-hmm. Um, Polly and I had a conversation about Steven Universe, and we were talking about Pearl and, you know, how she is with her flaws and everything. And I was like, you know, as much as I say, you know, I identify with, you know, this character, that character, I see Pearl's flaws in me as well. Yeah. I'm not going to act like I'm perfect. You know, her flaws lie in me, but the flaws of Garnet lie in me as well, you know, okay. and the flaws of this character lie in me as well. So mm-hmm. it's just how you deal with them mm-hmm. that's important. And Alphys realizes that being honest and, you know, truthful with everyone is the better route to take. Because even though some people might hate her for it, some people are going to respect, hey, in the end, you were honest. And that matters more. Right. God. It's really, her arc is really nice. I think Anna said something about, like, she was really annoyed at Papyrus for a little while until she realized that that it was just because he was expressing things about her own personality that she didn't like about herself sometimes. Aww. But how could you not like anything about Papyrus Rhett? <laughs> well, I just think, like, because we come around on Alphys here, it's like Papyrus just very clearly kind of has the most truncated arc. Yeah. Like, he doesn't really change from start to end. He's just still cool dude. Yeah, he's cool dude. <laughs> Where... Characters like Sans and Flowey and Undyne and Alphys, you don't they all think have of them, longer arcs. Mm-hmm. You don't think of yeah, them the same but... at all by the end. 
Yeah, there but... are definitely people like Papyrus who project this very confident, I'm a cool veneer yeah. person, veneer, and in the inside they're dealing with their problems because they just don't really know how to project their insecurities or what they're dealing with. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, maybe Papyrus doesn't have the best dark or it's very truncated and yeah. short, but... Mm. You know, it's also so, he's just somehow least, people are like. I feel like he has the least kind of problems going on. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's just a happy guy that mm-hmm. he's a teenager. He's a yeah, teenager. And, he just wants friends, and he mm. gets that by the you know by the end of his arc. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He just he really wants friends. I, I think all these characters characters are just real people a lot of them just want friends like alphys and papyrus they just want friends they just want to feel like people care about them right right. and these characters are so real in that sense like i said i think everyone can identify with all the characters in some way or another and and that's why papyrus looks up to undyne a lot is because she is a person that exudes the kind of the very same kind of uh uh uh, uh, confidence that he does only she backs it up Mm mm-hmm yeah Mm -hmm. God. And you know, Undyne definitely she believes in Papyrus in one way or another. Absolutely, she cares maybe for not him. in the way Papyrus wants, but she cares about him. She does want to see him happy. Yeah, she cares She's about like, him I... in the same way that I think that Sans does. It's just like mm-hmm. you know, like you're a good kid, and you know, like we'll do what we can to make sure, like behind the scenes, like we'll, we'd never say it to your face, but behind the scenes, we're doing all we can to make sure that you you're get happy. All right, you know? yeah. Mm-hmm. Jeez. Kind of like the Temi village being an inside joke and based on a real person. Like, if you told me everyone in this game was actually based off a friend of Toby Fox, I would totally believe it. Yeah, it, it's, <laughs> the way they're written, yeah. it's just so believable. Yeah, and it just feels like a real circle of friends by the end. Yeah. When everyone's yeah. together. And you said the true the true lab doesn't end with a climactic boss fight. No. Which is true. But then you have a huge climactic boss fight. Ah, take us in, John. Oh God, yeah. After when you go after you leave the True Lab, and then you go back to Asgore, um, because you need to find your happy ending somehow. Yeah. Um, the fight begins, and it does the same intro lick and everything, and then he's about to crush the mercy button, and then Toriel comes in. Yeah. <laughs> For the first time in the whole game, and she hasn't since the beginning, and she hasn't talked to you on the phone, yeah. and she doesn't talk to you on the phone in the neutral endings. Nope. So yeah, you haven't gotten to talk to Victoria. Well, I do want to say, like, if you, like, don't fight her, you know, you don't kill her, she's like, just don't talk to me. Mm-hmm. Oh. She says that. She, she's like, Aww. don't talk to me, don't call me. And it's it's very sad because it's like, like I said, she's a character you don't want to hurt. She's motherly, and you do care about her, and you feel she cares about you. And you leaving did hurt her, which is why she doesn't want to talk to you. And, and for her to say, like, don't call, don't talk to me, don't try and call me, don't do this, don't do that, it, yeah. you definitely feel like she really is disappointed. In she's distanced. I, I, th- I saw it more as her distancing herself. Like, um, just trying to because, not... To- Keep because she thinks you're going to die. And... Yeah, she thinks you're going to oh. die, obviously, and it's just like, there's not anything I can do to stop this situation. I'm just, I've got to shut myself off from, you know, from it somehow. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. Tor- all well, of the think... characters have issues, I think, and Toriel's are kind of the, the, 
strangest to unpack, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think it's just with any in reality or in a game with the character that you feel is like parental to you, with the person you feel that is apparent to you, mm-hmm. to feel that distance, or with anyone you care about, to feel that distance or that disappointment that you know you feel they have in you. Mm-hmm just hurts if someone's disappointed in you or you feel they're distancing themselves from you right it just hurts Mm -hmm. it's really weird that you carry her cell phone the entire rest of the game anyways yeah and just never answers ever except for that one room with the dog yeah (laughs) (laughs) there's one tiny easter egg that tells you oh actually she doesn't have her phone yeah that's that's really good and that's your only hint as to like why she pops up in uh, the uh, in the the the, the true ending, mm-hmm. and at the very in the true end, in past the boss, um, she's the one that says, "Give give Frisk some space. Give your yeah. give them some space." And it's like, oh wow, she's there's there's arc here. There's yeah. growth here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, so back to our climactic boss fight where Asgore just <laughs> gets bopped off screen unceremoniously. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the way she lectures him. Yeah, God, so good. Oh, so good. Oh! She, she drags him. Yep. Mm. Mm. She hooks him up to the back of a Ford pickup truck and drives <laughs> him around the desert. <laughs> <laughs> she uses the same line as when she um, knocks away Flowey at the beginning. Yep. She knocks him away. It's like, what a miserable creature. <laughs> yep. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yep. Torturing an innocent youth. Mind you, this is a married couple that's divorced that we're talking about. <laughs> because, um, Watching John have revelations while playing this with Anna yesterday <laughs> was so crazy for me. Because oh. an interesting thing that... Um, and I don't remember what started the topic, but uh, Julian the Mirai, something he t- uh, tweeted at me, because I don't remember what the conversation was. But what he said was... If Ezreal was still alive, Toriel and Asgore would be that couple that just stays together for the kid. Oh. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, I definitely see that, yeah. Oh, Lord. Yeah, because something there is broken. Yeah. Clearly. Oh, my God. Asgore has so many issues to work through. I mean, but... killing six kids will do that to a yeah, relationship. Yeah, like, killing six kids will do that yeah. to a relationship. Unless you're like me and Polly who hate kids. Yeah, yeah. We that brings us children. together. Oh, jeez. We will punch children across <laughs> at Walmart. That's, that's going to be our first date. There you go. We'll, we'll live tweet it. There you go. No, we'll fucking live stream it. <laughs> we'll come up with a point system. There you go. This got dark. How many bruises does it have when it lands? Let's see here. Okay. It How broke one arm. The- Looks like it might have a concussion with the way it's wobbling around. Boy, we are gross, huh? That leg is twisted in an unnatural direction. (laughs) So, next boss fight. Well, so everybody gathers. Yeah, everybody gathers. You have like a five or six minute scene where all of your friends throughout the whole game are there for you, basically. Yeah, it's so sweet. Everybody's giving you these big speeches of like, you're so great, kid. Mm -hmm. It just keeps getting crowded or... Yeah. We're crowded, and then, like, Sans is, like, shoved in the bottom left. Yeah. <laughs> and then Papyrus is just like, oh, yeah, the flower invited me. Oh, yeah, that's the yeah. moment. <clears throat> you idiots. <laughs> you idiots. And you just, Alphys has this look on her face, like, 
A flower? Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. (laughs) And so then there's another great fake out. There's such a great fake out here where Flowey um, stabs all your friends, basically, Mm -hmm. impales all your friends on a vine, starts trying to steal their souls, and then tries to kill you. Yeah. And right before his attack hits you, um, like one of Undyne's attacks or something blocks it. Mm Mm-hmm. And then they have, like, a heroic speech moment. And then all of your friends, in turns, protect your character from Flowey. And then all a bunch of the monsters from the rest of the game, like, crowd in around the corner and protect you. Yep. Like, Muppet and um, the gay guards. Monster Kid is there. Monster Kid is there. He's so cute. Mm -hmm. He's such a scheme character. So this is it. This is the end, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Friendship has beaten, has saved the day, and everything is going to be great, and it's beaten the the evil Gygus figure, um, Flowey, and then we, then everything freezes, and it goes, you idiot. You're all so stupid. <laughs> and he steals everybody's soul. Yeah. All at once. They it's foreshadowed a- this earlier, too, in Waterfall. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's funny, though, because... It's specific. This happens specifically on the pacifist route where you haven't killed anyone. Yeah. So every soul is available to him, and he takes them all in that one moment. Mm-hmm. Just and like that's his power to become Azrael de- again. He used your determination against you. He even says something to that effect. Yep. Like if it weren't for you making everybody love you, then you wouldn't. Then you wouldn't have hurt them. Yeah. It's it's a really like human and fucked up perspective. It really is relationships. Yeah. And not wanting to hurt people. And it's really sympathetic and sad. I do want to say Undyne has um, two speeches when you first meet her. And her first one is if I, maybe if you just kill anyone. She's like, oh, how do you think I felt hearing about a teenage comedian on the rise being dead or something like that? Wow. And yep. then, yeah. And then, but if you don't kill anyone, she's like, oh, you think I'm going to fall for this goody two-shoe stick? It's <laughs> like... It, it feels like with her, there's no winning until you can, like, just convince her one-on-one, like, hey, this is who I am. Yeah. Because there is no winning with her. She just believes that humans are She's going to believe what she's going to believe until, mm-hmm. you know, proven otherwise. It's not until um, Undying where she's like, I'm not fighting for mo- just monsters here. I'm fighting for the whole world. Mm-hmm. And it's really anime and it's really beautiful. <laughs> um, but So then, you, then it reveals... It reveals Flowey's real identity. Mm-hmm. Um, Azriel, dreamer, a dreamer with the big fallout. Mm. And everything is big. All the emotions and reveals in this game are big, and that's a big one. Yep. And they yeah. sell it. Um, and then they play the song "Hopes and Dreams" for the boss uh, fight. <laughs> yeah. Which incorporates three of the main. It incorporates the theme, main theme, like. I think of it kind of as the theme of the dreamers yep. it incorporates Asriel's theme and it incorporates Flowey's theme. Mm-hmm. I've uh, never heard a song that so immediately, immediately is just like, this is it. Yeah. Just the way those strings hit do, do, do just mm-hmm. like, like, three notes as it takes. And I'm just like, Oh God, I'm going to lose it and start crying. And then <laughs> the song kicks in and the fucking background goes all rainbowy. Like mm-hmm. time to the music, and I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, it's so good. It's over the it's top, really as it good. Possibly could be with the simple like graphical presentation they were going for. It's yeah. just like you've got your flowery, you, you like 
your your cursors all colory and everything, and rainbows are everywhere. You've got they're the trails the, behind him. They're doing the thing where they play the title screen music in the game. Yep, like and that makes works. me that makes me like emotional, even when it's like pl- fucking Sonic colors. I get. <laughs> <laughs> And it's really amazing that they didn't just do the a kind of a similar thing to the Flowey boss fight, where it's like this photoshopped kind of monstrosity, where this stays within the realm of kind of the game itself yeah. so far. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where it's in the same menus and but just rainbowy and hopes and dreams. Mm-hmm. Because it's ugh, it was so cool at this point because I was really worried because Flowey's terrifying. Flowey's mm-hmm. great. Um. And I was worried that by explaining Flowey, like giving him a background and everything and having a straightforward conclusion here. Because at this point, I was at the end of like my time loop where I'd been trapped and trying to figure out how to mm-hmm. get out of this. And I was worried that when it actually resolved, it wasn't going to be satisfying. Mm-hmm. Oh. And then – but then they sell it. They sell mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it goes so much further than just the, the – just this rainbow fight. Um. Because they have to get crazy good mechanics in this fight. Mm -hmm. Because at this point, I said earlier with the flowey fight that in order for the conclusion of the flowey fight to work, you have to it has to establish a relationship between you and the six human souls without any dialogue. Mm -hmm. Um, This has to establish a relationship between you and Asriel. Yeah. Mm Because you haven't known Asriel, not really, Mm -hmm. uh, up to this point. And they they do that. They do that in 10 minutes of dialogue and fighting. They. Yep. Bring you into Azriel's heart. Oh yeah, the way he's like, I don't want to leave you. Just let me win. Oh god, that like, like when you're finally wrapping up that first part, it's just like, I don't want to do this, but I you're making me. The, I don't want this game to end. Yeah, yeah. And like, he even reverts to using the attack that Toriel used at the beginning, uh, that would avoid you if you were low on health. Yeah. Oh, it, it's bookending it. Like it bookended it already with um, Asgore. <laughs> yeah. And then it bookends it again at the real end. Oh, I forgot. And at, when Flowey comes in, he straight up says something like, this is all just a game. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's very meta as well. Yeah. Which is hard to sell like emotionally. Yeah. Right. Like om- that almost never like can click on an emotional level, not just like intellectually right like i brought up yeah where he's like if i give you the happy ending then you'll stop playing the game and i don't want that yeah like it's it's sad yeah it's really he's right really sad Mm -hmm. and there's a transition after you fight azrael a bunch and he lets off the um the really intense attack yeah where he gets sucked towards the center of the screen and everything yeah Mm -hmm. leaves you with one hp Mm mm-hmm and if you die at any point during these fights, um, there's a new animation where your heart pulls itself back together with the power of dreams. Oh, yeah. Yep. And it says, but yeah, yeah it refused. But it refused. There's and you also... Can also, you can also get infinite healing items in this fight by uh, dreaming. Mm, <laughs> yeah. I couldn't shut up about this for a little while. That the, the, the menu options, the contextual menu options for this <laughs> fight are literally hope- and, and dream. dream. That checks. Don't forget that's... about check. Don't forget about check. Check's been with you. Yeah. The whole time. Check stuck around. That's how Sailor Moon this game is. Yep. Check, hope, dream. Check, hope, dream. 
and then mm. save. Mm. Yeah. And then yeah, you reach out to your save file. You can't reach it, and it's just like fr- Frisk and the player are both realizing like there's maybe not a way to save yourself here. Yeah. But then you can save somebody else. But you and can, then... Yeah. Yeah. So, so this part, when it first popped up, I thought I was only going to get to save one. Oh, character. God. That would have been so awful. So I looked at that screen for like a minute. <laughs> Trying to decide who to save. And then I clicked Toriel. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that was my first choice as well. But then, yeah. when As- but then Asgore showed up at t- the same time. I'm like, yeah. oh, okay, I see what's going on here. I didn't, I didn't basically <laughs> at this point the fight is a give me but they're pulling every mm-hmm. bit of emotional punch out of it they can it's just mm-hmm. like you save all of the souls that have been with you by reminding them of like how you impacted their lives or the things mm-hmm. that you did for them like their little character arcs yeah like you fake, you fake hit undyne and she's like and she remembers wait a minute i know that punch Mm-hmm. Or you like you want to you, you ask Papyrus to show you how to make spaghetti. Mm-hmm. Papyrus t- with no friends, Sans who just says, "Just give up." I did. Oh yeah, God. yeah. It's He's... weird because Sans has, if you haven't done No Mercy, like the Sans stuff, kind of doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he just what, really once you understand it, it's mm-hmm. really a bummer. Like nothing matters anymore. Yeah, but, but it. I feel a little bit of something. I felt a little bit of something with that fight just because Sans always kind of gives an impression of knowing a little bit more than you think because mm-hmm. of the yeah. dinner dates and because of the judgment hall. Yeah. So when he just says, just give up, it's you because can feel. just the way they play him off. He's like this guy who has like, no, he doesn't have a care in the world. You know, mm-hmm. he really only worries about his brother mm-hmm. and that's really how they portray him. And, you know, but you're right, they do also, you know, later they're like, he knows more than he's going to let on. Mm-hmm. How do you become a guy who has who doesn't have a care in the world? Just don't care about anything. <laughs> yep. And that's that's sad and happy. Mm-hmm. So it's mostly sad. And then um, like Papyrus calls Yeah. Like Papyrus calls him lazy and he's like, that couldn't be the furthest from the truth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then... um. Because a lot of times when you do see him, he is working some type of job. Yes, very badly. But he's always always, watching you. He's always watching you. So Mm -hmm. he's very far from being. He's always watching you. He's always, you know, watching out for his brother. Right. Um. And um, Alpha's line, where it's like, "You hate me, don't you?" Oh. (laughs) There's so much going on here. And, like, that should be it, right? That right. This should be the emotional center of this fight, right? Mm-hmm. Then it says you realize there's one more person there's that needs to be saved. one person that needs to be saved, yeah. Mm-hmm. And click save, and it says Asriel Dreamer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it takes a while for him to actually accept it. He yeah. actively fights. He's like, no, like, what are you doing? <laughs> Just like Flowey. But... Yep. Ooh. So... Does having killed Flowey bite you at any point past this? No, I don't think so. Oh, okay. Yeah. He forgave I, me. He, he had, yeah. There's the dialogue that says, do you forgive me? And of course you say yes. And I'm yeah. wondering what the hell happens if you say no at that point. Yeah. I, I decided. I, I didn't like, have the heart. I decided I'd never want to know. Yeah. yeah what I was happens like, if I, you don't hug like, him? 
It's like I didn't have the heart to hurt him in any way. Mm -hmm. Because I understood why he was doing what he was doing. Yeah, you understand why he's doing what he does and, you know, why he is the way he is. And it's like, he's had so much hurt. Yeah. Do you want to throw more at him? Or, you know. He's going to disappear from this world in mere (laughs) moments. Why would the last thing I want this poor kid (laughs) to go through would be more rejection? It it's kind of like, um, in uh, Heavy Rain, the detective. Right. You, I kind of got the feeling like if he was just shown more love or the love he felt he needed, mm-hmm. he wouldn't have been the way he was. He wouldn't right. have done what he did. Yeah. Um. Spoilers, jeez. <laughs> I also get I also get that feeling with Harry Potter with Voldemort. Oh yeah. Where, like, if he was shown love, if, you know, maybe if he didn't know his birth parents, but he was shown parental love and got that feeling that people really do care, mm-hmm. he wouldn't have turned out the way he did. That's a, There's a line at the end of the fifth movie and probably book where it's Harry's just succeeded in shoving Voldemort out of his mind at the very end by yeah, thinking of the, all the people he loves. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> you know, I have something I, you don't, and that's love. And he um, says, I feel sorry for you. And it's just, oh. There's a lot of st- moments in Harry Potter where that, that kind of thing And they, they kind of itself. did that the entire time where it's like, if Voldemort knew love, he'd be different. Mm-hmm. You, know? you guys are losing Polly with this nerd talk here. I think we're losing <laughs> you too. <laughs> nerd talk. On our video game podcast. And I just rewatched like all eight movies. Polly, like, save me. Uh. All right. Like I like Undertale. I think that game's pretty rad. <laughs> so, so then, we're then about save Azrael. Then Azrael shoots you with the laser that sends your health down to point zero 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 one. That part is so good. Yeah, that part's so revengeance. Mm-hmm. It's perfect. But then emotion. It's revengeance, but with emotions. Yeah, it's hunters yeah. with feelings. It's hunters <laughs> with feelings. And I said that like that's like what the third or fourth time we're third time where the you there where they get an attack that should kill them but then they hold on yeah but, yeah. With, but it refuse thing mm. and then you just have a nice long little talk with Azrael. and it's really adorable and you hug it's him really- unless you're just unless you're evil. a terrible terrible person and like i hugged him so obviously i did mm. i hugged him obviously, and he I- hugs back he, he's like the yeah. animation there. Yeah, the animation, the animation is really is so cute. good. It, it's really it's like, cute. Because like we said, he just needed that love mm-hmm. that he didn't get for so long. Mm-hmm. You know? One more meta twist. Mm-hmm. When Azrael shatters the barrier and it's your monitor screen. Yeah, really cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, like, geez. what the fuck? <gasps> yep. Oh, holy shit. I just had a fucking moment. <laughs> so- <laughs> That's like at the end of the Earthbound where it's like, you know, Gygus is turning off your TV when he dies, right? Yeah. <laughs> and at the very, yeah. when you turn on the game, it turns on. Yeah. Same animation. It's like. So cool. like we, we are the human world. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> there you go. You nailed it. Um, and also knowing at this point that not only is um, Asriel saying goodbye to Frisk, because this is where they reveal that the person you named at the beginning of the game and the main character who you've been controlling aren't the same person. Yeah. Yeah. It's a disconnect, which the game is acknowledging in a, in a very, it's very Metal Gear Solid 2-y. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, 
Oh, God. Yeah, that, that says a ton. And he's just like, what's your name? Frisk. That's really nice. And they say Frisk a lot just to pound it into your head that this character that you've been controlling is now you. Their name is Frisk. Yep. And just... So we're, the, yeah. so we're saying that how it's it's also Asriel saying goodbye to you, the player? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's Asriel saying goodbye to you, the player, but it's also us about to say... We're going to say goodbye to Frisk soon. Yes. Yeah. It's a goodbye for, every, it's a goodbye for everybody. Aww. So when when... When we're about to have to say goodbye, that's when the game reveals the disconnect between us and Frisk. Because mm-hmm. they have to go now. Yep. And they mentioned that, like, you look close to the first human. Mm. And that you have a similar fashion te- sense. And... <laughs> and you go back and examine the coffin and it's not yours. And yep. yeah. Mm. What does so, it say at that point? I forget. I don't know. Because I, I never figured out where Kara's body wound up, actually. I think Kara's body was on the flower bed you land in at the very okay. start. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, because, geez, the, um, the Undertale is in a lot of ways, I think, is about just decentering, just kind of trying to get the player to be a little more humble, maybe, about their role in the story. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, not. This isn't your story. Yeah. Yeah. You're just a party involved in it. Like, you're kind of just people... helping everyone else get their closure, and you know, mm-hmm. it's the same way that I felt about The Last of Us. In that this story is going to do what it wants to do. It is not like I am not Joel. Mm-hmm. Like these are characters and people going about things the way that they should. They I'm just making it, it advance. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah. That's why I think it's important in Undertale that they don't give you, like, fake-out options to stay with Toriel and just have, like, a jokey game over there. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. that's not what Frisk is going to do. No. Because, yeah. There's a whole, there's a whole, maybe, if there's something poisonous in video games that Undertale's trying to maybe examine, it's, like, I'm not trying to, like, not being super dramatic here. Video games are great and fun. Um, but, you know, something maybe that's negative going on in Sunday and with experience points and numbers and mm-hmm. compulsion. Oh, absolutely. There's just an overabundance yeah. of that these days. Exactly. Fucking everything is an RPG now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's got to make them numbers bigger. Mm-hmm. I think it's really fair to say that there's something poisonous there and that oh, I totally agree. He, and that we are complicit. Um, mm-hmm. And, I, yeah. and like everyone has had that thought of, I need to level up, or I need to grind this out before I do <laughs> this thing, and mm-hmm. you know, and grinding it's like, feels good. Raising numbers and things feels good. The gamification of gaming. <laughs> because, yeah, because it's so ingrained <laughs> that I got to level up. This is good. You know, I did this many hit points. This is like, good. We have, know, I, 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 we have a friend named I. We have a friend. We have a friend named Ice Blink who is addicted to just oh. watching numbers <laughs> fucking go up for days. Well, mm. like those fucking clicker games that are literally just numbers going up. Yeah, mm. yeah. Yeah. So. There's and something then... poisonous going on there, and there's something poisonous, I think, with the idea that player choice is just the ultimate. Um, yeah, like adding, making player agency the big thing that everything should strive to have now. It's just kind of like it devalues what can be done with the medium as a narrative piece as well. Mm-hmm. Like for people that just want to tell stories. Mm-hmm. If you is... ever read an interview, sorry, Reed, I've kept interrupting you. What's up? 
Well, it's kind of funny because Undertale is a game that does player choice amazingly well. Yeah, exactly. With these three roots that also have a lot of mutations to how they can play out. But it's subverting it in a way that I think yeah, is but really cool. And mm. another thing about like number inflation is when you see stuff like, oh, Xenoblade is bigger than these four other open worlds yeah, combined, it's like... and it's 100 hours long, and I'm like, that's not a selling point for me anymore. <laughs> no. No. Hell no. Mm-hmm. But then I also had like a reaction to Undertale where it's like, oh, it's only five hours long. Fuck that. How good could it be? <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, like... it, it, I had because the there's opposite. also a connection of, I just spent $60 on this game. I want to feel like I got my money's worth. Yeah, definitely. Ooh. So some people feel like 100-something hours is their money's worth. You know, mm-hmm. justifiably yeah. and, or unjustifiably so. And you mm-hmm. know, like you said, Undertale's only like five hours long. Mm-hmm. I certainly felt like I got more than my money's worth. Yeah, like for you... me, like when I heard it was five hours, I was like, "Fucking great!" <laughs> I love short games these days. Like it, mm-hmm. when we get to game of the yes, year, punk. all of my games are probably going to be under five hours long. Isaac, awesome. Isaac is a forty. Hours. Isaac is a forty-minute game. I know. <laughs> if you're lucky, if you got a good bit run going, yeah, it could be an hour ten. If I got a good running, it's if I got a good run going, it's twenty one minutes. I think that's my fastest clear. But Jeez. if your RNG is bad, you got like I got an I've had like longest run I've had in Isaac is like eighty minutes. No, well, Isaac it has weird RNG because sometimes you get lucky and you can get all the way to like cathedral, yeah. and it's like nah, you're anyway. gonna die. Anyway. But so, yeah, there's well, if you, ever, you never, yeah, like you never see discussions of like value of how good those hours were, right? Where it's like you can yeah. have a hundred hour game like Metal Gear Solid Five, and it's mm-hmm. like, well, and I'm not put shitting on that game because I think that does sound like one of the better ones, but it's like, just quality of hours should matter, and it's I like, think Undertale, like the quality of like. The 10 hours or so that I probably spent listening to audio cassettes in that game, because, you know, Uh-oh. those weren't worthwhile. Those didn't, those, yeah, those the, 10 hours didn't make me happy. Mm-hmm. The number of hours that you, you know, dump into a game doesn't really always mean it's good or bad. Yeah. Because I certainly have dumped hours and days, really, into games like Harvest Moon. You got you know, 390 hours in Isaac. That's more than I have. Yeah, and it, <laughs> so it it's just something that it's different for anyone because, you know, those hours I dumped into Harvest Moon or dumped into, you know, Isaac, for me, it's like that was enjoyable. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. you know, the four hours I dumped into Beyond Eyes, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> Give me those hours back. <laughs> I don't care that it was sitting on my bed and that on a Saturday night playing it. I want those hours back. Like, I, I would pay. 10, I could have played I would, another game. I would pay nine ninety nine if I could have those hours back. Hell yeah. <laughs> so it, that's right. The number of hours you dump into something doesn't necessarily mean it's good. It doesn't have yeah. a value to it i think but it's especially scary when you see stuff advertised as being 80 hours long it's like well how much filler is in there yeah because mm-hmm. undertale is tight as hell let me tell you about something xenoblade it's got a shit ton of filler yeah and it's you know like we've said you know <laughs> i've like, heard you can look Sorry. at 3d zelda and a oh. lot of it is kind of filler like look at you know skyward sword or wind waker they're wind waker's a great game skyward sword 
whatever. But <laughs> some of that's just filler. It's, you know, you riding around in a boat or, you know. Redoing dungeons, but with a time limit. With the difference. or And it's just really filler. And it's like, okay, I've done this place. I know the layout. I, you know, I just want, you know. But anyway, we are crossing the four-hour mark for this podcast, so <laughs> let's, let's get let's. All, all I, one thing I just wanted to say was that when I was thinking about the toxic um, focus on like player agency and how players are this should be the center of every should be the center of the story and their choices matter more than anything else. I had just recently read some articles by Ken Levine and Warren Spector <laughs> that involved <laughs> oh, a lot of that, good. and I was just like. You, I just, (laughs) (laughs) I think I tweeted something to the effect of like, I read an article by Warren Spector and I don't recommend the experience. (laughs) Do you you want those hours back? Yes. (laughs) You pay $9.99 for them. It's kind of good to have your agency taken away. Um, I think, and Polly's mentioned it before, you look at a game like, you know, The Last of Us and... You know, she doesn't have that agency. Ellie doesn't have that agency. You know? Just, you have no agency in that story whatsoever other yeah, than propelling yeah, but... it forward. That is all you do. Yeah, mm-hmm. but you really see it with her where she doesn't have that agency even to say, no, I don't want to do this. You know? Mm-hmm. No, okay, I'll do this, whatever. Like, she doesn't have that agency. Well, I'm not really it's talking about that. characters in a story either. Like, yeah, I'm not but, talking I think, about but I think... That, I'm talking know, about player agency, the person playing the game. You can't choose to tell Joel to tell her. Yeah, you can't. I mean, Joel makes that choice on his yeah. own. Yeah. So that's and what I I'm going for. That's, you why, that's why you play as her in that blog, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But anyways, oh. Undertale. Yeah. The ending. I think I brought up this a lot of times where um, there's a big disconnect with where a lot of times my favorite moments in the game are where you realize there's a disconnect between you and the character. Uh Like um, at the end of Metroid two, you can't choose to kill the baby Metroid. Right. Samus is just never going to do that. Uh Um, Chrono is always going to walk up to Lavos and always going to go in the gate. Uh Um, And that stuff means a lot to me. And I feel like Undertale really captured that in a cool way. Yeah. But what if you don't forgive Asriel? Oh, it gives you that choice. <laughs> I never want to know. I'm never going to find spoilers. out. You know what? I'm perfectly okay with someone spoiling it for me and going, this is what happens. It, it I don't want to act it out myself. It goes, you idiot, and deletes your save. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that was it. Rhett, I'm perfectly okay with you spoiling that for me. No, I we don't, don't know what it is. Neither. We don't know. That was a joke. Yeah, yeah, I hope it. That'd be funny. You can't hope it's that way now. God, you obviously have not learned anything. <laughs> also, just the fact that they get you to forgive Flowey, like obviously. Yeah. yeah. Like this creature from who? This creature is the one that by the end of it, we're just like, yes, hug, hug, of course. Like I want to give you the most hugs right now. Mm-hmm. You yeah, need a, all of my hugs. You need a bundle of hugs. You need I'm them here, all. Flowey. I feel bad for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess that's the thing with Earthbat with the mother games is that, like, in the first game, Gygus is actually a sympathetic character. Mm-hmm. And in the second game, it's mostly just a set piece, and the real character is um, Pokey. Yeah. 
who is then the center of um, Mother 3, along with um, your brother. Mm-hmm. Oof. But that, that game's in the trash now. <laughs> <laughs> um, one other thing I really love in the Azrael fight mm-hmm. is that right at the very start, it just says, this is the end. This is the end, and then like it moves to, the world is ending. Yeah, but just the way it goes, this is the end, and how it's been so long since that save point that said the end the end but this time you know to trust it yeah it's like really this is this is it yeah and then i really love the end credits like they go so all out with just like the scenes of everybody on the surface and happy and the cr- oh my and then god it's so cute undine kisses alphys yes ah and i like i know that i probably mentioned it already but like papyrus driving this the car driving <laughs> And it's just like, he said he would drive it, you know, on the dream highway or something. And then he's driving yeah. it. He's driving a car in the credits. It's so cute. Hopes and dreams. Mm-hmm. And then the music is like kind of the 16, 8 bit thing of like having a reprise of all the major yep. themes of the yep. thing. Like a Sonic game would do at the end. Yeah. All the zones. And like, but it's kind of built mostly off of hopes and dreams. And it's yeah. just so powerful. And then. Absolutely. I forget what this it's called on the soundtrack, but it's like, and one more thanks. And then all the backer names come up and it yeah. kicks into full gear again. And it's just, I can't believe dodging all the credits is an Easter egg. Like I, I, watched some, I watched somebody try to do it for like an hour and he was just like, I can't Yeah, forget it. I'm done. I, I don't recommend even Toby Fox actually said, don't actually try to do that. I'm just, <laughs> and it's not worth doing anyway. It's just a cute yeah. little Easter egg. But, like, that whole end sequence is so triumphant. And yeah. one, to call it end, sync, end credit sequence triumphant, like, that is one thing. But it makes me feel so bad that people are going to play this game and get the neutral ending and then stop. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. that's what somebody on the Bombcast did. I think mm-hmm. Dan played yeah. it once and went, okay, I'm done. I'm and, done. I've seen everything. Ooh. And it's just like, ugh. And, like, it really points, like, a how contrasting those are and how really kind of disappointing on purpose. The neutral ending is yeah. Mm. Where it's just like, dun, dun, and then it's kind of silent credits and then a silent fl- credits and back to the menu. And then because a, a, it really does feel like you've gotten closure, but it also feels like you have bridged that gap between the monster world and the human world. Mm-hmm. And you've helped bring both of them peace and they're trying to interact and keep the worlds intact and mm-hmm. make peace. And when you kill Toriel, Undyne <laughs> tells you, it's like, yo, when I get there, I'm kicking your ass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the neutral ending tends to end with a downer phone call. Yep. And it's just... They're very mm. different endings. There's a cheater end as well. How much How much like this is um, Cave Story's structure? Because yeah. I, never, I never got the true end in Cave Story. I don't think they're really similar. I mean... I think the regular ending in Cave Story is really good. Yeah, that's kind of what I was and, thinking. I mean, the it's weird because the whole Balrog thing that comes up when you do his route is yeah. it's pretty impactful and like it really kind yeah. of breaks the st- story full circle. Oh, okay, it's, good. It's almost that's like if, hoping. it's almost like if New Home and the whole backstory of Azrael was only in the true route. Oh, this. oh. I really need to go back and play that because Cave Story is one of my favorite games. Like. It's really hard, though. Hell is Yeah, hard. hell is just like... I remember for a long time, I was like, this is not worth it. 
I mean, if you really just want to see the story, there is an easy mode in the game, which might make hell much more palatable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because that was definitely, like, kind of the Toho thing of just practicing this stage for, like, a week to get it. Yeah, to finally do the extra stages, which, you know, they never led to anything (laughs) narratively, but hey, you got some crazy boss fights out of it. Mm Mm-hmm. Jeez. And then in Cave Story, it's, like, a seven-minute level, Mm -hmm. and then a boss, and then another boss with four forms. A seven-minute level where you can make zero mistakes. Yeah. Mm. But the the final boss and the true end of Cave Story is really satisfying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, good. But That's it's also, what I, yeah. almost because it's satisfying from a gameplay perspective. Yeah, it's mostly, it's mostly just gameplay perspective. Like, whereas okay. Undertale is very satisfying from a narrative standpoint. Emotions. Mm. Under, underground oh, I thought tale. David Cage was here for a moment. <laughs> underground <laughs> tale, cave story. Universe. <laughs> I definitely do think Cave Story was probably an influence on this game. Cause... Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Cave Story is really good and meaningful. Yeah, Cave both... Story's story is really, really good, but I play Cave Story because it is a fun game. Yeah. That makes sense. But I think the story in it is what kind of elevated it to yeah, at the time, stats. At the time, I'd never played a game like that that had such a strong narrative focus. Mm-hmm. That's true. When, you, that was... when you leave the... Leave the and get to the outside of the island mm-hmm. and it plays that song. Mm-hmm. So most of us stopped playing. Yeah, we're well, good. Okay, okay, there's what there's one more thing with the true ending when it's uh-huh. scrolling up the end. Da, 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 and then it's static starts coming in. Yes. And then <laughs> Flow, Omega Flowey scene starts playing and Azrael pops back up. Did you really think it would end le- that easily? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For just a second. Mm-hmm. And my heart just leapt out of its chest. Yeah, it got me. I was like, what? What? There's oh, no, more? No, 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 no. Oh, is that and before that... the credits? Like the we haven't even credits? pulled the special thanks yet. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. yeah, it is really good. It's a cute little fake out. Yep. Oh, by the way, so which did you guys all stay with Toriel? Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's actually something I did want to mention about that, though. Um, because you can go all the way to, like, the beginning of the game, mm-hmm. like the ruins, and you can talk mm-hmm. to uh, Azrael. Yeah. It's actually and he's, a lot of important stuff there. Yeah. And he's like, oh, well, eventually I'm going to turn back into Flowey. And, um, but he says something like, I want to keep this feeling as long as I can. And I think he asks you to leave him alone so he can, like, focus on, like, retaining that feeling and the memory of that feeling. Yeah. Uh, And you can also talk to the other, like, the other uh, characters and, you know, tell them, like, hey. It's a real earthbound thing where you can just go back and revisit. You can go above ground now. And it's, I think, a very sweet moment. Another thing I think is really cool, um, when you load it up, you see, like, all the friends you've made. So you see, like, Toriel, like, sitting in her chair and reading. Uh-huh. And you can see Papyrus and Sand and Undyne. And I think that's just a really cool thing. Yep. To see. Mm-hmm. Um, and I another... really like the texting with between with Toriel and Sands. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and another thing, and I gushed about this a lot. Um, the game doesn't gender your the person you play as at any point. Yeah, mm. that's really, that's really good. Ridiculous. Um and even when they're, like, talking, like, oh, hey, Frisk, what are you going to do now that, you know, this is done? And Toriel's, like, let them think about that. Like, give them some time. That, you know, they need to rest. And yeah, like, Frisk check. is never gendered and neither Frisk is the first is child. Gen- 
know, yeah, they go uh, out of uh, like they say like Azriel and the first human were like siblings. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I think that's just really cool. Really to nice. See, like, more gender representation and more like pronouns being used. You know, it's not oh she like they don't even let you pick what your what pronouns to go with. And I think that's really cool to see. Absolutely. They and, they also never gender naps to Bluke. Yep. Yeah, and they never really give any characteristics to the first human or Frisk. Mm-hmm. So, and I think it's just nice that it's all ambiguous. You know, you can hit canon it however you want. Mm-hmm. But you know, yeah. I like for, I that it's just they and them. I think it's just a nice feature to see in games, mm-hmm. and it's definitely a trait I hope keeps going and really like goes out into not just indie games, but definitely AAA games. So, after beating the true end and having happy, happy ending, everybody's so lovely and very and we, satisfying. We never played it again. But another thing, though, that Ra- Raquel had just mentioned was you can actually go back and talk to Azrael, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and then he tells you something that the first human wasn't very nice of a person. Yeah. And yeah, that... they, kind of, they kind of allude that, like... Not that they were a bully, but, like, maybe Azrael went along with what they wanted to do because maybe they were scared a bit. Mm-hmm. You know, I think he says something like, oh, the first human was always a lot braver, a lot, you know, mm-hmm. more mm-hmm. willing to do something. And Azrael, you you kind of look at Azrael, and Azrael does have a very timid look to them. Yeah, mm-hmm. Azrael, like, is always mentioned as, like, you know, I was always the first one to cry, you know, things like that. So. The more Definitely the more sensitive one. Yeah. And, I get why but, this made Reed feel bad, though. Yeah. Basically, all of a sudden, it pulls this thing out where it goes, the first human was actually a bad person. And oh. that almost ruined the game oh, for no. me. Oh, Because I was the first person. Well, not even... I mean, not even that. Just, like, it feels like a gut punch that's completely unearned if you don't know about mm-hmm. No Mercy yet. Yeah. Which I mm-hmm. didn't. And mm-hmm. it's just... It comes so out of left field. It's like, wait, what? Like, you never hinted at that. Mm-hmm. And John showed me this really good article that was kind of discussing how it's unfair that Undertale scolds you so much for doing the No Mercy route, mm-hmm. and then also puts essential character development yeah. for, for yeah. Sans and Chara in yeah. there, mm-hmm. and it's it's kind of hypocritical, maybe in a way. Yeah, I can see that. I totally like when he when he linked that article. I was like, yeah, I can actually. I'm on board with that line of thinking. Mm. I think the only t- I think that moment is where it's like where the it's like everything in the game um, in all of these past has to fit together in like a logical sense and then also fit together in such a way where if you come across information in any order, it makes emotional sense. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, th- I think it all fits together logically. I think this is an example where it's fit together in such a way that it doesn't make emotional sense. Yeah. yeah it makes yeah. no sense to see that after mm-hmm. the true ending your first time. Like mm-hmm. what? what? It they is really nice? hidden. Yeah. I, yeah. And I don't remember at what point it happens, but it might be when you're talking to Asriel, they mention a true reset mm-hmm. and it's like, just please don't do it. Let them, you know, yeah, I'm going to fade away and become flowy again and not always have this feeling in these memories. But can't you see how happy everyone else is? Yeah. Please don't do a true reset so they can stay happy. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's uh, if you close the game after. Yep. Yeah, Flowey, Flowey begs you yeah. not to play it again. Yeah. And then Yeah, I said, loaded it up again just to see what would happen. And 
I, for me anyway, I haven't done a true reset. I like how it ended out with the true end and mm-hmm. knowing everyone is happy and and they're there Austin on the Walker title screen. Same thing. That. Yeah. They're yeah. there on the tile, you know, title screen. I like to imagine they, you know, have their adventurers above ground and <laughs> humans go underground and it's all happy and peaceful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Flowey says if you do a true reset, you have to reset me as well because I don't want to go through this again. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> and in, in the yeah. end, can mm. you hurt Ezreal again? Mm. Yes. Yes, as it turns out. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, I know that I would never do such a thing. Nor would I. What about Red? Would you? Well, I reset it just to do another pacifist run. Huh. <laughs> okay. So I guess nobody did a no mercy run then. I mean, let's let's not give Reed a pass here. That's still kind of <laughs> twisted, right? <laughs> you still like, oh, you're, you're just you're still tear- taking those memories away. You know, you know, Sans. Sans remembers though, because Sans even through a tree reset um, has a photograph in his secret, 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 secret lab. If you've gotten a pacifist <laughs> run, mm-hmm. where he he remembers these memories, these happy memories, and so the good remembers, thing is knows that they've been torn away from him. That photo only shows up if you don't stay with Toriel. Mm-hmm. Mm, okay, wow. so he, well, I got I got past him. <laughs> I stayed with <laughs> I stayed with Toriel. Gotcha. Okay, so no mercy. We gotta get going here. Yeah, All right. Definitely. So, um, Reed, I think you killed one frog. I so I did restart. I, I did the hard mode run, which is where you name your character Frisk, mm-hmm. and it goes, "This name will make your life hell." Yeah. And I I pacifist through that, and then I started over again and named myself Chara, and I killed the first frog. Felt really bad and reset, and then just pass. <laughs> So Anna felt, I told, I went like, I'm just going to leave it. I'm just going to leave it. And then two days later, I was like, mm, I'm really, really curious here. <laughs> you know, I'm a game designer. It's important and a critic. Uh-huh. It's important mm-hmm. that I know how this goes for, you know, the, le- the weaker player, the weaker people who would just bend <laughs> to this whim trivially. Ugh. Um, so I want to know. Question. Yeah. Was it important to know what would happen if you killed every firekeeper? Let's see. Did I kill every fire? <laughs> I killed the one. I didn't kill Quaylock's sister because I didn't find her. <laughs> That's the only reason you didn't kill her. Mm-hmm. My, so like, if you found her, you would have killed her. And um, the one in um, Anne Orlando is like one of my favorite side characters because they were just really, she was just really cool. But then I killed um, Gwendolyn, and then she was like, I got, was hostile. So I was like, okay, this way, Hunter. Undertale, you guys. Um, so in order, get, starting a No Mercy run is really hard um, because you have to kill the first frog, mm-hmm. and Toriel interrupts that fight after the first turn. And if you don't kill it in the one turn, which you have to get a pretty close to perfect hit to do, um, the frog shows up in the next room and you keep grinding and grinding and grinding and eventually monsters just stop showing up, but you don't, you don't actually go down the no mercy path because you spare this one frog. Yeah. So I wound up resetting like three or four, three, two or three times in the ruins and took like an hour to kind of get it started and working. Um, so it was very beginning of this route is very obtuse. I think it's very difficult. It's very unlikely that people would do it on accident. Um, on their which, on the first or second playthrough, which kind of seems like a shame. Like, 
What, Maybe. what would it really hurt if it lets you get into Snowden while still being on it, and then it starts begging you to stop? <laughs> that makes sense. But I don't know. Like, It's still very possible. Like, I know at least one person who said that they got on that genocide route accidentally, and it's just like, Jesus. Because um, even then, you have to hit Toriel. Yep. Oh, yeah. Um, and so I did it. Um, I went through the ruins, and I was... And when you hit the end, once you've killed every monster, um, you start getting random encounters, but it just flashes up and goes, but nobody came. In really small text. In really small text, and then the music changes to, I think it's supposed to be Flowey's theme, really, really slowed down Mm -hmm. to the point that you can't tell. Mm -hmm. Um, It's very unnerving. And then I killed Toriel, and she was like, and then she says, oh... Oh, I get it. I wasn't trying to keep you here to protect you from them. I was trying to protect them yeah, from you. From you. <laughs> so then you leave, and all the save points start saying 16 left in red text. Oh, uh, wow. They determine how many random encounters or, or monsters you have to kill in it order left. to clear yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's monsters, not random encounters. Oh, good. But don't um, they also still- just say determination in big Yeah. Case? They say determination in big caps after you've killed everybody. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and then it's, when you get to Sans, he says something like, uh, my, bro- my brother would be really psyched to see a human. Um, so if you could keep pretending to be one for a little while, That's I'd appreciate that. That's such a chilling Holy line. Fuck. That is well, such a chilling yeah. line. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you don't play along with the puzzles. You walk through the puzzles and just it really bums Papyrus out and he gets really sad and you get to the bridge where he pulls out the super puzzle and then he's just like, no, never mind. I don't want to do it. Why? They're just going to walk through it. Like you get to the electric maze and instead of waiting for him to come over and give it to you, you just walk through uh, without the orb. And doesn't Uh, it take control of you for all that stuff? Oh, yeah. Yeah. The more you, the further you get into the genocide route, the less choice you're offered. So yep. that moment at the end is very heavily foreshadowed. Basically, mm-hmm. the whole you're not actually in control. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, because whatever if they're if you're going down the the genocide run, the evil route run. Sorry, oh. um, there you're not in control because there is an impulse going on here, a completionist impulse, some kind of thing going on that's telling you to go down this path. Mm-hmm. And I, it, I think you're letting something control you if you do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I let something kind of control me and I think <laughs> it was being pretty fair and saying that. I'm, yeah. Yeah. If I felt compelled, then... So... You keep going down, Papyrus just gets really bummed out and then is like, I don't think we should fight when you get to the bridge. I think you should leave or something. And you just start walking towards him and the music is different. When you get to Snowden, it's empty. Yeah. Um, You go to the shopkeeper's thing and you can just steal everything. Um, There's lots of like notes of people who had to relieve in a hurry or something. You can walk up to the snowman and take a snowman piece and then take another one and he goes what are you doing and take another one and then he falls apart dead oh, oh wow <laughs> they, 
That's pretty fucked that you can feel so bad about killing a snowman. It would be great to, like, take the part of the snowman and then eat a part of it in front of him. <laughs> you monster. <laughs> you could probably do that and get pacifist. Whoo! And you... And then you get to Papyrus, and he's just, like... The fight starts with him sparing you. He's like, come on, let's not do this. And you can kill him in one hit. Yeah. Oh, so, that's that's heartbreaking because he's already so defeated. Mm-hmm. He's like not even worth it anymore. And if you spare him, then the game continues down a neutral route. Mm. There are many, many points where you can opt for that at this in this game. Um, I saw somebody say the dialogue when you kill Papyrus that way. Mm-hmm. Is he just goes, you can do better. Oh, yeah, he still believes in you. Yeah, I still believe in you. I, I still believe in you. You can do better. So this person got so freaked out by that that they stopped. Yeah. Because wow. they were that's, so that's, bummed it, out. That's still so heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. That you can, like, utterly hurt this person so much and, like, leave them so devastated and empty. And they're like, but I still believe in you. Mm-hmm. That's this really kind of ties into Papyrus being the most together person in the end. Mm-hmm. He's the optimist. Mm-hmm. So then you go into um, Waterfall, and everyone's gone from the town. You fight the dummy. Um, you remember oh, the dummy fight? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what happens is the dummy is so enraged by you attacking its um, friend um, that the rage allows it to... Co- corporeally take form as the dummy instead of being a ghost possessing the dummy and becomes like a, a real monster again and it's so happy that it spares you oh no oh and then Jesus. which makes it vulnerable to physical attacks as oh, well no. and then you can kill it that's terrible so the the creature that you can't actually kill at all in a regular route becomes able to be killed and then you can kill it <laughs> It's get it's gonna get worse here very yeah, soon. Yeah, it gets worse. <laughs> all the echo, all the echo flowers are silent. Oh god! What are you gonna say? Which, you... which makes sense because yeah. they've all run away, yeah. so they, no one has anything to say to the flowers, so they have nothing to say is in return. Mm-hmm. I thought you were gonna say the echo flowers are all screams of terror. Oh god! <laughs> and like, we have or people saying we have to get out of here, hurry! Yeah. Oh, but, which one is wor- like save the children? Oh, oh which would be worse though, like screams of terror or the mm-hmm. silence. And of course, at this point, you're still fighting random encounters and clearing out waterfall. Yeah. But the thing I was going to ask is, when does San say tips for fighting my brother don't? Is that neutral or no mercy? Oh, I forget because that's a really funny line. Yeah. Oh, and it's at, at near the end of Snowden. Um, you'll talk to Sans and or Sans, and you're, he's just gives you a little warning. Um, if you can keep, hey, if you keep going down this path you're on, then you're gonna have a bad time. Yeah. So, the, yeah. so he disappears after Papyrus, right? Mm-hmm. And then he so disappears until the end of the game. <laughs> mm-hmm. Unless, except in the Shiren fight, you can see a hooded figure in the oh, distance. God. Oh, wow. So cool. Mm. So you go through waterfall and kill everybody and the the octopus the nice octopus isn't there. Um oh, monster kid he's afraid. Monster kid still trusts you. Oh, monster kid no. still wants to be your friend. 
Oh, and it's worse because he's a kid, so he's all naive and he doesn't know. Yeah. So you get to the bridge where he falls. Um, and he doesn't fall, I think. He um, get, starts to get progressively more freaked out by you and, the, and that face you're making. And then you walk up. The character outside of your control walks up to the monster kid slowly. Um, and then it goes into the battle screen. Oh, and it's no. the monster kid. And you can check the monster kid, and the t- description is looks like free EXP. Oh my <laughs> god! Oh my god. Oh. That's so terrible! So you fight the monster kid. You can spare him. You can. You can, you can walk and away. You can walk away from here. And then Undyne jumps in front of him and takes the hit. And then sends him, goes, come on, just listen to me next time. I told you not to talk to the human. I'll, I'll take care of this. And then she starts to melt away, just like in the neutral run. Because you hit her in one hit, because you are so powerful at this point. At that point, yeah. Um, so um, at, what point, at, what, at that point, what level were you actually at? I, I forget, but it was high. Um, you can get to max of 20. Yeah. Oh, okay. So you kill, um, so you kill Undyne, except not. Your body starts to melt away, <laughs> and then, like, seeing how fucked up and malevolent you are, something clicks in her head, and she realizes just who she's fighting for. And un- instead, in the neutral run when she's dying, it's just kind of like stubbornness, and she's like, no, I'll never give up. I won't die. And then she mm-hmm. dies, and it's really sad. It's like she realizes who you're a threat to. Yeah. And it's just everybody. And she feels the hopes and dreams of everyone riding on her shoulders. And she's reborn as Undyne the Undying. That's so cool. Through That's the power rad. of anime. Yep. Through the power of anime. And it's completely fucking sincere. And it's easily way harder than any of the fights in the rest of the game up to this point. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very challenging fight. It's really fucking fun. I beat it on my first try. Um, <laughs> um, it's really fun. And a lot of people have had like hours of trouble with it, which is perfect. People, should, people can quit the game right here because Undyne gives them so much trouble. Um, because the, the evil root doesn't have like a difficulty curve. Um, no. <laughs> it's a bunch of tedious grinding and you one hit most of the bosses. And then there's two points where the game gets astronomically hard to two very different degrees. Mm-hmm. Like Undying the Undying is still basically fair as long as you've played the other routes first. Mm-hmm. It's just like an optional super boss. But then we get to another fight later. Um, and then Undying Fies dies. And if you are determined enough <laughs> to win the fight, and she just goes, even that power wasn't enough. And then warns you that Alphys is already evacuating everybody and that Asgore is going to devour take absorb the six souls and become something that even you can't beat oh wow yeah um and then you move on from there into hotland and alphys isn't there mm. um is metaton think, at all i think metaton's gone too um you don't see alphys for the whole game yeah. oh wow then you just yeah. move through hotland all the puzzles are solved for you 
Um, you don't have to do any of the puzzles in this game because you just because you don't want to have fun with the puzzles, I guess. <laughs> no, fuck puzzles. And that character is on a goddamn mission. That mm-hmm. even makes sense story-wise because it was her reactivating the puzzles yeah. when you yeah. got yeah, there. Definitely. Ooh. And if no one's there to do it, then you can just walk through. Yep. Yeah. I I ha- don't have the heart to do a No Mercy run, mm-hmm. but I especially wouldn't if you had to kill Alphys. Yeah, like that's oh, too much. Yeah. You, you you never fight her. No, no, my God. Um, and you move through all of um, Hotland and you get to the hotel. It's barren. Um, my memory here is a bit of a blank. Hotland has like forty five monsters you have to kill. To oh God, progress. It's three times as much as the other areas. It includes the core, but it's a ridiculous. So you have to grind and grind to continue which is tedious as hell right why are you doing this hmm interesting it's not fun because the bosses (laughs) are all really easy or really hard and it's lots of grinding and then you keep going and then you meet metaton and metaton is (laughs) like so determined at this point because you're a threat to humanity and metaton cares a lot about humanity and morphs into their ultimate super form Metaton Neo with a unique sprite and a unique song, mm-hmm. and so then you kill, him, you kill him in one hit. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, I've, I've seen people get pissed over that because of the music and stuff. It's like, why wasn't this a boss fight? It's like, mm-hmm. you're kind of missing the point. Yeah, missing it would have been so yeah. awesome if there was a boss fight. Like, you oh are an God. irredeemable monster at this point. The fact that you are doing these things and, like, able to one-shot these bosses makes entire sense. Mm-hmm. It does, yeah. Um, it's definitely just not supposed to be compelling in, like, a traditional hmm. mechanical sense. Just like most, a lot of the moments in the game. I guess Undying the Undying is the only one you don't one-shot, actually. Yep. Yep. Because the boss coming up. <laughs> yeah. So you get through... Oh no, this is great. You get to New Home and oh. get the random encounter exposition thing. Only instead of monsters, it's Flowey. Oh. And wow. Flowey just keeps popping up and is like talking commiserating with you because they talk to you at the end of the um after killing Toriel. He's like, I like you. Mm-hmm. We should do we should I've got a plan, you see? And they just keep commiserating with you and like, you're just we're just so much alike. Everything is great. I'm so glad to be with you again, mm-hmm. Kara, John. Mm-hmm. Um, so then the little sequence continues, and then Flowey, sees the, Flowey says something to the effect of, um, people like me and you, we wouldn't hesitate to kill each other if we got in each other's way. And the implications of that seem to strike him. Mm-hmm. And he sees the expression on your face that the player can't see. And he goes, that, that, that's not funny, man. That's not funny. <laughs> That's sick. You're sick. <laughs> and mm-hmm. then kind of runs away. That's just hilarious that, mm-hmm. like, Flowey is just totally behind you all the way. And then he sees how far you are willing to go. And it's how just like, twisted and. It's like, you're way more evil. fucked up than me, man. <laughs> compared to yeah. you. Compared to you. I mean, it's not so bad. You, yeah. Which is really fucked up because of how scary Flowey is in the neutral end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. It's like what Psychomantis says to Snake. When uh, when he's dying, he looks into Snake's soul, and he's just like, huh, compared to you, I'm not so bad. <laughs> but yeah, I, it's really striking to me how 
in the neutral and pacifist route, New Home is this backstory of Azrael and Chara. Mm-hmm. But then in No Mercy, it becomes the backstory of Flowey, and it's really kind of heartbreaking. Because mm-hmm. it's him like talking about how he died and then woke up as a flower, but then he didn't feel any emotions anymore. That's just so and, like yeah. that's really away, loaded. And he ran away from Asgore. And he that learned that he he learned that he had the power of saving and resetting. Right. Mm-hmm. I think so, so. It always creeps me out, like in, in, when 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 like losing the ability to feel things. Uh, it is something that a character goes through. Remember, that was something that really bothered me when I was uh, reading and watching uh, Psychano. Uh, is mm-hmm. a character losing Uh-oh. her ability to feel emotions or any kind of sensation at all and becoming just this husk of a person alive, but really kind of technically dead. That always just creeps me out for some reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's something very powerful about it, I think. Well, because um, it speaks to... Exp- experiences with mental illness and depression exactly I think. exactly yeah and i there's probably a fear that everyone has of losing their emotions and not being able to feel and mm-hmm. you know in turn get that feeling mm-hmm. that's because that's that's a lot that's a hell of a lot scarier than that can be much scarier than really strong feelings mm-hmm. yeah and, and john and i nerded out about harry potter and everything and you know, <laughs> Voldemort couldn't feel love and he couldn't give love. And that's mm-hmm. very powerful. Mm-hmm. I think. And it's also like in this route, you kind of have to turn off your emotions to let yourself mm-hmm. kill everybody. To let yourself keep going with that route. Mm-hmm. And they do give you outs to fall back onto a neutral path. Yeah. And, you know. and then it's just, I just never really expected this much characterization of that flower at the start of the game. I know. Um, Nothing's one off. And I think there's a commentary to it, just like how there's a commentary about leveling up and what that means with other games. Yeah. Uh, there's commentary in what killing means when you know, you look at Legend of Zelda or something and you have to kill all the enemies in a room to mm-hmm. advance or to open a door. Or, and there's a lot of commentary to that. Yeah, like you're ending lives. Of, yeah, of how so many games have that and you don't really think about it. It's just like, okay, I have to advance. I have to kill everything in this room. I have to kill this boss. And the commentary there is really striking. It reminds me of an interview I read with a developer a long time ago. I can't remember who it was, but um, he was asked, uh, um, like, why so many video games are about destroying things. And he said, well, the easiest thing to program in a game is to make something disappear. It's hard to keep things on screen. You know, it's hard to keep things huh. on screen and move things forward. And I thought that mm-hmm. that was really, really cool uh, when, you know, when I thought about the No Mercy route uh, from a gameplay uh, perspective and how it could be a commentary on how we approach games as playing them as well as creation. And I thought that, that was a really uh, uh, relevant uh, comment uh, to fall back on and to remember. Be- because it's so ingrained into you as a player, just like watching, you know, numbers go up. Right. Making it's, things disappear is ma- good because it, you go yeah, forward. B- yeah, it's just ingrained into you. Mm-hmm. And it's something that's just always been around since the Legend of Zelda in the 80s to today. And, or even, you know, just like in Mario, you jump on Goombas and don't think about it. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, like, you know, kind of an impulse to jump on that first Goomba. And... But imagine that Goomba's spirit flying out of its body <laughs> and into the yeah. sky. And it's just like, well, shit, I just ended a life. Yeah. Then there's all all games that have kind of played with that, like MGS3, 
mm-hmm. um, and the Sorrow Battle, where you oh, see the oh. spirits of every enemy you've killed throughout the game. That's one of my favorite moments in a video game ever, mm-hmm. just because, like, it freaked me the fuck out the first time. I had no idea that was coming. You know, like, when I play a new Metal Gear game, I go into it completely eyes closed. So when I got to the Sorrow and I saw what was happening, and, like, the game doesn't only remember that you killed this guy, it remembers how you killed the guy. So if you, like, broke his neck, his head would be hanging off to the side, or if you slit wow. his throat... Or if you slit his throat, he'd be, like, running around. Or if you set him on fire, he would just be, He's, like, like charred up. Oh, yeah, wow. it's just... And he's, like, running forward, you screaming about how he's on fire. Mm-hmm. And it burns. It's like, oh, my God, this is terrible. I am a terrible human being. <laughs> this is gonna change how we all play video games from now on. It's like, do I need to kill them? I can't do, do I, an Isaac. They have a life. When do they have a family? You, you could <laughs> almost do an Isaac pacifist run because all the uh, doors in a room will open after three minutes, whether the oh, enemies geez. are dead or not. Oh, wow. Even but, bosses? But not bosses, no. Um, mm, gotcha. So you got to get the dog ending. Yeah. ASX <laughs> human revolution. Oh, man. Fuck the bosses in that. <laughs> like, I want to see my numbers go up now. Yeah. Mm. I, I told you I went straight to nap after... Undertale, and then it was like just the really funny killing, like the um, visual novel. Yeah. <laughs> uh, another thing Flowey, I think, says here is how when he gained the power of save and load, like he would do stuff like kill everybody and then load it back mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. And that's very much speaking to how I kind of play games once in a while. Yeah, like if you play, like, like I play, like when I play an open world game, uh-huh. and, and I'm at, and I'm at the end of a session, I was like, oh, okay, I've made all the progress I want to make now. Go on a killing spree. Don't even think about it because, like, yeah. I'm not gonna save. Like when I was playing Sleeping Dogs, I would just run around bulldog suplexing everybody <laughs> and kicking them in the face and running people's heads into cars. <laughs> oh man. I would, Put people in the trunk and drive around, and then throw the trunk in, or throw the car into the river. Yeah, I, I definitely was like that with Life is Strange, where I was like, okay, let me go with this decision. Mm, let me rewind, see what this decision is like, and then just rewinding again. Which decision did I like more? This one, like, because you can do that, and you know, you can play around with yeah. the saves. So I think that's mm-hmm. a really cool, like, the saving and loading and how they contextualize it in Undertale is really interesting, and it's, like you've said all along, it's a great commentary on how we play games. Yeah, yeah this and game it- is making some really great commentary, whether and who knows, maybe it wasn't the intention, maybe it was. I remember uh, when Jetstorm was playing Earthbound, he would, like, post pictures, like, this game isn't commentary, it's not commentary, it's not commentary, and there's still some commentary going on, <laughs> and it's, you know... Who knows, maybe it was his intention, maybe it wasn't, but the commentary that is being made is fantastic to look at. Striking as hell. Mm -hmm. It's striking to observe and see how maybe other people will approach playing games and making games. Yep. Because it's not just players, it's people who make games too. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, when I play Fallout 3 and Skyrim, and those are games that'll remember every NPC in the entire world. Yep. Sometimes I just fucking massacre everybody and then go, load! (laughs) <laughs> They're all back. Like, I even have a video where I killed Omadon like three times. Because <laughs> saving and loading is very powerful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, I'm kind of thinking about um, how much everyone kind of freaked out with, with, um, would you kindly? <laughs> yeah. Um, and I just, and I'm just thinking, I really like Undertale a lot more than Bioshock. <laughs> but that was. I, I, like, I like Undertale a lot more than Bioshock as well. <laughs> But that was a really good early moment of a game 
kind of throwing really back fucking with you what mm. you've been doing the entire time in yeah. your face mm-hmm. in a clever way. Mm-hmm. And I can't mm-hmm. believe I never got spoiled on it until because I yeah, me neither. God, that final boss though. <laughs> yeah, so. everything after killing Andrew Ryan. Whoops, spoilers. Yeah, mm. everything after that is really dumb and not mm-hmm. good. But like. That would you kindly reveal of how you're being manipulated the whole time and how it was set up to be that way. The code word is just like, yeah, mm-hmm. God, it, it was one of my favorite things to ever happen in a game for a long mm-hmm. time. Yeah. And it's just kind of commentary on the linear games where you're just going forward and killing mm-hmm. for no particular reason. Just because mm-hmm. it's telling you to and cause you, because you can. Mm-hmm. Even though Undertale obviously does that way better now. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think this game kind of redeems sort of that history of the shame player shaming type stuff with spec ops and even games sort of like redder like we talked about our experiences with redder's story and environmental destruction and whatnot where you're given one path forward and it's negative um and then a lot of games like shadow of the colossus contextualize that with character so it makes sense Mm -hmm. this is what this character is going to do no matter what um and i feel like undertale if there's any issue with that it's kind of redeemed um, for how it kind of speaks to this lineage, I think. Yeah. Since even Toby Fox's Halloween hack is that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think, so, the next part of Undertale is probably one of, what I think is one of the densest and kind of most loaded beats in the game is the Sans boss fight. Ooh. It's weird that this feels like kind of the iconic defining moment of the game. And that, most yeah, people aren't going to see it. most people won't yeah. see Mm-hmm. Oh. I, I definitely like when I saw like I read like what his attack is on Tumblr and I was like oh oh wow <laughs> that so makes good. it makes so much sense it's so good and I was just like wow mm-hmm. and like it's... the the person who like originally posted was like this fucked me up I was like that would fuck me up too do you mean mm-hmm. the okay what do you mean spe- what, what do you mean specifically uh that his Sans's attack is what Papyrus doesn't get to show you. Oh, yeah. I think like, one do of... you remember blue attacks? No, you don't, because you fucking killed him. <laughs> yeah, the first thing he does is a blue attack and slam you into the ground. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The fu- and also, um, just about the, the first joke of... Um, I always wondered why people didn't start off with their strongest attack. <laughs> That's so good. And I love that when you like fail it so many times, he just interrupts his speech and does it. Without, like, any kind of prior notice. Like, Mm. you're just thumbing through the text box like you normally do. Oh, by the way, you're in the middle of an attack now. Whoops. (laughs) The, um, so you get to the judgment hall and Sans berates you and then also, but then is, he's, he has to care now. Because otherwise everything is, he because, it's the first time he reveals that he's really aware of the timelines. Mm -hmm. And that everything is going to come to an end if you keep on this path. Um... And then he says something to the effect of, uh, so there's just a bunch of really gut-wrenching dialogue going on during this whole fight. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. There's also a handful of really good jokes. Um, yeah, he still manages to be the funny songs <laughs> we love. Yep. Even though it's like killing him inside. Yeah. The first the first line of the fight is, you're going to have a bad time. Which yep. is why that's so iconic. And it all but that... fits in so much with his character. Mm-hmm. Um. He does one of his lines is I can't. I'm realize now that I can't afford not to care anymore. Mm-hmm. Which, ugh. Um, this is a fight though that really 
maybe goes a bit heavy on player shaming because some of the it's, dialogue just is rough. Like people like you will never be happy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, um, I'm realizing getting to the surface doesn't really appeal to me anymore. Cause I'll just reset right back here. Won't I? Oh, wow. Oh, like um, when he's begging you to stop when it's just like, you're somebody who just goes forward because they can not because of any reason. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, just to see a number the, go up. Yeah. It's sort of the moment, I think, when Toby Fox is speaking to the player most directly. Yeah. Um, that's kind of why I figured, like, there's a song on the soundtrack called Song That Might Play When You Fight Sands. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And it incorporates aspects of his theme and Papyrus's theme. And it's a cool little song. Doesn't play during this fight. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it plays during the song that wasn't made for Undertale. It was made for Toby Fox's original um, Earthbound hack that he then repurposed and used it for a climactic scene in the Homestuck webcomic mm-hmm. that he's repurposing and using again. Yeah. So this isn't really theme of Sands, Megalovania. This yeah. is basically theme of Toby Fox. Yeah, yeah. And this is just it earns the it earns the player shaving dialogue. I think just really well, and I feel like this is just a point where they're speaking just very directly to the player. And I really, it's really interesting. Um, it's, it's like, there's a lot of fan works about this Jesus fight. Jesus Christ, there's and, a lot. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's just like, it's so amazing. Yep. So and, the fight itself, the fight itself is just really cool. Because um, it's just all a bunch of really cool blue attacks and platforming challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, that are some music. And some really good music. That, that some would, and some of the, uh, the the fight would, some would probably justifiably call unfair at points. <laughs> well, the beginning is obviously unfair, and it just it it throws challenges to you, like just like a wall <laughs> to figure it out. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah, that's that's kind of what I'm building towards. For the first half of the fight, it's just like a very logical extension of stuff that's come before. Mm-hmm. Um. Except for the beginning chunk, which is great. Um, and then he's like, he gives this really impassioned speech about that's an extension of what Papyrus says about I believe in you and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And then um, says something to the and then is like, please. And then he offers you mercy. Yep. And if you click mercy, <laughs> he goes, I know how hard it is to go back on all the decisions you've made thus far. And then he does an unavoidable attack and kills you. Mm hmm. Um, and then the game over screen goes, says, get dunked on. Get dunked on. <laughs> the dog theme. That's so great. And the dog theme is also basically Toby Fox's theme in this. Yeah. Because yep. it plays with Annoying Dog, which is his avatar. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep, mm-hmm. yep, yep. And um, the line after that is, if you really are my friend, then you won't come back. Oh, God, oh. the shame is so. It's so palpable. It's so oh, and then. Stuff like, I guess we never were friends. Oh. Don't, don't tell the other Sanses. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, I read all of the dialogue that plays during that fight. And it was just like, it's, I wouldn't ever want to hear him say those things to me. Mm-hmm. I love Sans. He's my and, favorite. And it's, it's like I said earlier with, you know, someone having that disappointed feeling in you. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. cuts deep in mm-hmm. a way that someone being mad at you doesn't. Mm-hmm. Oh. And if you do click fight, he's like, 
Why? Oh, it, when you if you die to the sparing and then come back up to the fight because he has new dialogue <laughs> at the beginning of every fight for like twelve fights or something. Mm-hmm. He goes, "Ooh, wow, you look pissed." Yeah, <laughs> and then did I get you? <laughs> <laughs> and then if you click fight, oh, but then every other fight, um, once you've tried to kill him at, when he offers you mercy, instead of like the impassioned speech, he just goes, "Friendship, it's really great, huh?" So let's stop fighting. Just like so limp. Yeah. Friendship. It's great, huh? Wow. (laughs) And then you fight. And then after that, the fight goes completely off the rails. It starts cutting to black and then cutting in the middle of a new of a different like little warrior challenge that's really hard. And then cutting to black and then cutting to a new scenario. Um and then once it gets back into the menu screen, um (laughs) you can get attacked in the menu screen. Are attacking your cursor, yeah, <laughs> which is because your... the cursor is the heart, yeah, which was on purpose. yeah, and you can get attacked in the menu screen if you check him. It says Sans one HP, one def- zero defense can only deal one damage, the easiest enemy, yeah, <laughs> and his attacks well. can only deal one damage, it's just that he doesn't, he ignores your invincibility frames, yeah, so like every time. A collision box is in, con- in connection with your collision box. Every frame that ticks up, which is 30 frames a second. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you can take as many as 30 hit points in a second of damage. Mm-hmm. So I read something too. Yeah, I read something really interesting. Somebody said that the delay between you taking damage is really low on Toriel and Papyrus mm-hmm. and then higher on later bosses and like Undyne. Mm-hmm. And they said they think that relates to how much they really want to kill you. Oh. That would make sense. And then Sans has by far the highest, obviously. Yeah. Because <laughs> Sans is really pissed. And sad. At that point, like, damn, you killed his brother. I'd be pissed, too. And you killed Undyne, who is who is just a true hero, which is the name yeah. of her theme in this section. And Toriel. And Toriel. Um, so... His so, anger is justified. One of the lines, one of the lines, and the text box is: "It probably isn't a good idea to read this because <laughs> <laughs> you have to get out of it as quick oh. as possible." That is um, good. It's very possible to avoid damage in this fight. It's actually a lot more sensible than the Omega Flowey fight. Yeah, um, which it kind of has to be, I guess. I feel like you can contextualize that as like an attack has to give. Like, it's just sort of the strength of the attack, and then by the time you get to Flowey, he's a god at that point. Yeah, yeah. It's just that you have the checkpoints. That's how I see it. So, Sans, um, you finally get to the end of the fight, and he like, starts building up. I'm going to have to do my special attack, just like Papyrus does. Mm-hmm. And he does, I'm going to do my special attack next, t- next turn. And then finally, all right, that's it. It's time. Survive this, and I'll show you my special attack. And it's this really fun like a minute and a half long gauntlet <laughs> where the thing just like stretch the battle window stretches out it does the turbo tunnel from Battletoads yeah. just as, like <laughs> um just shorthand for unfair design I guess um it's really cool and, pr- and impressive looking and you he's like guys, you guys should play it it's really fun um, he's like sliding off one side of the screen and is coming back around the other yeah. it's like you feel like you're going in a circle mm-hmm and you get to the end, and there's like a s- giant spinning laser beam that chases <laughs> you around. 
And then finally, he just starts smashing. His eye starts glowing. He starts smashing around in every direction, and it's an unavoidable. And it gets you down to one HP. Um, wow. And oh, and using healing items, um, the the fight progresses every turn that you attack because yeah. he dodges your attacks. <laughs> um, and um, if you take a turn to heal, then that's a turn where it's not progressing. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Huh. Yeah, I figured that out kind of the hard way. So healing is, um, which is very necessary, is not. Um, it's not, not going to help turn. you. Yeah, you do get to heal during the spare moment. Yep. That's a free, free heal. And besides, if you don't take damage in the next attack, then you do get the heal. But yeah, you know, it's a big if. Um, and then he finally does a special attack at because he's getting visibly exhausted throughout this fight. Mm-hmm. And then a special attack is nothing, and he just wants you to quit. So. It's going to be like, my turn that's it. forever. I'm done. I'm done. You're done. Now quit. I know that you're very determined, which is great, even though you have absolutely no reason to keep go- playing. And they really hammer they that in. There they is absolutely hammer it. no reason for you to continue now. Mm-hmm. And then he falls asleep after about three minutes. Um, and then <laughs> you can part. drag the box by running into the side over to the fight button. Yeah. And then you do fight, and then he wakes up and dodges it, and he goes, ha, did you really think? And then a second attack hits him. You have to, like, like if if he's not fully asleep, uh, when um, you try to move the box, you'll get moved back. Mm-hmm. His eye glows for a second, mm-hmm. um, which is such a striking image. It's, mm-hmm. like, barely occurs in the whole game, and it's still everywhere on Tumblr. Yep. Um, and then you fight it and then he's like, well, I guess that's it. Don't say I didn't warn you. <laughs> I'm going to Grillby's. Oh, this part. And then he walks off screen slowly oh. and then says, Papyrus, do you want anything? Mm-hmm. And then you hear the, you hear the dust effect and then you go up to level 20. Mm-hmm. Cause you need like 50,000 experience to get to level. Yeah. 20. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Um, the whole dragging the box onto the fight button is so <laughs> fucking incredible. Yeah. yeah, like it's a good, it's a great gameplay metaphor for your ridiculous amount of determination. Yeah, <laughs> where you're just fucking dragging it over, and it takes a while. Mm-hmm. It's a really good like anime discussion metaphor of determination not necessarily having a moral value attached to it. It's something that can be good or evil. Mm. So I stopped playing at this point. <laughs> mm-hmm. Actually, I fought, I beat Sans like two or three more times because this was a really fun fight. Mm-hmm. And the second or third time, he's like, wow, I'm not even going to identify that expression with a description. And then the third time, it's, huh, you're really kind of a freak, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> because and now Chara has so this started... smile. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, Kara's smile. They know so they I, can win. Yeah. So I turned off the game and then watched the rest <laughs> on YouTube because I felt really bad. No, uh, because you knew it was going to fuck your save file, you monster. Because I knew it was going to fuck your save file. Um, yeah, that was exclusively it. And then the ending, um, you get to Asgore and he doesn't absorb the souls because Asgore doesn't do stuff. Asgore can't actually <laughs> take steps to protect people. No. He doesn't have that strength. So he dies in one hit. And then Flowey comes up on screen. He, Flowey comes to warn Asgore about you. And Asgore's like, let's sit down and have a cup of tea. And you kill him. And then Flowey 
but then you almost kill him, and then Flowey, Flowey does the last hit, and then says, "See, see, I was just, I was on your team." Mm. And then he just starts jabbering, and then Tor- uh, Azrael's face shows up, and he goes, "Please don't kill me." And then there's like six different frames where you stomp on Flowey, oh. and he gets oh. crushed into the dirt. God. And dies. And it doesn't cut back to the screen from there. Um, a little green kid that looks kind of like you shows up from in the battle screen and then talks to you and is like, hello, my name is John. Um, and just has some dialogue. And one of them is, I am the feeling feeling what that you feel whenever you see an e- a level go- whenever your level goes up <laughs> um and then he gives you a choice um do you want to erase this world or keep going and then whatever you pick he's like he's, if you click um do not erase there's like a little kind of screamer effect and he's like did you really think you ever had a choice that's you so were ever good. no. Do you ever think you were ever really in control? That's so good. Yeah. And then the game crashes. Yep. And you turn it back on, and it's blank wind. And if you wait there for ten minutes, um, you Kakar will say, um, "We'll offer you to reset the world for you, but only if you give him your soul." Mm. Wow. And then there's a true reset, and then you're fine. Um, <laughs> Uh, and you go through the entire passive history, and then at the very, very, very end, um, Kara appears, and um, it's very heavily implied that he can now go and that sorry they can go now and kill everybody. God. Well, it, so there's two ways that can play out. Either if you stay with uh, Toriel, mm-hmm. like, they spring up in the bed with a ping, and red eyes, flashes, and then there's like this horrific laugh on a fade to like I think of red the end mm-hmm. but then if you don't stay with Toriel you get the photograph of everyone and everyone else's face is crossed off with like red marker in the oh. next wow it's fucked up that mm. is really fucked I have seen like fan art of the photo yeah yeah, yeah there's no there is no in-game way to erase that uh, that's just that's permanent it's actually um, separate, stored separately from all the other save files. Oh, that is messed oh, wow. up. It's, it's stored. It, it's a registry value. Oh yes. my god! It's, it's like a system file. It's fucking. The crazy. fact that it goes in and creates that in your registry, which most people aren't going to mess with their registry. No. Yeah. Aren't. So your save is ba- your game is basically if you don't know what you're doing in RegEdit is permanently fucked. <laughs> yeah. But really, you still you still have access to all the content. Yeah, the content. You still get to see everything. You get to do. You get to play through the whole game as much as you want. You get exactly what you wanted. You can see everything you want. Really, oh. just adding an extra cutscene. And Isn't the spec- this- <laughs> but the specter of what you've done gets to stick to your soul. Yeah, for the it's person that does the genocide run, that does the evil route. No mercy. The no mercy route. Um, that shouldn't really matter, right? Right. So a person will get to that point, and then why does this matter so much? 
if it matters to you, then it matters to you for a reason. And you need to think about what that reason is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I'm fine because I um, only watch the rest <laughs> on YouTube, which is totally ethical. Like the right. game doesn't call you that. The game, only Flowey calls you out on that. And I was and Flowey was dead in the part I watched. So yeah. okay. um, He's just like, oh, you backed out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Apparently, I haven't seen this for myself, but if you do multiple no mercy roots at the end, he's like, well, I already have your soul. <laughs> what's, what's wrong with you? <laughs> you are a really fucked up person. Jesus. And that's the no mercy run. And it's, it's dark. It's, it's creepy pasta. E this game has creepy pasta for itself contained within itself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Sorry if I took a long time kind of detailing all that. Well, that's fine. We, we had to. I mean, it's, it's an important part of the game. Who didn't do the No Mercy run. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. it, it's important for us to hear it. It's a spoiler for us in a spoiler cast already. Mm. Well, yeah. Hopefully you feel okay not having looks like... Oh, I feel XP. fine leaving it at a true end and never touching the game again. <laughs> unless, mm-hmm. unless I want to see the characters and how cute they are. Mm-hmm. It's weird, though, because No Mercy is this route a lot of people won't do, but I feel the game gains so much because it's there. It does. It exactly. really does. It gives it's... weight to your actions when you don't kill, and it fills in a ton of character backstory that doesn't really make sense without it, mm-hmm. especially for yeah. Char and Sans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like Char and Sans both kind of, or Char, whatever, both kind of exist completely in the um, regular playthrough. The videotapes don't really make sense without that extra bit. Mm-hmm. And um, some uh, and Asriel's hidden speech doesn't really make so much sense, and maybe Sansa's hidden hidden lab doesn't really make so much sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the vast majority of the story is very complete um, by the time you reach the true ending. Yeah, it's yeah. just extra stuff that makes that adds to stuff. Kind of fills it. in the rest, and... like Cave Story. Mm-hmm. Like Cave Story isn't really so much the neutral end, and that's it's the yeah. It's that this provides more on top of a complete story in an elegant way. Um, so the idea that the game is like incomplete if you don't do this and the game is, make, is bad because it's making me feel bad for completing its story when things are very much emotionally complete by the end is just weird to me. Uh, I think one thing I kind of don't like about No Mercy, though, is how everyone has just taken it to assume that Chara is just pure evil. Yeah, I don't when like that either. I think at the start of the game, you are kind of this blank slate, and you are basically playing as Chara the whole game. Mm-hmm. It's kind of controlling Frisk and judging them. Mm-hmm. And it's really the no mercy route is you making them into this evil person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like to think that, after talking with you, I like to think that um, yeah. Chara is just kind of silently redeemed in the true end. Yeah, yeah, definitely, because that ending is about you, the player, letting go. Yeah. And another thing is that the stuff like the videotapes and Asriel saying that Chara wasn't a nice person, like, that can be justified as um, Toriel says, if we really wanted to break the barrier, we had once we could have had one soul, we could have just merged with Asgore and then gone out into the human world and got six more souls. Mm-hmm. And I think you could imply that that's what Azrael was actually trying to do. He wasn't trying to go on this murder spree. Mm-hmm. They just wanted to get six more souls to break the barrier. It was totally... Mm-hmm. 
Really, it's just that Kara really is sad about hum- doesn't like humanity. And there's a lot of reasons not to like humanity. <laughs> yeah, and I yeah. think they even say, like, do you know why they fell here? Mm-hmm. And it's because they didn't like humanity. Like, they say that in the true ending, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Frisk probably has issues, too. Frisk, like, Frisk didn't have anyone to go back to, apparently, in the true end, which yeah. is really sad. So, anybody, like, just the process of playing an RPG, there's a certain aspect of, like, escapism... I feel like, certainly for me, where if I'm going to go into this 50, into this world for this virtual world for 60 hours, it's probably something is going on that I'm not entirely satisfied with outside of Mount Ebbet yeah. um, in mm-hmm. the real world. So I feel like Kara's sort of that little bit of dissatisfaction that makes RPGs so attractive in the first place. Mm-hmm. And even in games in general, because, I mean, you can look at what's happening in the world within the past week. Oh, jeez. And it's like, yeah, you want that escape. I want to dive into a game like Fantasy Life Mm -hmm. for a few hours because (laughs) I just kind of want to be in a peaceful, happy place. Yeah. And you can look at that with any game, not just RPGs, you know. Mm-hmm. But just any game, simulators, you know, know, virtual novels, anything. Mm Mm-hmm. And they create, and like Toby Fox created this world that operates under that exact same rule set. So it's just like a matter of trying to parse out where that line is, I guess. Because with Toby Fox, it's complete the story and then just let it be. You can yeah. go back to yeah. the world. You have to, it's time to say goodbye. And that hurts. So why does it hurt? Let's examine that. It's, it's something. So, so have we wrung everything out of Undertale that we possibly can? Before answering questions? Before answering some questions. Are there any notable fan works y'all wanted to mention? Uh, just, um, go, just go look at the fucking Tumblr. <laughs> you go look I at think Tumblr. We, I think you like, brought it up enough that... Yeah, cool. I think we I did, talked a lot. I want to do a call-out for that one stronger-than-you sans version. Yes. That's so good. That so was so good. Peak fucking there's, Tumblr. That's so Tumblr. Where um, it's like the Steven Universe theme, like if you're in trouble and you're on the rise, yeah. And it's like all the characters have their own little parts to say in correlation with the song. Yeah, I love that fan art so much. It's so cute. Mm-hmm. I think I remember just seeing the um, Steven Stronger Than You comic and then just being like under the covers in bed and singing it to myself and being to Anna like, "Don't come in. I don't want you to see me like this." <laughs> It's it's amazing because it's like I know you're made of the uh 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 of, it, <laughs> but it has such a total different connotation yeah. in this game. Oh, fucking dunked on. <laughs> Whew, I can probably recite that at this point, but no, okay. Um, so rat. Also, also, I really like the um the dance simu- dance dance revolution Megalovania that fucks with the interface oh, above. Yeah. Oh, that's really good. I love that. Um, so, um, Rhett, we're going to get the questions, but I'm going to go ahead and get one out of the way. Um, okay. First, uh, our dear friend Poncho Smith sent us a really, 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 really exhaustive and very long uh, critique of Undertale. Um, and I did a dry reading of it earlier because I was going to just like read it and like punch it in later, but it ended up being six minutes and 32 seconds of me just reading. 
So uh, I talked with him about it, and he said it would be okay for me to sort of paraphrase it as, I enjoyed everything about Undertale except playing it. Um, and I think that, you know, the points that he brought up, uh, uh, specifically relating to things like uh, he didn't like the boss fights. He felt like a lot of them didn't work well, like the mechanics of them either didn't feel fair because he just doesn't like bullet hell games uh, and things like that. He felt that, like, uh, the ones involving, like, that, that felt like were sort of platformy, uh, he said, you know, just don't feel right because, you know, the, like, the way you control your heart slash soul doesn't really um, feel. But he has a lot of problems with... Mm-hmm. He's just, honed it on the um, the Omega Flowey and Sans fights in particular. Yeah, th- those fights in particular, he said that he tried for eight hours or so uh, <laughs> to beat Sans and just couldn't do it and deleted his save file. Um, and, and that's a bummer, you know, like, I, and, and I can relate to that on uh, a certain level because I am the kind of person who I used to judge games very harshly, uh, for mechanical reasons. Like if the slightest thing bothered me about the controls of a game, I would fucking stop playing. And I know that I like over the years, Rhett's probably heard me do and <laughs> quit a lot of games because, you know, and not give them a fair shot, you know, but it's been like in the last five to seven years where, I've sort of learned to take different things away from games, even if they're not like the most mechanically elegant or well put together. Uh, I'm able to find, you know, different ways to enjoy them. Um, and, I, and I'll say that, you know, like, I think that his, his criticisms are valid because those are his opinions, you know, like, and that uh-huh. it's not necessarily the kind of thing that he wanted to play. It's not what he wanted from this game. Uh, but ultimately he does see it like, you know, as a really cool thing, but ultimately, like, it's the gameplay stuff that left him underwhelmed. Yeah, and I think... I, I can see where he's coming from as someone who has also never played a bullet hell game. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely see where he's coming from. I didn't really feel the same way in terms of being underwhelmed or overwhelmed. I didn't have a huge problem with the bullet hell portions or the platform portions. But I can definitely see his critique on it, and I do think it's a fair critique, even if I don't necessarily agree with it. Right. Yeah, I think the combat is best when it's subverting itself. Yeah. Because, like, almost all the major bosses add a twist. Mm-hmm. So if you're not down with, like, the baseline kind of bullet hell stuff, when it starts throwing curveballs, like, I can see that being really frustrating. Uh, the things that um, I really liked about, like, the Sans fight and the Omega Flowey fight, or that... By that point, you're so far outside of thinking about this as just a video game because there's such fourth mm-hmm. wall breaking things. You know, you're already at the point of the game acknowledging save and load. And I think by that point, everything's fair game. So if like the boss wants to break the rules and just be bullshitty, I think it's going it, to do that. It fits really well with like mm-hmm. um, the tone that it was trying to set there and the message that it's conveying, you know, which it might not be fun from a gameplay standpoint. <laughs> If you're looking at it from, you know, a pure standpoint, um, but that's really why I like that those parts of the game is because, yeah, they're bullshitty and unfair. But for one, it's an amazing spectacle. Um, and two, it's just like really subverting itself in like the most extreme way. Yeah, yeah. I can see people really hating the Omega Flowey fight because it takes away your level and your healing items. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if you really just can't dodge, like it can be pretty awful because yeah. it kills yeah. you pretty quickly sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But but I also think fighting Sans for for eight hours and just giving up 
fits so perfectly with that fight. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's what it's trying to that's do, just literally. Ideal. Yeah, mission accomplished. The game did what it was trying to do. Like, it's mm-hmm. not trying to be fun at that point. The hero wins. Yeah. If that happens. Well, Undyne died. Undyne died, you're right. <laughs> the hero wins, and then Sans just is. Yeah. I wish he had gone for true pacifist instead of no mercy because no mercy isn't supposed to be fun yeah it really isn't like the game actively is discouraging you from doing this the whole time and it gives Mm -hmm. you ways out so part of me wonders if the characters just really didn't resonate with um, i think that's a huge part because that was a thing that toby fox straight up said it was like you know this is the kind of game where if you don't like my characters or my sense of humor then it's just not going to work for you at all Mm -hmm. and yeah he said he loved the characters, though. Yeah, but he like if you him. didn't if you didn't if you didn't go for the two pacifist end before the no mercy end, did you really love them? <laughs> I'm not trying to judge like no, like, not at all. Categorize not. anybody's feelings or anything, no. but I yeah. feel like that speaks a little bit to the, lo- the how, just how Ponchi was engaging with the story, and mm-hmm. that's it's valid. It's just very completely outside of my perspective. Yeah, it sounds like he was a little more engaged with the gameplay part, which yeah. is probably why he came away from, like, we can't say for sure, only he can, uh, and, you know, just from his words and what he said to us. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, you know, I think that, you know, that's a, that's a good place to move on to. Any other mm-hmm. questions we have? I guess, I, oh, sorry, can I, <laughs> I guess with me, I just never think about things, um, from like a pure mechanical standpoint. Yeah, I don't feel like a pure mechanical standpoint exists in my critical framework. Gotcha. I can't think of that. And I think I... this game especially doesn't work that way. Because like the Steam reviews, like the jokey ones, are kind of like the battle system's kind of boring. <laughs> yeah. Um. I mean, definitely. Like since I've met you three, I've learned to look at games from what it's trying to convey. And like what I'm getting and what I'm getting from it and critiquing the game itself on how I felt it played and how I, you know, kind of reacted to it. Right. You know, like, mm-hmm. and I brought it up earlier with Beyond Eyes. I understood what the game is trying to convey and what it's trying to tell me, but ultimately something didn't click. Right. Because, mm-hmm. and, you know, whether that's on me or the game, I don't really know, but... Like I said, I did understand what it was trying to convey. It just, something felt like it was missing. Right. And, yeah. you know, my experience you engaged with, with, and my You engaged experience with the level with that it was on and then failed. It and my experience like it, with it, it as a result wasn't as great. So. Okay. Other questions? They're all from Tengu Gemini. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I almost want to say, like, Excluding Azrael stuff because it's such an easy answer. Mm. Favorite song on the soundtrack. Damn it, you're excluding Azrael. <laughs> I'm saying that because it's Hopes and Dreams is such a slam. Yeah, dunk. Hopes and Dreams is a fucking slam dunk. I really like Megalovania. Megalovania is fucking timeless, That's... just as timeless. Mm. Um, uh, almost all the boss songs are so good, though. Yeah, like, they are. Yeah. Um, um, I really like the music that plays anytime Sons and Papyrus are around. They're just mm-hmm. like these uh, really jokey kind of hokey like Alex's theme is really nice in a similar yes. way. Yeah, for me, it's all the boss seems like yeah, uh, they're Muffet. just they're just so Muffet's good. Really great. And they strike um, that really crazy over the top Toho kind of feel. Mm-hmm. 
even Napster Blue's song is good. And then they have their hard version when you fight the Oh, God, with dummy. the dummy. Yeah, because yeah. it's also a ghost. I think this speaks to one thing about Undertale's this. Like, like all of the songs that are attached to settings, like the Ruins theme and the Hotland theme and the Core theme, are like really good songs. But I feel like they're not engaging with the part of Undertale's story that is most resonant, so they don't stick out mm-hmm. in our minds as much. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't know. The core and Hotline songs are so good. Mm. They are really good. I was definitely humming the core song for a while. Cool. Mm. Uh, For me, it's the song that plays in uh, Toriel's home. That just kind of soft guitar. Like, the feeling. It just gave me a good feeling. Good stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. The song it plays during, like, Undertale the Musical, like, Metatons kind of (laughs) sad theme. I really love that. Um. I just thought that was a great moment. Yeah. Overall. And it ties into um, the resolution. And um, I just really love that. And the theme, the Undertale-like theme that it plays when you're walking up to Asgore. Yeah. And they're telling you, like, the story. I really love yeah. that song. That I think it's amazing. just so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And again, also the feeling it gives me, um, very solemn yet peaceful. And you know you're coming to a resolution. And I just really love it. I feel like that song, like, the full seven minutes represents determination mm-hmm. yeah like kind of coming on to this thing that's scary but you're gonna see it through yeah mm-hmm. but the really best song asgore's is... theme. it's just like but... a visit to the dentist when I, when when heartache comes in on asgore's theme it just mm. kills me hopes and dreams made me sob listening to it in the car and i think asgore made me cry at least once um oh <laughs> john cries a lot yeah i cry knows. a lot it's pretty great Okay, favorite boss fights. Every one of them. <laughs> I really love the Muffet one, but yeah. it yes. also has that really overwhelming part. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, I, I always thought I thought that the um, cupcake attack was perfect that I loved every time. <laughs> I think I just had an okay time dodging it, so it was a really good experience with me. I love all the boss fights. I can't. For me, so... a, lot of the, a lot of the boss fights just come from like the commentary made. Like during mm-hmm. the Undyne fight, Undyne suplexes the boulder because she can. <laughs> oh, Undyne God. looks at you and makes a slitting motion with her finger, and it's just <laughs> for me Undyne's a lot of towards the sky. <laughs> yeah, a lot for me. A lot of it just comes from like the commentary and how I love the commentary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really hard to disconnect, like, the fight, the characters, the music, yeah. the gameplay. Yeah, I, think, I think they just mean as a whole, like, mm-hmm. what, how does this fight, res- how, what is the most resonant fight? God. But then it's still, it's all of them. It's, it's all, all of them. It's all of them in their own very unique ways. Yeah. Even the dummy fight is awesome because you yeah. shoot the bullets back at him. Mm-hmm. love the dummy fight because it's so, just the music and then the it's some of the funniest dialogue in the game. He maybe. does an armless god dance. Just... <laughs> When he's um when he yells at his own bullets, yes, <laughs> you're useless, useless, useless. Uh, oh wait, um, uh, I have won my I'll do my true power now, which is relying that on people that aren't garbage. <laughs> <laughs> I've got knives. I All right, I've got you. one knife. <laughs> um, it's like the two story fights that exist most outside of the story are the dummy yeah. and the muff fight, and they're yeah. amazing. They are. Yeah. I think my favorite is Sans. Like, if there was oh. a fight that I would want yeah. to play and learn, but I don't have what it takes to do to get to that point, 
I would want to just play and learn the Sans fight because it's just mm-hmm. so awesome and such a yeah. spectacle. Mm-hmm. It's so evil that there's no just exhibition match version. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I just want to throw a shout out to Metaton EX though. It's so good. It's yeah. so silly because so it's a shmup, but you're trying to get ratings, and it's yeah. just... you turn away dramatically and scuff at the audience. Oh. You turn, you turn heel. It's so... you turn heel. So good. <laughs> and I love that. Like there, there's so many Easter eggs in that fight too. Like, oh, I changed my armor and I just got 1,500 ratings. <laughs> what? Or if you eat a glam burger, eat a glam burger, you get 2,000 or something. Um... So is that fight just wrestling? Basically, I guess. Pretty much. It's pretty much a rating thing. Um, but, like, you're turning heel and, like, boasting to the audience. Like, yeah, it's so good. It's Undertale wrestling. And, like, when you, like, attack but you have low hit points, you get more ratings because the crowd's oh, yeah. getting behind the underdog. And, and if you're, really, like, really injured, it's like, even though you're injured, you post dramatically. Yeah, yeah. The audience goes wild. And I like how Metaton is just doing these ridiculous poses these the entire ridiculous time. ridiculous animations at the top of the screen. Mm-hmm. And so he has silly. like all this commentary like, you've shown me your heart, why don't I show you mine? And it's, <laughs> he's such a great character. Let's have another heart to heart. The heart darling. <laughs> I love that he calls you darling the darling. entire time. Darling. Mm-hmm. Okay, final question. I'm, I'm thinking this is about the relationship. It's how do you feel about Sans and Toriel? I love it. Yep. I, th- I think yes. that yes. absolutely in my head, like those two are a thing. Like after the true end, like it's so obvious they would be together because, <laughs> you know, they spend a, all that time talking there's behind there's the door. There's a sad part where uh, Alphys is like, oh, do you think Toriel and Asgore are going to be back together? Yeah. And it's like, Hammering no. Hammering it's no. Like, it's like no because it's very clear that Toriel and Sand are meant to be. Yeah, they're just too damn adorable. And it's like you said, there's an integrity to people who laugh at bad exactly. jokes. Exactly. <laughs> you know, they bonded over that. Like they'd like waited so long to like and never met one another, but bonded over terrible and never jokes. Saw one another's face. It's... And then they finally get to meet and it's just like, you know that there would be massive hugs the moment they met. Mm-hmm. That's oh, how so I imagined it anyway. So that, speaking... I know that voice realization they'd have. It's... Mm-hmm. So speaking of like really long delayed setups, mm-hmm. when you first visit Toriel's house at the beginning mm-hmm. and you look at her book and she has a bad joke written in it, yep. she tells yep. that joke in the true ending. Yep. Yeah. yeah, so good. Good. Yeah. Damn good payoff. So, mm-hmm. so uh, wait, wait, wait. Didn't you, were there any questions from like last week or the week before about Undertale oh, that, that we saved? Yeah, it was just that one. Mm. Oh, okay. Cool. So uh, my head canon is that you stay with Toriel at the end. Yeah. And yeah. then she starts. She starts dating Sans, mm-hmm. so he becomes your dad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you want to stay up late, and Sans goes, "No, you're going to have a bedtime." <laughs> And that is a podcast. Are we through? Are we done? Are we ready to start wrapping? (laughs) Are we ready to start wrapping up? All right. um, If you stayed with us this long, uh, thank you very much. Longer than the game. Longer than the game. You're a hell of a person. You're a hell of a trooper. And if you did, I want you to go to Twitter right now and type, Ow, my butt hurts. No, I'm the legendary fart master. I'm the legendary. Yeah, go to Twitter right now and type, I'm the legendary fart master. (laughs) 
Um, Which is a thing we didn't talk about, but it's been but, so long. Yes, we're we're on empty. <laughs> uh, Raquel, thank you very much for joining us for this very thank long. Thank you for inviting me. I'm long... so happy you picked me because so many of us played the game. Who the fuck else would we have chosen? Like, like as Poncho. soon as. <laughs> As soon as, like, it was decided we were doing a spoiler cast, one of the first things Rhett sent me was like, so are we going to have a guest? And I was like, I don't know. And he was like, well, Raquel would probably be the best candidate. I'm like, you know, you're right. Aw, I'm glad you two thought of me. Uh, cool. So if we want to find you on the butts, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter and Tumblr at Roccolini Ray. Mm-hmm. R-A-Q-U-E-L-I-N-E-R-E because I don't trust Polly to spell it. I was thinking it's like, like R-A-C-H-E-L-R-A-Y. <laughs> you did it. Um, I also, in my Twitter description, have a link to my Etsy store, which I sell perlers on. And her perlers are awesome, by the way. I got the hook. Polly has like a wall. I have. I, yeah, I've, I'm. I'm going to set up a wall very soon, uh, of just all the perlers she has sent me, and she did this amazing uh, Toriel Frisk sprite that is so good. I did an Azrael and Undyne one too. Yep. So still have to do Sans and Papyrus. I want a Sans. I will pay for it. <laughs> um, uh, John Thire, where can we find you? Farawaytimes.com. Retfire, where can we find you? <laughs> in three dot tumblr dot com. That's i n t h r i dot tumblr. And you Wait, can find when me. When did Red and John get married? Why wasn't I invited? Why wasn't I the flower girl? You were. We were just all really drunk. That would make sense. Like we don't trust flowers around here. No. <laughs> Rhett, are you gonna buy me Taco Bell? <laughs> sure. Um. And uh, you can find me at twitch.tv slash Eric's Joystick. (laughs) (laughs) And hey, remember, we're the podcast that loves you. And by God, if you stayed with us this long, remember, we're the only ones that love you. (laughs) 